Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. When you've got that massive historic PFL versus Bellator card, it is a big one. It's a pay-per-view. It's PFL champs versus Bellator champs and PFL stars versus Bellator stars. Historical night. First time in MMA history that a place like this is hosting Saudi Arabia, a big MMA card. It's, in fact, the first major MMA event to take place in Saudi Arabia and the first cross-promotional event between both PFL and Bellator with former champions and current champions colliding in one epic night. The headliner, like I said earlier, is Henan La Problema Fejera going up against Ryan Bader. They go toe-to-toe in a fight that I think will determine who Francis Ngannou will fight in his PFL debut. That's the plan. And I wouldn't be surprised if they announce that that seems to be the direction. So stay tuned. Also, as we said earlier, Johnny Evelyn against Impa Kasangane. They did save Patricio Pitbull. He's going to remain on the card. Aaron Pico as well. Clarissa Shields on the card. Yoel Romero. Um, Tiago Santos. Whole bunch of big names. It's all going down this Saturday, February 24th, live on ESPN Plus Pay-Per-View and DAZN. That's ESPN Plus Pay-Per-View. Or DAZN. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with The Mixed Martial Arts Hour is back in your life. I was drinking water right before we went on the air and I took a massive gulp and then it got stuck in my throat. Drinking is a understatement. Yeah. What was what was what was actually happening? Chugging? Maybe um it was a little excessive, to be honest. I was worried Excuse about Excuse me. Him. Thank God for the uh, the cough button there. Yeah. I tried to get one last gulp in. Didn't work it out. It was not a gulp. Like I thought you were drowning. Didn't work out. Live and learn. You know, you think you do this for X amount of years. You think that you're a well-oiled machine, and uh, you live and you learn. Anyway... On this Wednesday, July 19th, 2023, hello again, everyone, and what a day this is in the world of mixed martial arts. July 19th, every time I say July 19th, it is ingrained in my brain. July 19th, 2008, in fact, 15 years ago today, one of the most fun nights in the history of mixed martial arts, the first Affliction show happened, one of two in the end. Uh, It went down at the Honda Center in Anaheim. I was lucky enough to be there. Fyodor Milenko against Tim Sylvia. What a night that was. I think it was Metallica or Megadeth. One of those played. I always get them confused. Also notable because on that same night in Las Vegas, the UFC went head-to-head. They went head-to-head with Affliction. They counter-programmed it. They put Anderson Silva versus James Irvin in the main event on Spike TV. This in the very prime of Anderson's career as a middleweight champion when head to head to try to hurt you know these, these games this is this is the fun of combat sports this is what it's like promotional wars affliction obviously was in business with the UFC George St. Pierre wearing the black t-shirt in protest cuz they weren't allowed to wear affliction anymore the fighters who were sponsored by them there were a few like Rashad Evans GSP a couple others this is a very fun time Tom Atencio was involved called him the t-shirt guy 
And on top of all of that, why is this date remembered forever and ever? First time I ever used Twitter, July 19, 2008, because uh, I was working for MMARated.com, and uh, the guy who was like the editor in some respects of the site, he didn't really do any editing. It was all me, but like he kind of oversaw the site. Sang No was his name, told me, you got to get on Twitter, and we can like tweet updates from both cards. So he was tweeting about uh, the UFC card because he was at home watching it. I was tweeting about the Affliction card and back and forth. And if you go on twitter.com slash MMA rated right now, I'm pretty sure that's the only day we ever used it. And you can see the running play-by-play from that night. Isn't that incredible, Frank? I think so. Let's see. Twitter.com slash MMA rated. There it is. The new voice of MMA. <laughs> July 19, 2008. I mean, is that not crazy? There's a couple of interview links up there. And uh, the Dual Running Diary, it was called. Affliction versus UFN 14, Ultimate Fight Night 14. Uh, tomorrow night, get your updates here. Live now. I mean, this is great stuff. Paul Buentello with a big win. Fox Sports has just started the TV broadcast. Um, this is like an, this is like a minute-by-minute minute situation. Tremendous. I wonder what our... Oh, it was Megadeth. I wonder what our last tweet was. Our last tweet came on July 20th, 2008. Fedor destroyed Sylvia, 36 seconds. Has four replies. One from 2022. One from 2022. I guess I mentioned this back in 2022 because two of them are from November 2nd, 2022. Does anyone remember this story? Have I told this story before? Probably, right? Yeah, you have. The same way, Looked like up, yeah, same way. No Looked new color before. No, no, no. Twitter. You asked yeah, me. Yeah, what of do you course, think yeah, of Twitter. Because I've been here before. The, the 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 account starts on July nineteenth and then ends on on the twentieth. We've done this. We might have had the exact same conversation. I think you were I'm wearing the same honest. shirt. The whole yeah. thing. Yeah. Whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess the only thing we were missing was it it being on the actual anniversary. No, nah, I feel like that's an important wrinkle. Uh, okay. I do feel like that's an important November twenty second. Why were we talking about this on November twenty second? Someone go into the vault. Fedor. We'll get right oh, on. you think so? Fedor? November 20? Uh, maybe they were announcing his return. What happens when you click on MMARated.com? I mean, this is a... Oof. I see some Chinese... Uh, okay, I'm not touching <laughs> Wait, that. I, I, no. I already <laughs> tried one of them, and it, it immediately took me to... Okay, sort of I'm not touching that. Insight. Um, okay. All right. Uh, what a day it is on the program. We love Wednesdays. We get to shoot on Wednesdays, but we have a star-studded lineup back into the show. Uh, we'll give you our picks, of course, for the big uh, UFC London card. Um, what is the song by Fergie? How come every time you come around my London, London Bridge? What is it again? Want to come down. <laughs> London, London, London. Yeah, that's what I keep thinking of. Uh, the return of... Tommy Aspinall going up against one Marcin Tybura, who is very slender these days. Yeah, I mean, did you see that face-off? Two very, very slim heavyweights facing off in front of the O2 arena. And so we'll talk about that. Prior to that, we're going to be joined by Basil Hafez, who is one of the great stories from this past weekend. Uh, went toe-to-toe with Jack Della Maddalena. Of course, he ended up losing via split decision but uh, people fell in love with the style. Has a uh, a very you know a very unique backstory, and uh, certainly has earned a spot in the UFC. So we'll talk to him. Several days removed from that fight, which he took on just days' notice. Shauna Bannon is one of the great stories for this weekend's UFC London card. Uh, she is just the second Irish woman to uh, be signed 
by the UFC. By Saturday, she'll be the second to actually fight in the UFC. The first, of course, the legendary Ashling Daly. Uh, she is trained by Patty Houlihan, who is a, a legend of the Irish MMA scene, and of course, a UFC fighter. Here we are, former UFC fighter, of course. Uh, here we are. Oh, nine years removed from that uh, incredible night at the Three Arena in Dublin. Back then, it was known as the O2. Patty Houlihan was the one who kicked off the card, uh, the hooligan. He now runs his own mixed martial arts school in Ireland, Houlihan Martial Arts. Shauna Bannon, Mama B, is the first student from that school, from that team, to make it into the UFC. Longtime kickboxer, transitioned over to MMA. She's making her UFC debut on Saturday. Uh, a great character, and I'm very excited to have her on. Prior to that, we'll be joined by Julian Pena. Now, I have to tell you, when we were talking to Myra Buena Silva on Monday, and she was going on and on about uh, Pena, it was good stuff. Like, I'm all in on them two fighting, I have to tell you. In the back of my mind, I was thinking... Man, you know, I should call Juliana up right now. We do a little like impromptu face off. I feel like both would have been down, if I'm being honest. But, you know, hard to do that on the fly. And so I just kind of dropped the idea in my mind. At the end of the show, show's over. I pick up my phone, missed call from Juliana Pena, and the call came in the middle of the Buena Silva interview. And then I call her and I say, Hey, what's up? She's like, Bro, what the hell? I was calling you. Watching the interview, I was like, ah, oh, I was just thinking Watching of this. Yeah. If well, only you had like a whole crew to lean on to do those kinds of things for you. I didn't see the call. Mm-hmm. I, I wish you would have called you. Or, or are, are or you... slipped into my DM still. Are you implying that you guys should have called her? Because yeah, if you, you want to say that, then know. sure, yeah. then it's all on you. It's your fault. That's true implying. Uh, anyway, she's going to join us this time uh, on this episode to talk about all the stuff going on. At 2 o'clock, we're going to be joined by Oscar De La Hoya in studio, the golden boy. And I have to say, Oscar De La Hoya obviously needs no introduction. Uh, one of the most famous and decorated American-born boxers. Um, obviously, was, was a huge deal in the 90s and 2000s. Uh, won an Olympic gold medal in the 1992 Summer Olympic Games in boxing. He has and is the subject of a new two-part documentary which premieres next week on HBO, Monday, July 24th, and then uh, the second part will be on Tuesday, July 25th. I watched this two-part documentary last night. And at the risk of sounding like the guy who continues to watch these documentaries before they come out and making you all feel like a little bit on the outside looking in, this is must-see TV. My friends, I know some of you scoff, roll your eyes now because of some controversies involved with De La Hoya or whatever. You must watch this. In, in, in the day and age where there are documentaries that are aptly produced, which, you know, present things with rose-colored co- glasses with a bit of a, you know, a taint on them, if you will, none of that exists with this documentary. I'm sitting there watching this yesterday, and I'm like, wow, I can't believe they're talking about this. I can't believe he's revealing this. I can't believe that he's being so open about this stuff. And, and who knows how honest he's actually being, but holy shit, this is riveting. It's, it's a riveting watch. It's like three hours total. It flies by. He's out promoting it, so clearly okay with it. He'll be in studio at about 2 o'clock to talk about it, and I can't wait to talk about some of the things that he talks about in the doc, and some of it is out there, so I'm not spoiling it. You got to watch it. Just trust me. Next Monday, July 24th, 
then July 25th, it will be streaming on Max, formerly known as HBO Max, beginning uh, Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Great to see HBO back in the sports documentary business. Obviously, back in the day, that's how I broke into the TV business, and they were the gold standard, and this is just a reminder of how good they can be. So uh, I am very much looking forward to that conversation with Oscar De La Hoya at 2 o'clock, and then at 1.40, uh, we're going to be joined by Phil DeFries, of course, a uh, longtime teammate friend of Tom Aspinall, who is fighting this weekend, but also uh, is coming off his 10th straight win in KSW, nine straight title defense, uh, making a case now for the Francis Ngannou fight. We shall see. He's a great guy. I've met him. I look forward to talking to him at 140. But now, as we like to do on Wednesdays, you know we like to shoe time now for everyone's favorite segment of the week. It is time. Shout out to DraftKings. Oh, yeah. As always, today's episode is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings. They are the official sports betting partner of not only this program, but the UFC as well. Sorry, it slipped my mind. Why? Because I was choking at the beginning. Uh, and so I went into a completely different direction. There's so much I wanted to say in this 11-minute intro, but we love DraftKings, and uh, we hope that you support them because they support us, and later on in the program, we'll tell you more about them. And another one of today's sponsors, our good friends over at BetterHelp, who we appreciate very much. Thank you for that, Mr. Frank. Time now for It's time for a good old-fashioned Q&A, MMA fans. Jam, 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 bam. Jump, 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 compiling the best questions of the week. Let's not waste any time. Let's start with P the G. How many fights away from the title is Tommy Aspinall if he gets the job done on Saturday? I'd personally love to see him versus Jones in London if he gets a couple more wins. It's a very good question. Here's what I would do if I were the UFC. We already know that November the 11th, John Jones is fighting Stipe Miocic at Madison Square Garden. And by the way... This is just an early, early, early spoiler. If you're a fan of the program and if you are attending that event, I would just circle November 10th on your calendar. That's the day before. That's all I'm saying. You're not going to get anything else out of me. November 10th on the calendar. Keep it open. More to come. As they like to say in the business, Frank, watch this space. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, Actually, yeah, you know, a couple trips coming up for the crew, which is fun. I'll tell you more about that. Wait, what? Well, we might not have been invited. Next week, we'll tell you more about one of the upcoming trips. Um, Anyway, exciting times here at the MMA Hour HQ. So November 11th, we got John Jones versus Stipe. It's a done deal. What I would do, if Tom Aspinall wins on Saturday, and I do believe he should be the favorite, and I believe he's going to look great. He appears to be in great shape. Obviously, when you come off an injury like that, there is some trepidation, but I think he should be someone like Marcin Deborah, as good as... Tiberio looks from a physique standpoint at the moment. I would put Tom Aspinall versus Sergei Pavlovich on that MSG card as a number one contender fight. Why a Tommy Aspinall fighting in uh, in New York City is great. A lot of Brits here. Some of the great British boxers have come over here and fought here and have drawn well. I think it would just be good for him to get out of the O2 
it's been a while since he fought out of the O2. A, B, Pavlovich as well, you know, big Russian community here. The fight makes sense, but also it's on the same card as the heavyweights. Uh, I don't think they'd put another title fight on that card. Maybe I'll be proven wrong. There are a couple guys waiting for an assignment. Great. If not, that's a very good co-main event if he's coming off a win and Sergey's doing his thing. Now, the question is, I believe Stipe's retiring win or lose on November 11th. Uh, I think if he wins, he walks away. I think if he loses, he walks away. I don't know if I feel as strongly about Jones. I know there's been some talk of that, but I can't say it as definitively Tom Aspinall has a great win on November 11th against Sergey, if that all pans out, and John wins. I mean, that would just be an incredible fight, and I feel like there would be enough momentum behind Tom where John would take the fight. I think what his issue is with everyone past Stipe is that there's no one out there that really gets him excited, but I feel like after those two wins, this Saturday and November 11th, if it all goes down like that, he would be open to it. This is just me. I mean, there's a lot of things that need to happen before we get to that point. So that said, we're talking about two wins away, right? We're talking about this Saturday, and I, I do think he would need one more after Marcin. That's my opinion. Um, Nick the Dane. Gang, which match does bigger numbers? Francis versus Tyson, October 28th, Saudi Arabia, or Nate versus Jake, August 5th, Dallas? Mother hell. Uh, that's a tough one. Which does bigger numbers? Okay, my answer is going to be Nate versus Jake for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's in prime time. Um, it's at night in America. It's during the summer. There's not a lot of competition. I mean, I know there's a UFC card that night, which is actually pretty solid. Corey Sanhagen versus uh, Umar Namagamadoff, the return of Tatiana Suarez against Jessica Andrade in Nashville. There's also SummerSlam going on at the same time. Saw a thing yesterday where Logan Paul was uh, talking to Seth Rollins. Saw this on Jedi's page. And he said that he's going to try to open SummerSlam, first match of the night, and then get on a plane and fly from Detroit to Dallas to be there in time for his brother's fight. And then I saw some people saying like, oh, so typical Logan. What an egomaniac making it all about him. I kind of felt like that was like just like a nice brother thing to do. Am I wrong? Am I reading that no, wrong? Am I too exactly naive? What he meant? Like he's getting on the plane, and wants to go support his brother. I mean, very rare that they'd be competing on the same night. I kind of hate that they're competing on the same night because I wanted to go to SummerSlam. I, I love covering those big events, but uh, not happening this time. Um, I don't know. I thought that was kind of cool. But anyway, August fifth, prime time, as opposed to October twenty eighth, happening in Saudi Arabia, happening during the day, happening during football season. Just feels a little bit different. I would say that Nate and Jake combined are bigger and more popular than Francis and Tyson combined. Does uh, anyone disagree with this? I don't know if Rick is here. GC, do you agree or disagree with this statement? Oh, well, Rick is here. I can oh, hey. speak on it. All right. Well, you can speak on it too. Do you disagree? No. In terms of like overall popularity, I. Bigger. F- what does better? I say Nate versus Jake. Greer yeah, I mean, all the all the all the reasons that you pointed out make sense for for Jake and Nate. Yeah, and I think them two combined bigger than Tyson and Francis combined, right? Popularity. Yeah. Yeah. Agree, Rick. What's the metric? What oh, are we measuring? Hell, fuck. Hell. It could have just been. It could have just been. A, what are we measuring? Yes or no? Social, yes or no. social buzz. 
pay-per-views? Pay-per-views. What are, what are we, pay-per-views. I think Tyson and uh, uh, Francis. Uh, I actually am with Rick. Like pay-per-views what? is a different question. More eyes on it? No, I think you're wrong about this. I'm sorry. It, Nate Diaz is a bigger pay-per-view draw. Would you say Nate Diaz of the four is the biggest pay-per-view draw? I would. Would you? <clears throat> I would agree. Okay. Is Tyson? Although Tyson's a pretty Tyson's big. A pretty big in America. Draw. In America. In the UK, yes. In America. Is he a known pay-per-view? He's done company? some ESPN Plus pay-per-views that have done okay. In the end, though, you got to pick one. What will draw bigger numbers? If we're going pay-per-views, I do think there's a... I'll say this. Here's, here's how I'll put it. Jake and Nate's appeal is kind of here no matter what, right? Yeah. Like they can, they can raise the ceiling... Because if they get into an altercation or some kind of pushing and shoving at a at a, at yeah. a face off, that'll take it through the roof. But I do feel like the the floor is pretty high for that one. For Francis and Tyson, it depends on the promotion a lot. Like, how is this going to look? Yeah. What are they going to look like? How's Those it going to feel? Yeah. How's it going to feel? the The ceiling is lower. I mean, sorry, the floor is lower in my opinion, but the ceiling might be a little bit higher. Um. So yeah, that's where I'm at, but. I think Jake and Nate is like a given where like they, they only have upside. And if something happens that really pushes the, the envelope, then the ceiling comes off on that one. If I that had to pick one, really I say go. Jake and Nate does better numbers. Yeah. Um, can I also say something? Here we are. Uh, July 19th, I think Saturday will be the 22nd. So it will be two weeks away. Yeah. It's yeah. Um, yeah. I think it was last week or maybe it was two weeks ago where I was like, hmm, I'm not feel. I, I'm starting to feel the buzz. Nate is doing some media. Jake is doing some media. There's some good back and forth. I saw the quote that you guys posted from uh, Nate's recent interview with, what was it, Rod something? Brad, Bradley Martin. What is that? Oh, yeah. By the way. He's a, he's a fitness influencer. Oh. Um, anyway. like I, He's I the one who thought he could beat up Devin Haney. I don't know if you he saw that Nate too. a while back. Wait, he thinks he can beat up <laughs> Nate? And he yeah, interviewed Nate? Like big thing. I mean, he's huge. Like, he's he's giant. Was it a good interview? I, I only saw the snippet where he was talking about MMA. Anyway, he gave us, in that clip that you posted, like the, the quote graphic where you talked about, like, this guy's going around disrespecting Connor's wife, disrespecting... It's like, we have a why. That was the one thing that I think was missing from the press conference. What is the Why? What, why is this happening? What's the reason? What, what, are, what are we trying to settle? And I feel like we're finally getting to the why. Uh, Jake is talking shit about him. He's uh, he's making fun of Jake, him. His position is Jake's talking shit about all these MMA guys. Yeah. And none of them are doing anything about it. And he's like, I'm going to do something about it, which is a good justification. I like I'll it. Buy that. I, I like it. Now is the why. Now we have yeah. the why. I'm going to do this. By the way, this is the one thing that... Tyron and Ben Askren and even Anderson never said that we all wanted them to say, we're going to do this on behalf of the MMA community. Now, I don't know if I'm putting words in his mouth there, but that was my interpretation. Like, I'm going to shut this guy up on behalf of the MMA community. And I sort of love the fact that the lone wolf, Nathan Diaz, is doing something on behalf of everyone. Y'all couldn't figure it out. I'm going to figure it out. That's pretty freaking sweet. By the way, yesterday- Yeah, it's a good angle. It is a great angle. That is the angle. That is the best angle. Uh, Yesterday- just as what a mistake this was, just as I was going to bed, I wanted to see something on YouTube. I forget what it was. And I somehow stumbled upon a three-way interview between Jake, 
Aiden Ross and Andrew Tate. Oh, yeah, I saw this too. What in the world? <laughs> <laughs> you're, I'm assuming you're talking about Jake being like, Nate is here. Yes. And, and they was, believed that him. That was pretty funny. I, I actually. No, I know, but like. For a second, I believe. He left, and they were like, oh my God, is he coming? Is he not? I was like, there's no chance that he's coming. What do you think? He's just going to go call him from the other room? What is happening here? That was. Is that, a, is that a show? What is that? Is that like a weekly thing? I think Aiden Ross and Andrew Tate just like hop on. Uh, I want to say Rumble. I think they hop on Rumble together and they just kind of that was shit. wild, man. Yeah, and then Jake jumped on, and uh, Dana was supposed to be on yesterday, but he no showed him. It's tough. But yeah. oh, it's tough. Jake Jake comes with the with the hat on back. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. Um, yeah, Tate's not wearing a shirt. He's smoking a cigar. I'm like, man, this can't be comfortable to do a show like this. But maybe it's yeah. no. I think I think that's how he always does it. Also, they were talking about a potential fight between them. I remember that was a thing. The first time I ever found out who Andrew Tate was, by the way, it was someone telling me that, like, oh, yeah, that would be the biggest fight for Jake. I was like, what? Who is this guy? And then I was completely... Wait, so you, you weren't aware of kickboxer version Andrew Tate? No. Before he was, like, the the toxic Ma- influencer guy? Maybe. Let me, let me flip that question. You potential were sex aware of kickboxer Andrew Tate? I, you, you're, talking to, kick- you're talking to Rick. Yeah, yeah. When he was a kickboxer, you oh, were yeah. fully aware of him. Oh yes, oh yeah. That yes. seems 100%. more shocking. That's than, how I know him. Not knowing him. No, I, that's how I know him. He was a kickboxing troll. He was he was a Twitter gangster, saying all this stuff about how he's the greatest kickboxer and people need to follow him and this and that. That's exact. That's exactly how I remember him. No, no. Nah. I mean, I'm not surprised that you wouldn't know just because you weren't as clued into the combat sports world, and I'm not surprised that. Rick yeah. does know him because he is way more clued into the kickboxing world than any of us. So the name sounded somewhat vaguely familiar, but no, I'd be lying if I said I was aware. And then when someone mentioned that he became this gigantic star and that that would be the biggest fight, and I remember they did a fake face-off and that got like insane numbers. I was like, what in the world? I mean, I think a fight between them would do pretty crazy numbers. Yeah, or Logan, right? I think yeah. there's an actual beef there with Logan. Who the hell knows? Uh, Chisanga. Hello, Chisanga. Malata, my guy. Hola, Ariel. I hope you're well, despite you not giving me the heads up that you were visiting TalkSport a mere two floors above my office last month. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. I was like in and out. I didn't even know that was where your office is, so I apologize. Uh, it was great to be there, though. I enjoyed it very much. Uh, you are, however, forgiven as you are, Mitch. Thank you. And by the way, speaking of the UK, uh, shout out to my friends over at TNT Sports for their big rebranding yesterday. Did you guys see that? The big rebranding for TNT Sports? They put out a big uh, press release with all the new faces and all the old faces. Um, Yeah, I had to field a lot of questions because uh, conspicuous by his absence was old Hilwani. I mean, no mention, no picture, no nothing. But I do want to let everyone know, still (laughs) still here, still here. Uh, in fact, uh, I'll be a part of the Spence Crawford coverage uh, for them on July 29th. So still here. Still here. I don't need a mention. You think I need a blurb and a press release? I don't need that. I'm no frills, right? Cool, guys. Thanks. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I guess, that. Man. No, that was yeah. good stuff. Was good stuff. No, no, no. no, no. Um, I thought you were coughing again. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, a simple Tyson Fury versus Francis Ngannou question here. Does Francis pull a Conor McGregor when he makes his ring walk in Saudi and have his team hoist the lineal UFC heavyweight title in the air as he strides to the ring? It would be quite the sight. Wow. Chisanga. I love the way you're thinking. And then afterwards, he, he pulls a Medusa slash Alundra Blaze and drops it into the garbage can. 
I don't know if he'll go that far. Does does that does that take away from Francis a bit? How so? From the perspective of like I've moved on, yeah, I've, I've won the game. Like, do I want to dig back up the like digging back up the ties to the UFC? To me, almost feels like a step backward. In like Francis's he's holding arc, on to it. Right? Like he needs like, that for like validation. If I'm Francis, do I don't my my goal is to show people I don't need the UFC. Yeah, and I don't need the UFC's belt any longer. I'm a champ. He's said it many times and eloquently. He's a champion forever, right? Like no matter what he does, he's a champ. And it almost feels to me like you're 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 going backwards, like you're pulling the UFC back into the equation it. when it's like I'm fine on my own. I'm good. Like let me just run. I'm boxing Tyson Fury. What's anybody got to say now? You know what I mean? Like it you're almost right. feels like holding on to that a bit okay you're right i like that i, I will sold say the spectacle now. of him coming out with the belt and like tossing it is great I'm, I'm not mad about it i would love to see it but at the same time like i feel like his mentality might be going a different direction okay so then let me counter with this he talked about a press conference tour um and i would be shocked if they come to the u.s just because i don't think tyson can come to the u.s at this point but africa England, Saudi would be incredible, yeah. um, especially Africa. That would be. Ins- Could you imagine the scene there? That would be amazing. Um, should he pull a Medusa and drop it in the bin? If if you're gonna do it, maybe that's the time, right? The first kind of thing, yeah. you do it and then you move on from it. So could be the first face off, or is that too? You got it, and then does you that then take away from the accomplishments because they're trying to sell them as the ex UFC champs, and you're like, I don't care about that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we throw it in the in the trash. Okay, all right. I I, I feel like yeah. he's not going to bring it out at all. He's not going to yeah, bring it. A little, right. little dramatic. All right, throwing it. In the <laughs> Look it up. Look this 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 is a circus. This is a circus. This is a circus fight. We're in the circus. We're in we're in the circus business. Like this is what this is. So like, what is it would get what people is the talking. statement though? What is the statement? Where I'm bigger. He, he's coming for the. I fought the, the law belt? and I won. Okay. All right. All right. He's bigger than the belt. Yeah. I this is what I think one. of your belt. It's it's this garbage. What like whatever it's John garbage. Jones is wearing is oh. trash. I'm oh, I'm wow. beyond it. Man. But Francis seems I don't know. It doesn't seem in Francis's character. No, if I'm being it honest, at all it doesn't. Um, Keep it at home. But a first face off with t- even trophy case. You know how like they, you know how they do um, the the belt face offs like. Um, and sometimes like Colby Covington or Chael would show up with a belt that wasn't the real belt. There is something to the spectacle of like Tyson having his WBC title and Francis having a UFC title, even though neither of those is up for grabs or relevant just for a photo op. The first picture, I don't know what it is. Yeah, the the I, photo I op see, would be sick. I'm with you. If, they, if he brings the belt I so they can all take pictures with the belts, I, I like that. That would be cool. I see a way. But but I do think ultimately he's he's not telling a UFC story. He's telling a Francis Ngannou story, and will kind of go the other way. Will there be a belt on the line? Didn't they make one for no. the Tommy and Jake fight? In the oh, end, oh no. a new belt. No, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Baddest man on the planet belt. In the they end, do. boxing loves that. Boxing the loves BMO, that. because the, the BMOP belt. <laughs> because, <laughs> because the belt thing is kind of the big sticking point here because people are upset that he's not defending the title. I think they'll stay away from it. Um, I do think in the end it, it, it will count on their records as it should. But uh, I can't lie. Yeah. The, the Tommy Fury belt was pretty cool looking. Mm. The black. Um, Jacob, how do Ariel and crew 
from from where my favorite athlete of all time, Robbie Lawler, started his career. Bedendorf, Iowa. Wow. Used to be a hotbed of mixed martial arts. I remember watching him KO Matt Lindland in Force when I was just four years old. Holy smokes. You are young. One of my favorite KOs of all time uh, back in the day. I was there. I haven't missed a fight live since. Still buzzing. Wait, you haven't missed a fight since you were four? I mean, that was like really in the midst of his career. I call cap on that. You're five years old watching Robbie Lawler fight in... Uh, Against Josh Kostrak in Anaheim? Nah. Anyway, still buzzing over his beautiful retirement. But that's besides the point. Apologies for the glazing. I have two questions today. My first is for my old friend, the often imitated and never duplicated New York Rick. They don't call you a fantastic social media director. They call you New York Rick. With Paulo Costa's recent pullout of 291, and is that even fair to call it a pullout? I don't even think he was ever in to be honest, but it has made for fantastic social content. Maybe that's where we're going here. Should we take those Dana announcement videos seriously? Okay, that's not where we're going. It seems he has a tendency of announcing things the fighters, one, aren't aware of, or two, not sign on the dotted line. By the way, speaking of which, like the announcement that I'm now actually convinced that they announced the Francis, excuse me, the Jones-Stipe fight because I put out the thing about the Francis Tyson fight because I'm told at least one of the sides had no idea it was coming in. In fact, there was a plan in place to announce it during the pay-per-view. So, you know, take that for what it is, as crazy as that sounds. Anyway, um, should we not take those Dana announcement videos seriously? This question is for New York, Rick. I mean, Ariel kind of said it. Like, <laughs> no, no. Like, yes, like most of the time those are going to happen and work out, but sometimes they're not. Like, if you follow Paulo Costa on social media... At no point did he ever promote that he was going to fight Ikram. Like, never. Not one time in the last little bit. He's always constantly been taking shots at and poking at Hamzat Shemaev. So it became pretty obvious to me, at least, like, that was not a fight that pa- Paulo Costa... And by the way, this has happened with Paulo Costa before, right? They announced Robert Whitaker versus Paulo Costa twice, I believe, and that fight never happened. So I think it depends on the fighter. Depends on the fight. Most of the time, they are going to happen, but you do have to be cautious and and you know stick to the reporting and and follow the people that know what they're talking about. And this um, is what you should do with, with those, a grain of salt. those announcements. This is what you should do. You listen to them, you watch them, you you take them in, and then you wait to see whether your favorite MMA journalist or outlet is able to confirm them. And that's on us, yeah. honestly. It's on us to not just you know regurgitate it. It's on us to make those extra calls and texts and ask, is this a done deal? Is this not a done deal? Is this legit? Is it not? I would say in those announcements, probably you'll end up with like 90% of the time or 90% of the stuff that is being discussed is legit, probably verbally agreed, maybe not signed, maybe like, hey, we had no idea this was coming out, but yeah, we're in. That's usually what you're going to get. Yeah. Very, very um, rare that they actually know that the announcement is coming out, but they're like, yeah, yeah, I guess, what, huh? Uh, Like, I'll reach out to people like, did you know this was happening? No, I had no idea, but yeah, we're in. Um, That's what you're probably going to get. And then sometimes you're going to get a Paolo Costa situation. Rick said it like uh, that he hasn't been promoting the fight. I'm looking for the tweet right now. I can't fight it, but I... I want to say he like came out as soon as the fight was announced and was like, I never signed anything. I didn't agree to this. This fight is not happening. <laughs> and they like, still yeah, were promoting it, like, right? Wait, it's not happening? I can't believe this. Yeah, I mean, as this, soon as... Uh, this weekend's card. Yeah, as recent as this weekend's card, when it was on there, I was just like, is that fight even happening? Like, why is so that even confusing. on there? He's going to fight October 21st 
It seems Hamza. against Hamza. Yeah, I don't even oh, know why Hamza's doing the Leon up, stuff. Sign me up. Yeah, stop going after Leon. Why not? What's the harm? You have a fight. Just, and it's Islam. a very <laughs> solid fight. Is, is Leon Islam yeah, happening now? Ugh. Is there any... By the way, if there's going to be Islam fighting against another champ, it has to be Volk. And I understand there's less in it for him because he's trying to make the history too. He wants yeah. to get the double... Yeah. But like Leon versus... Leon versus it. Islam interests me less than Leon versus Colby. And you guys know how I feel about Leon versus Colby. You just did the Vogue thing. What? What'd I say? You said Vogue. Yeah. The, Vogue. The, Vogue. The guy pointed <laughs> it out last on the nose. Vogue. Vogue. Yeah. Vogue. 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 Sorry, I just I me, never noticed thing, that. I just noticed it in real time. Mm, it, was, it was something. It's my cool. accent. Yeah. The only thing I think about this is, in his, isn't it hilarious how Leon Edwards became the bell of the ball? Like, he was the guy that oh, nobody cared about. Leon Scott, nobody yeah. cares about this guy. He's irrelevant. He eye poked Bilal. Like, all the excuses that everybody made to make uh, Leon irrelevant. Now, two champions. Uh, no, sorry. Hamza's not a champion. A champion and a very highly ranked um, fighter who is uh, very popular are like, yeah, I want to fight Leon. It's wild. That's the only. Obviously, that's not. I'm and not Bilal. expecting that to happen. But everybody wants to fight Leon. It's nice. Nice spot to be belt, in if bro. you're Leon. Oh, yeah. Gold. Everybody wants it. But, I mean, to me, if 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 it's not going to be Charles versus Islam, it has to be Islam versus Volk. If if Volk, if, yeah. if, if Volk isn't ready, uh, that makes things... Then, then I feel like you go back to Charles. The question is, if Charles and Volk aren't ready, then I think you go to Poirier and Gaethje. Hmm. A little too and what if they're not ready? There. A little what? A little too heavy on the L there. Mm. I'll find. I'll what, find what if they're not ready? Medium. What if they're too banged up? Fuck. All right. Now we. Now we're. We can talk after two ninety one. Options. Yeah. We're ten options days away. We can, fig- we can figure things out. That's three that. options. I mean, this would be option four. Then put Paulo Costa in there for a freaking sake. Uh, by the way, the second question here. <laughs> my second and final question is for Doctor Steezy Styles himself, the always pimpin' never simpin' Connor Burks. As a 16-year-old headed into his junior year, wow, this guy's 16. He said he never missed a Matt, uh, Robbie Lawler fight. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? He, Robbie Lawler won his belt when he was like eight. That would be like my son Walter being like, "Oh man, I can't wait for the Robbie, the 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 freaking BMF fight next weekend." Anyway, uh, shout out to you, man. If 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 uh, this is all legit, as a 16-year-old headed into his junior year, do you have any fashion tips? To look snazzy and swagger like you. Wow. How about this? Fashion icon. My swag is aged. I, I couldn't I couldn't fit in in high school right now. Why? We got I the cool like shirts, cool shoes. Yeah, what, cool what, shirts. Yeah, cool shoes. What, what, what else do you need like in high school? I don't know. I feel like a 16-year-old. Maybe is this a diss on me that I dress like a sixteen-year-old? I think, you're I'm 30 I think he's a young kid who's like looking for some guidance. eBay? eBay's a big, big what? At eBay? Yeah, you hate eBay stuff. Love eBay stuff. eBay to me is where you get old pro wrestling tapes. I wore a shirt from eBay on Monday. Wait, just wait. Just type in you Pre- add previously in, worn. No, 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 no. You add in wow. NWT new with tags. Wow. I just got a I just got a delivery from eBay yesterday for the two ninety one card. I haven't been on eBay probably since two thousand four two thousand five. Back when it was still that's, a garage sale. So. That's, 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 bu- that's when I would buy pro wrestling tapes. That's insane. VHS, compilations. Grew up on eBay. My so you're suggesting that Jacob go on eBay? Listen, yeah. you just take a peek. You just take a peek what's on eBay. With parents' over there. 
Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, you got to get the staples. You got to have the pants you're always going to wear that you can always lean on. You got to have the shirts that you can always lean on. I mean, we can uh, we can bring in New York Rick here. He's always got the black shirts. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to you got to have the staples that you can always lean back on, and then you rotate things that are easily matchable. You know, I'm, I'm imagining he's not balling on like a big time budget. So we're gonna go to like a, let's go to like an H and M. Uh, if we've got a little extra jingle in the pocket, we stop by an Urban Outfitters, something like that. Uh, you know, go to your local mall. Got to get the staples with the shoes as well. I mean, get something that you can just wear with anything. Nice mm-hmm. white and black, the Nikes. You know, don't get too crazy of the colors. Mm. Uh, subscribe to GQ. You know, I got a GQ subscription and everything. <laughs> wow. Then. My, my, my portfolio that. has just elevated itself. I feel, we, I feel weird. I mean, I, I feel like I have a bit of a sense of style. No, no one's asking for my opinion, you know. I mean, yeah, when winter comes along and we need the flannels to, to come out the closet. Flannels, roots of fight, get some roots of fight gear. Fight. Uh, uh, you pull some... off the Bronsons exceptionally well, I have to say. I've had a hard time styling those. Really? Yeah. They're they're incredible. They go with everything. Yeah, literally they, everything. I agree that they're incredible, but they are harder for me to style. Oh no. Easy for me. I mean either you walk in, I'm like, wow, he looks great in those. I, I don't pull them off as well as you. Do me a favor, Jacob. Uh go get yourself a nice pair of shorts. Preferably, you know, calf length. Oh, man. <laughs> and a chain wallet. Uh he's pants he's not shorts. even alive when shorts. that was in style. No. He missed that whole era. Uh, get the uh, shell toe Adidas, a little cargo action on the side. Yeah, get the get Red the cargos cat. that go down halfway down the calves. Some nice thong flip flops, tank top, uh, white. Tank and top. yeah, and then go get an P- Abercrombie Puka or shell. Hollister Puka yeah. shell necklace. Puka shells with a Hollister shirt that's one size too small. Okay, uh, that's on a back, me. A backwards fitted hat and some Oakley couple of glow sticks. Uh, maybe a five panel hat. Those are those are hot these days. You yeah, know? I mean, or a Von Dutch hat. Mm. No, I never. Whatever you think's cool, Jacob. There it is. There it is. The wise words of Woods. You know what? Whatever you think that is the perfect answer because it's it's like what you feel most comfortable in, and if you feel comfortable, you are going to exude confidence, and then people are going to be like, "Wow, you're really pulling that off." Yes, good for you. That was that was we we put that all together. I handed you the rock, and then you put it into eloquent terms as you do so often. Yep, thank you. That was Um, good stuff. No, that was good stuff. Uh, And you know what? It should have, it's, it's, it's not, as a wise man named Frank once said, it is not the clothes that make the man. It is what? Oh, man. The man that makes the clothes? There it what, is. What is there yeah. it is. The man that makes the clothes. So, you know, you, uh, you rock whatever you want. You, 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 you walk out with your chest puffed out, with your head held high, and uh, people will gravitate towards you. Um, Great question so far. We got halfway through. <laughs> well, <laughs> in the end, we did not quite make it to the end, but we shall get to the rest as the show progresses. For now, though, let us talk to... Oh, bye, bye Rick. See you later. Um, let us talk to... He, he's so quick to jump off. It's like <laughs> He's got things to do. Yeah. He's got to get out of the pool in Amityville. Uh, let us talk to the uh, the winningest heavyweight in Europe right now. Uh, he does not fight in the UFC. He fights in KSW. He has won 10 fights in a row, nine title defenses, and he had his most recent one just this past weekend. He is on fire these days. He is your friend and mine. He is the great Phil DeFries, the KSW heavyweight champion. Hello, Phil. How are you? I'm great. You know, uh, life just keeps getting better over here, and I'm... Uh... 
pleased to be on the show again. Oh, it's wonderful to have you back on. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, a very busy stretch for you with you fighting this weekend and your good mates, Tom Aspinall and Mick Parkin fighting this weekend in London as well. Uh, congratulations on your 10th straight win, ninth straight title defense. You are on fire. But I noticed afterwards, Phil, you didn't seem too pleased with your performance. Why is that? Oh, well, I, 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 I can't believe a man as experienced as me made such errors in my fight camp. You know, I thought I'll, I'll spar with Mick Parkin, I'll spar with Tom Aspinall, who were the best around. But what I didn't do was spar with anyone like Simon. I can't believe I made such a stupid mistake. And obviously he fought nothing like Tom or Mick. And I got, I mean, I still, I won both rounds convincingly, but I got punched a little bit more than I would like. And I think a true, like, a, a, a more accurate punch or a much more powerful punch might have spelled lights out for me. So I watched it back and I wasn't as terrible as what I first thought, but I made a schoolboy error and I won't let that happen again. Meaning you should have brought in someone to replicate your opponent? Yeah, I didn't do that. I thought I'll, I'll spar with the best and I did spar with the best. I was fit as anything. I was, I had a great camp, but I didn't replicate the opponent and that was a silly mistake. Wow. And uh, were you rattled at all in the, uh, in the cage? Were you thinking like, were, were you coming to that conclusion during the fight or did you only come to that conclusion after the fight? Yeah, uh, after the fight, uh, I kind of, uh, what's the word? Improvised, kind of progressed the yeah. fight. I, I changed during the fight to get on with it. But, uh, it was maybe I, I underestimated them a little bit too, uh, but I was never rocked or anything. But I did get hit more than I have. I've been hit in probably ten fights. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, from this side, and and you finished him, of course. Uh, it looked like another flawless performance. You you just said there that was interesting. You said maybe you underestimated him. I do wonder as you continue to rack up these wins if there's any part of you. And this is no knock on KSW. They are offering the best possible. If there's a part of you that feels like okay, you know maybe I'm just too good for who they can offer. Do you feel like you are at some point outgrowing the division? I honestly feel I'm too good for most heavyweights in the whole world. You know, I, I, I spar great. I, I do well against the best guys. I feel I'm a problem for anyone, you know. Uh, and they, they continue to find good guys. Uh, Martin's reached out for a possible Ngannou fight, which would be a dream fight for me. You know, let's make that happen. Uh, it would be nice to come in as like a heavy underdog for once. And I'm sure I would do, you know. Okay, so let's talk about that. I threw this out on Saturday. I got some stick for it, but I still maintain uh, of the options out there, there is no heavyweight who's available. And I know you're with KSW, but they are obviously open to a co-promotion. Why wouldn't they be? There is no other option in any other promotion outside of the UFC who is doing better than you, who's on the role that you're on, who has the resume that you have over the last few years. I really like this idea. So what are you hearing about KSW's attempt to try to make this happen. You versus Francis Ngannou next year when he finally comes back to MMA. Let's make it happen. You know, Martin's a clever guy. Matchek's a good, clever guy. They can make it happen. Let's uh, do a cross promotion. Let's bring it over. Let's just do it. You know, I think I'm the right sort of guy to beat Francis. So you need a grappler to beat that sort of guy. And uh, I'd be more than happy to do it wherever, you know, let's just get it on. Okay, so let's hope no one's actually listening to this, Phil, because I want to try to help you get the fight. You saying that you're going to grapple Francis Ngannou is not going to get you the fight, my friend, all right? We need to tell the people we're going to stand and trade, we're going to go to war, we're going to go say, this is not the way to get the fight. No one wants to see Francis in a grappling match. 
You're absolutely right, actually. I'm going to completely forget everything I've learned, <laughs> play the France with his strengths, and uh, totally bring it to him on his own ground, you know. That's the smart thing to do. Yes, <laughs> go to war, stand and trade, no defense, swing for the fences, all that stuff. Um, has KSW, to the best of your knowledge, reached out to the PFL about trying to put something like this together? Uh, not to my knowledge, no. Uh, only, I think they had a way for me to win first. Hopefully they'll do it this week. And uh, let's see. I mean, it probably is a long shot, but uh, I think it's a fight I could win, and I think it's a fight people want to see. And if not me, who else, you know? Yes. I don't think it's a long shot, my friend. I, I really do think that this could happen. Uh, perhaps I'm being naive, and maybe it, it, it's not a full-on co-promotion with KSW. Maybe it's one of those things where KSW just says, all right, we're going to bring our guy over. We'll we'll come to terms. Maybe they pay uh, KSW fee, but like, I, I really yeah. do feel there's something here. I, I, I really do believe that. I'm not just blowing smoke. Yeah, me too. Let's just hope Francis doesn't get paid too well for boxing that he doesn't need to do it anymore, you know? That's right. Do you do you fancy his chances against Tyson Fury? Uh, no, uh, I don't, you know. Like, you look at me, right? I'm probably one of the best heavyweight grapplers in the whole world. Yeah, I don't think I'd last two minutes against Gordon Ryan. You know, it's just these pure breed people. I'm just uh, a cut above, you know? I mean, if Francis has his chance, he could knock him out, but... Uh, I think Fury's going to be too clever for him. In fact, I think my name is in the hat to go and uh, do a bit of sparring with Fury, you know, because he wants, uh, he needs guys who can box a bit and can clinch a bit quite strong, you know. So, Tyson, get me up, man. I'm your man. Get wow. That is fun. I love that. So, that, that might happen. You might, uh, where, where, where is he going to train these days? In Manchester? I think he's uh, reached out to Tom, you know, him and Tom are uh, yeah. friends, you know, the bit Tom's been part of his boxing camps before, you know, so Tom said, oh, look, you need a guy who can box a bit, very strong in the clinch, you know, I've got a guy who's outrageously strong in the clinch, and he's called Phil DeFries. That is amazing. I love that for you. That's tremendous. Um, obviously, you are in uh, London right now for Tom's big return fight. Everyone very excited about this. Uh, can I ask, from your perspective, you know, I was talking before you came on, uh, Expect Tom to do well. Expect him to win. He appears to be in tremendous shape. But anytime you know a big man like that comes back from an injury like he had last year, there is some trepidation. How has he been in the in the in the gym leading up to this? Well, Tom is uh, is better than ever. You know, like the knee used to give him a little bit of jip. You know, we used to always get in there, do the rounds. But I think in a like a long grueling session, like a four time minutes, his knee would lock. You know, we've got all my knee my knees locked. I'm gonna have to get off the mats. That doesn't happen now, you know. He's uh, he's better than ever. He's performing better than ever, and uh, I really think he's got to get uh, an early finish, you know. And uh, I think I, th- I actually think he's the, he's the best best thing since sliced bread, you know. He's gone all the way to championship, you know. Wow! So this is this is actually a blessing for him that he got this surgery. But yeah, the, the knee the knee used to lock. It's uh, something he's been putting off for years and years. But then the UFC be like, oh, he's a fight three months. He's loads of extra money. He's a fight three months. He's loads of extra money. And like you kind of go, oh yeah, well, I, I could always have loads of extra money. You know that might be nice. Right. So he's time out. He's got fixed. He's got uh, healthy. And he's damn motivated too. I love it. Um, and now what about this young man Mick Parkin that is also training with you guys? Uh, my good friend Pete Carroll. Have you heard of the name that he has dubbed? For your little squad, he calls you guys Team BFG, Big Friendly Giant, which I think is just absolutely apropos of the three of you because you're all just Big Friendly Giants. And so two members yeah, of not... Team BFG will be competing. What about Mick Parkin? What could you tell us about him? Oh, Mick is excellent. You know, he's uh, he came to train with us at their TFT five years ago, and he's been improving and improving. But I'll tell you what, since his fight on Contender Series, he's done 
swab that's propelled right in the top. He's like uh, improved so much in this last year. He's been coming down with Tom. Uh, he's been with me a long time. He's uh, he's really really just getting better and better every time. I think he'll definitely get the finish within within the distance, you know. And I, I don't think he's going all the way too. It's just a, it's just a great time to be a heavyweight in the area, you know. You got me. Tom, Mick, we're, we're all we're all good friends. We all we respect each other. We all train damn hard. And we're all going straight to the top, man. You like this Team BFG moniker? I think it's great, you know, because we are, we, we are quite a nice bunch, you know. <laughs> uh, well, you know, if, if a person comes along and they, they come, come train with us, they fail their interview because they're a bit of a dick, we're like, yeah, you, mate, you go away. We don't, we, don't, we don't want your kind here. We're the kind of big friendly giants. Right. Get, get out of our gym. I love it. I love it. I love everything about your 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 vibe. Um, so this is big. By the way, while you're there with them, is there any part of you that like you you miss the UFC buzz and all that? Do you think oh, it would be nice to fight on this one? How do you feel? I know you're very happy with KSW, but I feel like it's a natural question. Yeah, I mean UFC is great. You know, uh, maybe I've got one more fight, my contract. I'll check the offers on the market. But like I said, the start, the start, new guys. The start them on basic for some reason. I can't be starting on basic. Yeah. But I do. Uh, walking out with Tom on the the blades fight, I thought this is something special. You know, like it was like twenty thousand people. I mean, KSW still is about fifty thousand people. Show mine. So that was awesome as well. But. Uh, yeah, it is It is a great week to be part of, you know. Do you know the best thing about fight week with the boys, right? You don't have to fight some guy at the end of it. Like, your fight week, or you're yeah. eating your dinners, you're having a good joke. But end of the week, you've got to fight some guy. This week, they fight the guy, and I just have a good time, you know? Yeah. Oh, it must be the best after a win, right? Because now you're just, like, in the come down. You're, you're, you're still glowing, and you could pass that off to your friend and just see him, you know, go through. But you don't actually have to get in a fist fight on Saturday. No, you know, after, even after a win, it's kind of you get like a crash of like, like I've come moody the week after, like I've been the centre of attention. Congratulations, well done, everything's done. Then like all of a sudden you're like goalless and aimless. Whereas now this week it's better because I have a I have a goal, I have an aim. It's my friends' time, you know. So it's kind of oh, helping the after fight kind of a uh, little sadness feelings, you know. It's, it's, it, I think I think every fighter feels it, even after you after you after you lose, it's good. It's, it's ten times worse. But even after a win, you get a little bit down after the big fight, you know. That's interesting. Um, uh, Israel Destiny has talked about that as well, like the the crash afterwards. Uh, how do you come like if you don't have a fight to uh, you know help your friend train for and all that? What do you do to not make the crash so drastic. Oh, well, Mick Parker, he doesn't let me have a day off, you know, honestly. Like, next week, he'll be like, Phil, I need you in the gym Monday, please. And I'm like, go oh, ahead, Mick, we've both just fought. They're like, <laughs> so he, he keeps me in the gym, he uh, keeps me motivated. Uh, like, the six weeks holidays coming up, so I'll have the girls every day, we'll go camping and things, you know. We'll make it work, you know. But uh, like, look, like I said, this week, I haven't had the crash because I've had no time for it. It's uh, party time again, you know. Uh, speaking of party time, look at you uh, downing that that uh, that beer right afterwards, just chugging it right after the big win. That's impressive. After, I mean, I guess you were really thirsty, right? Well, the, the, the beer in Poland is a lot more bubbly than the beer here. You know, when I had to down that big pint before and I failed, so I didn't. Uh respect the bubbliness of it this time i was ready for those bubbles and i got it straight down you know but i, I think if, if they got me a nice flat beer i, I could do too easily you know ah. but, uh, it, it was still very delicious but i don't know what what's all these bubbles in the polish beer but it is delicious but makes the job a little harder you know that is but weird i'm not complaining i got it done I no it you done. did get it done uh quite easily again you're, you're very hard on yourself uh we can't tell this but i didn't know that that was a thing 
um, associated with Polish beer, that it was bubbly. I, I've never heard that well, before. Well, uh, it is, it is. These pints, unless, unless they're setting me up to fail, you know, unless <laughs> they're putting extra bubbles in these beers to make me look a bit silly. But the joke's on them, so I still did it. You still nailed it. <laughs> uh, and by the way, speaking of nailing it, what about that promo that they put out right before the fight, the Baywatch one? That was unbelievable, the way they shot that. Oh, the way they uh, produced... It was incredible. I absolutely love anything like that. It's, it's fantastic. You know, it's tongue-in-cheek. It's funny. People want to see that. You know, I had a great laugh filming it. It's there. The king of the, the king of promotional videos. You know, I, I thought it was fantastic, you know. Uh, how long did that take to, to put together? Like, how long were you there to shoot that? I, I, it was dead quick. Because uh, it was after the weigh-ins, you know. And I, I, I had to cut a little bit of weight, you know. I couldn't really be bothered. But it, it only took an hour. Wow. For like about maybe like four or five hours after thinking, yeah, I had a fun hour. Did quickly blast it out there. Well, I mean, the, the Machek's got a film studio, you know. He knows what he's doing, you know. He makes the big movie, so it's, it's all professionally run, you know. They know exactly what they're doing. Wow. And that was on a beach in Poland? Yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, it was beautiful. It was bloody unbelievable. <laughs> I, went, uh, I was going for walks down this pretty lovely white sanded beach. Just lovely families coming all over, little buckets and spades, and delicious food. It was like a, I, well, I handled a little in my contract. I've got like a, a training, training holiday in Poland. My contract, I'm going to go back there with the family, you know, and go visit the beach, you know. Well, I didn't even know that there were beaches in Poland. I guess joke's on oh, me. Oh, they are beautiful, you know. It's like a, I tell you what, it was there. It's like a holiday destination, and they had a bit of it. It was very warm. It was thirty degrees, so uh, there's a few moments in the fights where we were so sweaty. I had some of my like best death moves locked in, but they're, they're, it was so sweaty. The, the, the guy managed to sneak out. You know that head and arm hold I get. If you're in that head and arm hold, you don't get out. You know, but uh, the, 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 the slippiness was, made, was a big factor. You know. Interesting. Very interesting. Uh, by the way, I like your T-shirt. Ten uh, Ten. You're a big fan of Ten Ten. The man. I love Tintin, you know. Uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm, you know how like, Batman opens his closet and he's got like 40 bat suits? Yes. I've got, I've got this T-shirt four times. I love it, you know. <laughs> and they say, people say, you need to get my T-shirts? I'm like, well, I've got, a, I've got my T-shirt I like. Well, who are you to tell me what to do, you know? So this is one of the four Tintin T-shirts. The uh, exact I'm, same I'm one? i the same T-shirt over and over. Exact same one? Exact same one four times. But I have two other Tintin t-shirts and uh, I, I, I do duplicate my t-shirts a lot, you know. I, I quite like them, you know. Well, when this one gets a little bit worn in, there'll be a gym Tintin t-shirt, you know, so they get years out of them. Oh, yeah. And look sure. at this, look. We, we, we got it. Wow. We got the watch. Wow. So thanks to you, Ariel. We put the pressure on, you know. You help me get this watch. If you ever need the time, ask me, mate. That I'll is... sort you out. And, and, and for those that don't know, who hooked you up with that? Machek and Martin got me it for the five years champ, you know. Uh, I love it, you know. Uh, I would never, I'm not very extravagant, you know. I would not, I would never buy a Rolex myself, you know. I'd rather invest it or put it towards the house, but I, I'll cherish this till the day I die, you know. But you know what? It's, 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 I don't know how to set it. It's too complicated. I can't even set it. Wait, so it doesn't I won't even, be able to tell you the time after all. It doesn't even say the real time. What does it say right now? At the moment, it is five to four. Five to four. In re in reality, it's six fifty-seven, right? Yeah, well, I, there's not what it's for. I will learn one day, but not now. For now, it is just a lovely piece of jewelry. That is, and that came after well, we I, talked about it on the show. Yeah, they gave me at the Coliseum show, you know. So, uh, I'd uh, really badgered them, you know. At four years, I was like, I want to start asking for this Rolex, and I really armed up the pressure. And I think that this was the thing that sealed the deal, you know. Put the put the pressure on, so. Another year, uh, then I want to start putting the year the pressure on for the ten year gift. So, oh okay. And when when would ten years be next year? 
No, five more years. Oh, five, five more, more years. years. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but you have one. You have one fight left. You have one fight left on your deal. Yeah, yeah, and I'm aware. I surveyed a like cave Julie that the, the look after is they haven't tried any funny business with us. Uh, I see what they've got for us. They always offer me the best money, uh, but I, I'm gonna chase this Francis thing, you know, because two million dollars that's uh, a lot of money for the kids. That's like the dream life money there, you know. Of course. And so, when do you expect that last fight um, will happen? The the last fight on the current contract. It has to be before January next year. I've just done two off the belt there. I wouldn't mind a little bit of downtime, but then after that, I'm I'm ready to get straight back in there with whoever they want, you know? Wow, so this could, the the timing here is actually perfect for the Francis fight. This could actually work out. Yeah, I know. It's like, uh, well, before this fight, you know, when when, when Francis uh, announced that he would get two million for his opponent, I thought, that's some of the game to, to go for, you know. But like I said, who who else but me? Who else, you know? Like uh, I honestly think I could beat him. I really do. People laugh, but you got to you got to shoot for the stars, you know. And I, I believe I could beat that man. That's the way you have to be. And uh, the role that you're on as of late is is I mean just as impressive, if not more, than anyone else. Any talks of who the the next opponent will be? Are they going to find someone outside of the organization? Any names out there? Uh, I don't know where. Well, uh, Darko Stosic picked up a big win, but I think they want to get him another win or uh, contender sort of match for him or someone outside the organization. Well, I spoke to them afterwards and they, they didn't have a clue, you know, but yeah. Francis is the name I'm pushing for. Francis, mate, you're, you're the man for me. Can I tell you what could be the win that gets you to the Francis fight? You versus a Fabricio Verdum, you know, given the grappling background, you beat Fabricio, you get on everyone's radar. We go after Francis. Fabricio's a free agent. He's not tied to anyone. He can... I thought he was PFL, wasn't he? Campaigning for I... Francis too. Nah, I think he's. I, th- I think he's free to go. He's also doing this uh, bare knuckle fight against Junior Dos Santos in September. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll do it. Let's do it for Doom. You know, I love that crazy face he does as well. I'll try and do it. Yeah. I can't do it. No. He, he can do it better than That's me. Close. You know, well, I might beat him in a fight. He can do the crazy face, but I. Maybe I can do a crazy face, you know. I'll, I'll have to work on one. By the way, both of you on the ground—that would be—that would be fun, right? His grappling versus your I grappling. Like, uh, like, like, uh, like, uh, like uh, I spar with a lot of good black belts, and I've got a very, very strange game that they cannot come to terms with. You know, uh, I honestly think I can outgrapple anyone. You know, hey, let me see. Let, let's see your best uh, Doom face impression, please, Ariel. It's like, <laughs> how's that? That look good. It's good. T- I think I think I think it was better than mine. It's a I tough one. I think he must have a very um, like uh, they call it rubber mouth in Hollywood, don't they? Rubber face in Hollywood. Good with the expressions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would love to see that. All right, so we've got some options here. Fun times. It's good to be you. Yeah, uh, it's great. Honestly, like my life went from being in the absolute shit to absolute joy. Just. Uh, I've got the best friends around me, the best family around us. I'm getting financially stable. My head's in a good place. It's just a great time to be me, you know? What about these haters? You tweeted about the haters. Who are these people? Oh, people. People, just, they can't see you have a good time. You know, oh, who, who is Phil DeFries? Uh, fuck that guy. Uh, he's useless. Or oh, was he so poor that he always just finishes people in the second round? <laughs> like, what, what joy do you get? What joy do you brings you to say horrible things about people? You know, I just get a bit there. But mm. you know what? You know what, Daryl? I used to be a hater, you know. At my most unhappiness when I was about 20, 21, even, even, if, even if good things happened to my friends, I'd think, 
Why is good things happening to you? Why is everything that happened to me bad? And all oh, you get all the luck and all this happens. When I was so unhappy, I was a hater, uh, and now I'm happy. And you know, I feel, I honestly do feel pity for them. These people, they, they need to, they need to find some happiness in their life. You know, I mean, you do get your genuine trolls who are just dicks. Yeah. But I think a lot of them are just very unhappy people, you know, who just need a bit of love, you know, need a big cuddle maybe. I'm the man to cuddle you guys. Come and come and sit. I'll give you a cuddle. <laughs> I feel like I'm somewhat responsible for that because I suggested the you versus Francis fight. And then I think some people were like, well, what are you talking about? I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? Give me a better, give me a better uh, suggestion than this one. And so I hope that exactly. I didn't contribute to any of this. No, I, I like it. I like it. My name's out there. My name's in the hat. You could be getting me. You've got me my Rolex. You can get me $2 million next, you know, and then you won't, I'll even buy you a beer then, you know, uh, I'll get you a Rolex. Well, <laughs> if you get the Francis fight, I want to be there. I want to be there cage side watching that. Yeah, you will be, man, but we'll get out. We'll go party afterwards, okay? okay? I'll show you how to down a really bubbly pipe. All right. <laughs> um, final question. Okay, what's the official prediction for Tom this weekend? How, what do you say? First round, second round, what are you thinking? Marcin looks good. I saw him yesterday. He's looking very svelte. You see him? Lost a lot of weight. <laughs> He's very good. Tom is magic. He is magic. He's got a TKO in two. You know, I honestly believe he, he's he's going straight to the top. You know, uh, the TKO in two. That's my prediction. But wow. I, do, I, lo- I love I love He's a great. He seems a great guy. But uh, he isn't Tom. That's the only problem. You know. All right. Well, good luck to Tom. Good luck to Mick. And congratulations to you. Pleasure as always, Phil. Uh, you're wonderful to speak to. Really enjoy it. And uh, delighted for you. All the success that you're having. The the good place that you're in mentally and physically. It's wonderful to see. Thank you so much. And it's been a pleasure being on the show again, mate. Thank you. Thank you. There he is. Big Phil DeFreeze. How could you not love Phil DeFreeze? I mean, is he not the absolute best? Literally the best. He's so lovable, right? I just want all good things to happen to that guy. And uh, Team BFG, shout out to PT. He came up with it. Uh, A great name. You know that book, Frank? Yeah. Raul Dahl? I think it's Roll Dahl. Oh. Oh, Raul. Raul. Let's see. Roll about BFG from the uh, 90s video game Doom? Not familiar. Hmm. Rolled. Did you pronounce Rolled. the D in Rolled Doll? I didn't think you did. Do you know he was a um, fighter pilot? No, I didn't. So he wrote short stories about being a fighter pilot. Kind of cool. Did you know that he was born in Cardiff, Wales? I did, yeah. Really? Very, very Welsh. Is he? Yes. The BFG. I do like PDF, though, as a nickname. PDF is good. <laughs> yeah. Like, he could be in the ring like, you better have Adobe Acrobat, because I'm going to open up on you. Ah, uh, that's a good one. Mr. PDF, Phil DeFreeze. Uh, that is tremendous stuff. And uh, they sent us this, uh, this, this stat card here. Most title defenses nine times. Third longest undefeated streak in KSW history, 10 and 0 in KSW. His reign, five years, three months, and two days. Third most main events in KSW history. Second longest reigning champion in KSW history. Most finishes in title fights, eight. Most wins in title fights, 10. Longest active winning streak, 10. Put some respect on PDF's name. Now, he needs to stop with this grappling stuff if he wants to try to get the Francis fight, but put some respect. One underrated thing about KSW, among many, uh, love the fact that the champions wear gold gloves. Isn't that nice? That is cool. That's a nice little touch. Only the champs. 
UFC gold shorts, here gold gloves. Not to be confused with the golden gloves. Um, all right, that was great stuff. Uh, we don't quite have our next guest, right? That's correct. Mm-mm-mm-mm. They're efforting in the lobby. Okay. Oh, he's still, he's still down there. That's you, what it sounds like. Last uh, update. Okay, you keep me posted. I but, will. But uh, do me a favor if we can, if we could break the fourth wall here. Whenever yeah. they come up, if someone could just ask how long we have, because they told me like there was like a window. And then uh, once they say that, if that bleeds into our next guest, if we could then, you Understood. know. You understand? This I got that? what you're saying. So you guys let me know. Uh, we love our friends over at Factor. I've told you about our friends over at Factor. They are great people and support for today's program comes from Factor. So what exactly is Factor? Okay, let me tell you. Having trouble finding the time to eat better or maybe getting decision fatigue, picking out the right foods, Factor's ready-to-eat meals can make the whole thing easy by delivering pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals right to your door. Whether you're on a keto diet, a vegan diet, or just trying to keep track of calories, Factor has over 35 different options a week to choose from catered to your needs. Plus, their meals are ready in just two minutes. Just two freaking minutes so you don't need to worry about cooking. In addition to ready-to-eat meals, they have cold-pressed juices, smoothies, energy bites, my favorite, extra protein, veggie sides, and a whole lot more. You can head to factormeals.com slash MMAHour50. That's factormeals.com slash MMAHour50. And use the code MMAHour50. That's MMAHour50 to get 50% off your first box. And two free wellness shots per box while subscription is active. That's code MMAHour50 at factormeals.com slash MMAHour50 to get, once again, 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while subscription is active. Thank you very much to our good friends over at Factor for their support. Thank you to DraftKings as well for their support. In a matter of moments, uh, we're going to be joined in studio by the golden boy himself, Oscar De La Hoya. Uh, I am looking forward to this very much. Mm, sorry. What you typing? Uh, I'm trying to. Well, I'm trying to guess what time he's going to come and how that will affect the uh, the next guest. Maybe I made things a little too close here. But uh, you tell me. Well, it, it seemed like you had um, padded some time into the next interview. Yes, that is true. That is so true. I think we're still on time. Okay, we'll see. Um, but we'll keep you posted. Going back to the questions now. Because he is, I guess, uh, in the lobby. After that, uh, we're going to be joined by Juliana Pena. Looking forward to her uh, response to some of the things that were said on Monday's show from the likes of Myra Bueno Silva and Macy Barber. After that, we're going to be joined by Shauna Bannon, who I'm very excited to speak to. Basil Hafez is going to join us after that. Going back to the questions now, we say hello to Jason Hagholm, friend of the program. Uh, We... We know him from social media, fellow Canadian. Hello, Ariel. Hope all is well. My question is, what is the latest you can say about the impending sale of Bellator as it seems that it will happen sooner rather than later with Bellator not really announcing much past September? Thanks for the great content as always and go Bills. Yeah, they're definitely in this transitional period 
waiting for that to go through, waiting for the other shoe to drop. I would be very surprised if they're still owned by Viacom come January 1st. Um, obviously, PFL is very much in the mix. There was some talk of uh, the UFC swooping in on Monday because I think some of the profiles showed up. Stemming from our MVP interview on Monday, some of the profiles showed up on UFC.com. And I thought what was interesting about that was everyone seemed to be going gaga over the idea of you know them, the UFC, getting the Bellator fighters. I'm like, you guys never seem to care about the Bellator fighters when they're under the Bellator umbrella. Why are you so excited now? It felt weird to me. Like, Bellator has a great roster right now and the best roster of champions that they've ever had. And it just seemed like everyone was like, oh my God, this is incredible. Like, you guys don't act this way when they're actually fighting under Bellator. I know it's a little different and fresh when it's, uh, you know, a merger, co-promotion type of thing, but that was interesting. PFL in the mix, interesting time for them. I think it makes the most sense for PFL to buy them. And PFL's TV deal is coming up at the end of this year. And so if they can then buy uh, Bellator and tell anyone out there, hey, we've got Bellator on our, you know, under our umbrella in our portfolio, and we're going to have this influx of new talent and new, new, um, new stars. And maybe even next season, as I suggested on Twitter, where it's like PFL versus Bellator head to head. Um, you know, eight fighters per weight class and they go head to head, I think that that would be incredible. So it's like four on four. Anyway, we can get into all of that down the line. Right now, end of January, for, end of January, or sorry, end of December, beginning of January would be when uh, is the final. But I think by the fall, we'll have some clarity. I don't think the UFC stuff is real. PFL still very much in the mix and we'll see what happens. We shall see what happens. All right, let me take these off. As I mentioned, uh, Oscar De La Hoya is the subject of a new documentary that is coming out next week, Monday and Tuesday on HBO, 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, it is called The Golden Boy. It's a two-part documentary, and it's unbelievable. I watched it yesterday. It's it's riveting. It's breathtaking at times. It's a different look at the life of one of the most famous and successful and popular boxers in the history of the sport. And I suggest that everyone watches it. Here he is, the one and only Oscar De La Hoya joining us What's in up, studio. Brother? A great honor to How have you? you in. I really appreciate thank it. You, How are you? you? Thank you so much. All good, brother. Thank you. Have a seat. And thank you for coming by. Um, I really appreciate this. It's yeah, great to see it. you. You good? All good. Yeah, they tried to good. put your chair down there to yeah, make you seem you know, smaller. Yeah, What's yeah, up exactly. with that? I wanted to give you a little punch in the, uh, the abs <laughs> just to feel them. You know, because I hear... You can see them if you rock want. Rock hard, huh? Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. Still. Still. Nothing's changed. No, nothing's changed, man. It's a, it's a good investment? Great investment. Yeah? Great doctor. Great doctor. I'll give you the number. Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. What are you trying to say? You think I need it? No. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, everyone needs everybody it. needs it. Everyone needs it. Oscar. Hey, this is cool, man. You like yeah, this? Yeah, this is awesome. Where's my Where's my uh, bobblehead at? Where's my... Do you have one? I, I have a Funko Pop. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have I'll, some I'll of bring those. you one. I'll bring you one. Yeah, that would yeah. be nice. I'll bring you one. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, you go on a lot of shows. No one has a studio like this, oh, right? This is, cool. this is it's big cool. time. It's cool. I was watching the documentary yesterday. I watched it yesterday. We'll get right into it. Comes out next week. Both pieces? Both. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I have a lot to, to oh, ask yeah. you about. Oh, yeah. Oscar, in this day and age, you know this, there's a lot of athlete-produced documentaries, <laughs> and they're all kind of filtered. Sugar-coated? Yes. Yeah. It feels like you're getting 80% of the story, 70 50%. Sure. And I'm watching this, and at one point I'm like, is Oscar cool with all of this? This is like brutally honest. Is it? And and clearly you're cool with it because you're promoting it. I see sure. it on your social. You're yeah. here. 
I was like, holy shit, man. This is a lot of stuff. Yeah. And everything is addressed. I, in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, they're probably not going to talk about this. You talk about that. Everything. Everything. Why did you do this? Um, I mean, look, first of all, I at 50 years old, I just thought, look, it's never too late to tell your version, your side of the story, to tell the truth. Um, look, as a kid, I started fighting at five years old, six years old. And I was already conditioned to be a champion, to be a, a role model, to be the hero of the people, of my family at that age. And so I, I, and I felt it, that people started treating me differently. And so you become a robot. Over the years, I'm winning national titles, golden gloves, this, that, Goodwill Games, the Olympics. I become the golden boy. I'm only, what, eight, 17, 18 years old. And you have to do what people tell you. And I'm a shy kid from East LA. You know, I don't, have, I don't say much. I'm quiet. I'm shy. And everybody's just controlling me, you know. Everybody's trying to, like, get a piece of me. And I have no say. I have no word. I'm just going with the flow. And so now, after I retired, I get lost, right? I start doing, I start getting into alcohol and drugs and this and that and women and, uh, and I lose myself. And, uh, and for some strange, miraculous reason, I lift myself back up and I, and I, and I do the work. You know, I went through the rehabs. I went through, uh, you know, I must have been depressed like 10 times over now that I think about it, you know, the, with the whole mental health issues and this and that. And so... I just thought, look, now that I'm, it's still a work in progress because I'm not saying that, oh, yeah, I'm great. No, it's still a work in progress, but I'm doing good, you know? And at 50, I said to myself, it's never too late. It's never too late to get your life back. Wow. Yeah. Was this your idea or did someone approach you about doing like a tell-all documentary? It's, it's been my idea for, for years. I, I just wasn't prepared for it, you know? I, I wasn't ready to tell the truth. If I would have done this, Five years ago, 10 years ago, it would have been sugarcoated. Right. It would have been, you know, I would have, you know, half-assed it. So everything happens for a reason. And, 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 and today and now I can tell my story and be honest and be transparent and, uh, and be proud of it. Is it terrifying? Like some people yeah. have seen it, but like come Monday, everyone will be able to see it's it. It's scary. It's scary. So are you nervous? Because usually you come out with a doc, you're like kind of celebrating. Sure. But like, are you nervous yeah. about it? Are you anxious about it? I'm, I'm anxious. I'm anxious and nervous. Um, I'm not, I don't regret it. There's no regrets whatsoever. But, um, you know, when my kids see it, you know, when my people who are closest to me, when they see it, they're going to be like, holy shit, we didn't know this. And so, but to me, it's like, it's just liberating. You know, it's like, it's, it's, it, it was a whole, it was, the process was all just therapeutic. It was all just like, let me let out my frustrations. Let it. Let me let out these feelings that I've been holding in forever. Have you watched both both parts? Yeah. What was that like the first time you watched it? Uh, yeah, just super emotional. I, I mean, we had a screening the other day for close friends and family, and uh, I couldn't stop shaking. I couldn't stop sweating, and 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 I was nervous, and uh, you know, crying, and you know, it's it's emotional. It's emotional because um, yeah, I've been through a lot, man. I've been through a lot. And that's in a room with other people. That's even more yeah. like sort oh, of yeah. revealing, right? Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah. It's one thing to watch this like oh, yeah. in the privacy of your home. Right, right. I well, when I when I watch it on Max when it comes out yeah. on the 24th and 25th, yeah, I'm going to watch it with my girlfriend and um and uh and I'll probably still be crying and 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 emotional and um but it's just it's just it's it's like a big weight off my shoulders, you know. Uh, I, I wanted people to know the truth. There is, and by the way, why did you want people to know the truth? Why was that important? Um, you know, over the years, living, living, living with the lies inside, you know, and I'll explain. So the first lie that really weighed on me was my mother, her dream. Uh, supposedly, I. I, I dedicated that gold medal for her because she asked me to. It was her dying wish. Well, it wasn't like that, you know. When I when I got back from the Olympics, being 18 years old, I get out of the ring after listening to the national anthem. I'm on, t- on the podium, first place. I get out of the ring, and Fred Rogan at the time, I believe, uh, uh, tells me. So you did this for your mother. It was her dying wish. How do you feel? And I was like, I feel great. Yeah. And from there, it just caught fire. And that was the story. Yeah. You know, my mom's dying wish. And I didn't say anything about it. I didn't do anything about it. I just thought, okay, well, that's what it is. And it caught fire everywhere. Right. And so, so that, that, that lie inside of me. You know, just thinking about that every day, it's like that, and it's not true, but I can't say anything about it, you know, because I'm so into it now. That's the story and everybody loves it. It weighs on you over the years. It weighs on you. It burns you inside, you know, so I was just fed up with it, man. It was about time that I just say the truth. Everything that happened to me, I say the truth and I will set myself free. So this is breathtaking watching this because like when you won in 1992, I'm 10 years old. Like everyone, everyone remembers that this guy from America wins the gold medal and he did it for his mom right, who died right. of cancer and he sure. promised her like Jay Leno's introducing you yeah. like that. You're everywhere. You are like the face. You are the new Mexican superstar, sure. all this stuff. Sure. And none of this is true. You come out of the documentary and there's a part of me watching this. Like, why do you even tell this now? Like we all believe yeah. it. Right. No one's questioned sure. this. Sure. And now you're telling us sure. this was all a lie. Yeah. How could... When you go back to your hotel room, like you're going to Leno, you're an 18-year-old kid. Yeah. Your mother has passed at this point. Sure. And you're talking about making her the, like this promise that you're going to win, and yeah. it's not true. Right. You look at yourself in the mirror. Are you not like kind of disgusted by that? Is I, it, That's I, a tough— I didn't, I didn't have time to look at myself in the mirror. I was too, too afraid. I was too scared. I, didn't do, I, I couldn't do it. Wow. Um, you know, being, being abused as a child, physically and emotionally— and and living this life as a prodigy, you know, you have a lot of yes people. You have a lot of people who are just constantly reminding you, you are great, you're the best, you're this, you're that. So you start believing it and you don't you don't realize, you know, time is going by and it's like you're getting older and you don't and you start believing the hype. And uh, I didn't have time to look at myself in the mirror. I was too scared. I didn't have time to ask myself the question, you know, like, who are you? I couldn't do it. You know, I was a coward. And so um, when I literally took the bull by the horns, um, I decided, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to literally do something that, that is really hard to do. And that is tell the truth. And that is look at myself in the mirror and tell myself, you know, who are you? 
And when I was ready, you know, I I I I found out that you know what you're you're not you're not that bad, you're not that bad of a person, you're not that bad of a person like the way my mother taught me that I was, you know, not having a relationship with your father. He never told you he loved you. My mother never told me she loved me. So it's like you start believing all that and and you start questioning who you really are, and um. And it take it took a lot of courage, man. But I'm I'm glad I I'm glad I did it. So not only did that conversation ever happen when you were younger and you were training and you were in fights, you would think of your mother yeah. letting out your oh, aggression because yeah. she would beat oh, you. Oh, yeah. She would beat you so hard that it, it wouldn't even feel like it, yeah, it stopped feeling. I, I became numb. Yeah, at 13, I remember I, I was numb. It's like I would tell her, just keep hitting me. I, I'm not feeling it, and she would cry of anger, like just whipping me, and I was like, it's not hurting me. Why would she beat you? I, I don't know. The only thing I can figure out is that maybe her upbringing was very tough, you know. Grandma was very tough. Okay. And, and I can imagine. I mean, look, she crossed the border at 14 years old from Mexico. And when she met my father, my father, well, my mother was a, a professional singer in Mexico, singing in like little bars and restaurants. And that was her dream. And so when she met my father... Uh, my father told her, because he was this macho, jealous Mexican guy, he told her, you're going to sing or you're going to marry me? Huh. And, uh, and so she obviously decided to marry him. Her singing career was over. So you can imagine all the frustration from her, yeah. the anger from her. And I don't know, I'm the middle child, I don't know why I got it. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was devastating. And, and this is something I've never told anybody. And, and when you're telling this story about the promise to her, is anyone in your family saying it didn't actually happen? Are they questioning your story behind the scenes? And is that putting any pressure on you? Well, yeah, there is a lot of pressure because nobody knows. I mean, they're going to know when they see the documentary. Oh, wow. But I haven't talked to anybody. Really? No. You haven't talked to your dad? No. Your brother? No. Wow. Yeah. They're in it. Oh, yeah. But they haven't seen the full. They haven't seen the full. The full. Is that that must be the most nerve wracking? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 scary. It's scary. But um, you know, my sister, which is in it, my brother's in it. Um, and by the way, my brother was supposed to be the the prodigy. He was supposed to be. He was actually way better than me. And he tells the story uh, on the documentary um, where he just decided to quit because he didn't like boxing. And uh, and they literally disowned him. They literally, my family abandoned him because he wasn't boxing anymore. So then I was the chosen one, you know? It's pretty, uh, it's pretty emotional. Yeah. yeah. And your kids are in it too. Yeah, my kids are, my older kids are in it. Yeah. Um, and they haven't seen it yet either. No, they haven't seen it either. Um, you know, they, 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 I told them, hey, tell the truth. And I wanted them in it because I want everybody to know the truth, you know? My closest Family, my kids, my father, my sister, my brother. There's Bob Arum. And all, yeah, yeah. Bob Arum's in it. I was like, holy crap. That's why I was wondering if you were behind this, like if you were okay with all this. Yeah, of course. Some of your biggest enemies. Of yeah, there's, um, you know, my ex-girlfriends yeah. who I have kids with. Yeah. I wanted them to speak and I wanted them, I wanted to listen firsthand on how they really feel about me through this film. Was there anything that was off limits? No. No, zero. Nothing. I can't imagine. I mean, no, I, I talked about everything. I talked about those famous photos too. Yes. Yeah. That was the one that I was like, there's no chance yeah, of touching no, this. I, that's actually the first thing I wanted out there. 
when I when I decided to do this with Mark Wahlberg and HBO and Mario Lopez, who who also did an, an amazing job, I said, "Look, I'm ready to talk about whatever you want to talk about." You know, um, my life is an open book. These are the photos that came out of you in yeah. the attire. Yeah, that- with lingerie and this and that. And I'll tell you one: we got that girl here from New York that leaked those photos. Um, I'm 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 not gonna get into it, but. You know, we found her somewhere like in Costa Rica hiding out. And, uh, and she said the truth of exactly what happened. You know? Was it hard to find her? Um, I don't know. I don't, the producers or the director found her somewhere, which was incredible because she's literally hiding out. She's hiding because of this? Yeah. yeah. When's the last time you spoke to her? Years, I mean. Do you have any interest in talking to her? No. No. This is this is the woman that took the photos. This is the woman that apparently took the photos. Apparently, apparently there were like three girls there. Okay, you have no recollection. Uh, no recollection. Zero. I was just I was loaded. I was, yeah. um, you know, yeah. I was just I don't know. I, I just can't remember. I was drugged up. I was drinking this and that. Can't remember. Wow. And uh, these came out, and then actually, <clears throat> someone came. You got someone to say that they were fake. Oh yeah. You got someone to do like of a whole course. thing. I have a whole machine behind me. I'm in the peak of my career, right? And we're like, holy shit, wait, how are we going to make these things disappear, these photos? Well, let's hire this forensic, uh, I don't know what he was. Um, yeah. You know. He's um, like going through like pixel by pixel. He's everything pixel and, and, and we convince him with money oh. to say that they were fake. And the world believed it. That they were photoshopped and and we were home free, and guess what happens? I'm married at the time. My wife is angry at me. She can she's fed up with me because I'm left and right cheating on her and this and that. She convinces me to go on national TV and tell the truth. That's how it happened. Yeah, that was the one in uh, Spanish, right? Yeah, the one in yeah. yeah. Well, why why did she want you to do that? Just because she didn't she believe her, you? Because she she wanted me to look like a fool. She wanted right. me to she wanted to get back at me. She you know, and I did it. And you did it. Do you regret doing that? No, no. At the time, no. I think there's a certain there's a certain feeling you get when you tell the truth, right? You know? Um, and but what was incredible is that I was so big at the time, popular and making money and this and that, that I couldn't do any wrong. Mm. I think I think I sold more pay-per-use because of it. Right. Which was crazy. Right. So um yeah, those times, man, I mean you can imagine all the all the feelings I had and confusion and just guilt and this and that. There were some pretty uh confusing times for me. Did you learn a lesson from like meaning that stuff happens. Do you just go back to the partying and stuff, or were you so scared that you're like, "I'm not going to do this oh, anymore"? I went back. You just went back. I didn't care. You didn't learn just, any lesson. Yeah, I didn't learn a lesson. Not at all. I'm what? I'm 23, 24. Come on, I'm I'm unstoppable. I'm indestructible. I'm like nobody can take me down. You know, you have that mentality. It's childish, yes, but um, that's exactly what I was living. You know? Do you have any regrets? Like, you regret this? Some people will say, like, "Nah, you know, that was my life." Yeah. Do, you, do you wish you could do all this over again? Not not do it over. I mean, the only thing, the only part I regret is um, the being absent for my kids. Mm. That's how many that's kids do you have? I have six. Six. I have six kids. How many different? Um, four. Four. Four moms. Yeah. And how many have you been in their lives? 
Uh, well, I've always been in their lives. Okay. There was just like this void. Okay. At a certain time, you know, when I was going through all this shit, you know, um, and that's the part I regret. You know, that's the part that is still a work in progress, even till this day. You know, because kids don't forget. Right. They don't forget. Um, so as long as you can do the work, as long as you can, you know, try to make it right, then then you're on the right. You know, you're on the right track. You're 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 doing something correct. You know, and so. Yeah, it's been it's been a roller coaster, man. It's been you a feel coaster. their pain when you watch them. Like you could see the pain oh, yeah. on their face oh, yeah. in the dock. My, my what is it boy, like for you? My boy Devin. Um, yes. Oh man. He said he wanted to punch you. Bless his heart. Yeah, exactly. Of course, of course. And you know what's funny is that I can identify because when I told my father that I love him, like two years ago. I felt this like rage and anger, you know, where it's like I wanted to punch him because he wasn't there for me. Mm. Because he emotionally he was like just absent, you know? And so when I told him I love him, he like hugged me and he started crying and he told me he loves me and it wasn't that bad, you know? And I can I can I can see it in 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 my boy Devin's eyes, like, man, he was hurt, he was in pain. All he wanted was his father, and I wasn't there for him, you know? It's it's tragic. It's uh, it's um, it's just uh, you know, it just it's painful. It's painful. By the way, you telling your dad you loved him two years ago was that the first time? Yeah, first time ever. Yeah. What prompted that? God, just, just to set myself free, man. You know, set set myself free literally from the shackles of pain. You know, I told my mother. Um, I told my mother that I loved her, but she was already gone. I. T- I went to her grave um, a few years back and I had this big old letter that I prepared, you know, like five page letter. And, and, um, and I just, I got to the cemetery and I was looking at her tombstone and I crushed those papers. And then I just started crying and I told her, I fucking hate you. You know, that's how it started. Right. And then at the end I was like, you know what, but I forgive you. And that's where I set myself free. Damn. And that was crazy. And and your dad, when he reciprocated, was that the first time he had told you he loved you? Yeah, first time. Olympics, championships, never said it. I could always do better, he would right. say. I could always do better. You watch the the uh, documentary and there's a part where he says, well, yeah, when he fought Chavez, but if Chavez was younger, uh, he would have kicked his yeah. ass. I'm like, oh, wait, that's my, that's my dad? Yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's the way he was to you and probably even harsher behind oh, the scenes. Tough, man, tough. There's a story... Um, there's a story that I talk about in the uh, doc. Um, my grandfather. So my grandfather used to run with Pancho Villa. Okay. Pancho Villa is like this revolutionist who in Mexico, you know, he was kind of like the Robin Hood, okay. you know, way back in the I'm not 30s, 40s. So he used to run with him, you know, and, and you can imagine how tough my grandfather was. So the only story that I know about my father is that when he was six years old, my grandfather would tie him to a tree with chains and whip him Jeez. because he wouldn't go herd the cows um, late at night. That's the only thing I know about him. That's the only story I know. Wow. You can imagine that. What's your relationship like with him now? It's good. It's, it's good. good. You talk? I've never, I've never heard the words from his mouth again okay. that he loves me, but I know he does. And it's good, actually. We have a good, good communication, good, uh, you know. With all my kids too, it's like it's the, all the six kids you have a relationship with. Yeah, them. it's all good. It's, it's all, all good. good. Yeah, yeah, really. Good, yeah. They have forgiven. 
I don't know if they've forgiven. Okay. <laughs> that's a whole different thing. Okay, you know, that's yeah. different, yes. But uh, yeah, it's good. I mean, you know, yeah. By the way, during this period, are you talking to anyone? Are you talking to a therapist or no. you, you don't seek help? No, no. Have you ever no. talked to someone about all this? Bro, I've, I've, I've done therapy for practically all my life. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I've been through rehabs. I've been through this and that. And uh, I think all of that prepared me for this moment right now. Mm. Yeah. Are you are you talking to like do you have therapy now or no you're no, good no, no I feel good man I feel good you know it's it's at 50 years old I finally realized you know that that I matter mm. and I put myself first you know because you can imagine I'm a people pleaser I want to like you know please the fans I want to you know I'm a yes man I'm like yes I'll do anything for you and you know it's like I'm a nice guy right. But at the end of the day, it's like, oh, shit, wait, what about me? I just forgot about myself, about my feelings, you know? And uh, and finally, I'm doing that, you know? I'm finally doing that. You know, I have a best friend with my girlfriend who understands me, who takes care of me, who uh, who respects me, who loves me. All I need is love and a hug, you know? That's it. It's crazy. How did you guys meet? Um, I was doing a pilot for a new boxing show, and... Uh, and so I needed I needed somebody to do the the commentating, you know somebody somebody that's good looking, right. that's hot, you know. And so I called up Holly, and she agreed. And right there we just hit it off. So in throughout this uh, two part documentary, there's a lot of talk of infidelity and stuff like that. When you watch it with her, fuck, what makes her think that you you know like yeah. that's a tough spot, yeah. right? No, it is. It is. Well, look, I I finally realized um, literally what matters. Um, we spend, we've never spent a night apart, um, you know, um, my choice, uh, you know, because I finally love somebody. I finally love a person who loves me back, who knows how to love me back. And we have the best relationship, man. It's crazy. Yeah, she is actually the first person that I've never cheated on. Wow. It's, it's amazing. It's crazy. And, you know, it's all about, you know, you grow up, you, you become mature. You, be, you, you realize what's important, what really matters, you know? Um, yeah, and I'm actually proud of that. You know, that's, that's, it's one of the things that I'm most proud of because people ask me, well, what's your legacy? And I'm like, well, you know what? Fuck my titles. Fuck everything. My legacy that I want to cement here on this earth is being able to tell my girlfriend when I'm 85 years old, we did it. She's going to be my legacy because that's the only relationship that I will take care of and nurture and really, and, and have a real, real connection with, you know, mm. that's my legacy right there. How long have you been together? Two years. Two years and you haven't cheated? Zero. This is like the longest stretch by far. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Like not even close. Nah, zero. Wow. Not even here. What? Not even thinking. No. That's great. Yeah. Um, by the way, for someone who listens, you're, you're still in the boxing game now. You're a promoter. You're, yeah, yeah. Throughout the doc, you're talking about, I lied about this, I lied about that. And so the natural question is, why should anyone believe you today? Why are you not lying today when you were lying 20 years ago in your, in your prime? Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, um, I'm just growing up, man. That's it. I'm growing up, you know. Um, I try to do the best job possible as a promoter. You know, to uh, to to make the biggest fights happen, to treat my fighters right, to you know, you always try to do the correct thing. You know, and it's it sometimes doesn't pan out 
the way you you planned it. But you know, it's it's as long as you do the job and as long as you do it right, as long as you're honest and 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 transparent, then you know, then I'm okay. I'm okay with myself. You know, fighters are gonna disagree with me. Fighters are gonna ask questions, this and that. Fighters are gonna have a lot of whispers in their ears. A lot of management that really don't know the game. Um, but all I can do is just, you know, be as honest as I can, you know, because there's a lot of money to be made in the sport of boxing. Everybody's getting their piece of pie. So might as well just do the right thing and, and, and walk the walk. Where do things stand with Ryan Garcia? Um, we have a lawsuit right now that, uh, you know, I'm not suing him for money. He's not suing me for money. Um, I just want him to honor my contract. That's it. And what what needs to be honored? Is he trying to break out of the contract? Is he trying to end the relationship? No, no, no. I mean, just just honor your contract. That's it. You know, you have obligations. Right. I want you to fight. I want you to be a legend. I want. Did, do you think I wanted him to fight Tank Davis with a rehydration clause? Hell no. I'm looking out for him, but he has people that are whispering in his ear, oh, Oscar's bad. Oh, go with this other promoter who will take care of you more. You'll make more money. Well, guess what? Ryan just made $30 million plus million. You know, I'm not doing anything wrong here. I'm trying to create a legend. What better person than me to guide your career, to, to mold you into this superstar boxer who people will respect. But all these whispers, man, all these whispers. Does it bum you out that the relationship has reached this point? It has. It, it, yeah, it has. I, but, you know, Bob Barron once told me, Oscar, you're going to be, you're going to get disappointed. You're going to get disappointed and they're going to break your heart, meaning fighters. Yeah. So don't take it personal. And you're not. The back and forth on Twitter, it's like it's hard to watch because like you're like like we view you as like his big brother, and now it's like going back and forth. And like, is there no way to deal with this behind the scenes that it never gets out? Was that just inevitable that it was going to get out in the public, and this is the best way to deal with it? Well, I mean, look, uh, people have kept me away from him, mm. so you can't speak to him. No, why not? You can't call him up. No, zero. Do you think it could get fixed if you guys just have a face to face? I don't know. I don't think so. Okay, I don't think so. No, but look, I mean. I'm a promoter, and I'm going to be a promoter till I'm Bob Arum's age. <laughs> you want you know? to be? Yeah, I love it. I love the sport. I love boxing. It gave me everything I have. Right. I hate it, but I love it. You know? Right, right, right. And, you know, fighters come and go. Will you be promoting his next fight, do you think? What's yeah, your prediction? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah you yeah, think so? I still have several years in this contract. Okay. Of course, yeah. There's no way you come to, like, an agreement and you go your separate ways or something like that? No. Okay. Zero. Uh, and what's up with you and Eddie? What's the beef there? What's the problem? <laughs> what is going on? What, why Eddie, the beef there? You guys go back and Eddie, forth. Huh? <laughs> yeah, <I know> you <laughs> Lonesome Eddie, huh? Yeah, I know. Why? What's the problem? No, look, I mean, obviously there's, there's, there's stuff I really can't talk about okay. because of business. But um, look, he's a great promoter in Europe, in the UK. Just let, let me do my job here and let me take care of business and... You know, because obviously he doesn't know the market here. He's not building anything. I mean, he he literally just spent, I don't know how many millions of dollars of the zone's money and still hasn't built anything. Um, 
you know, what fighter has he built other than, I don't know, maybe two or three that are from Europe that do not resonate here in the U.S.? So let me do my job. Let me build my champions here. Let me promote the biggest fights like Mayweather. I promoted all these guys like the Bronze Bomber and and Errol and and the uh, yeah Errol Spence and Canelo. Let let me do my job. You know, I discovered Ryan Garcia. I have like ten other kids that are coming up that are going to be amazing. Let me do my job here in the U.S. Let me promote here and, uh, and, 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 you know, you stay in the U.K. That's it. Do you, do you feel like it makes the relationship with DAZN awkward because you're both under the DAZN umbrella and you want to do your thing and you feel like he's intruding on the territory? Well, no, That's what it, it feels it, like. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter because when I, used, when I used to promote on HBO and Don King was promoting on HBO and Bob Arum was promoting on HBO – we were all like coexisting and we were all promoting great. We were promoting the platform. We were promoting great fighters and, you know, there was a piece of pie for everyone. So it's, uh, he just doesn't understand the market. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, um, Bob Arum right now is doing an amazing job in, on ESPN and, uh, you know, you have other little small promoters here and there, but, you know, I'm the promoter here in the U.S. and I know what I'm doing. No one, you feel like no one could come over from overseas to. Be well, successful. yeah, if 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 they if they understand the market and they do it right, you know, um, the problem is, is that he's not doing it right. Okay, would you ever co-promote with him? Yeah, if if there's a fight, maybe that that we can work on. Like for instance, I'm working on a fight now with Jaime Munguia and Benavides. Yeah. I'm talking to his representatives, to Benavides' representatives, but there's whispers that Berlanga wants to fight uh, Jaime Munguia. Yeah, if, if the opportunity presents itself and we can sit down and talk, and look, business is business. Mm. I, don't, I have no problem talking to somebody that wants to do business and wants to create champions and build superstars. I have no problem with that. I know we just have a couple of minutes left, um, so I will wrap this up in a second. This has been great. Thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. Man. And the, the doc is must-see TV. Yeah. Uh, there's something kind of symbolic and beautiful about the fact that it's an HBO sports doc, right? Oh, that it's like... Brings back memories. Right. Man. Oh, man. Yeah. For, for me, too, like that footage. Imagine imagine if HBO came back. Uh, I would love it. Yeah. That was big. Yeah. That it, would be big. It's, it's like there's a void there, right? Sure. Sure. Do you think HBO, they'll come back? You never know. You're 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 doing something with them now. You should get in their ear. You never know, yeah. You never know. Um, but you being on it, like I was just going to ask, and clearly it's yes. Do you love that that this is on HBO? Oh my gosh, yeah. Like I said, it brings back memories. Um, there was nobody better. Production was just a class. It's just they they know how to do it. Mm. Yeah, it was really nice to see that and. Uh, you know, just the the whole thing is just so freaking real. It really yeah. is. I was wondering, are you are you sober now? Sober now? Yeah, not like right sober? this second. Like, no, you're not. No, I I have no problem. Okay, I have no issues. At one point, you did. Yeah, I got out of control. Okay, absolutely. I was I was digging my own grave. I was like, yeah, spiraling like there's no tomorrow. But it's not an addiction. I'm I'm not an addict. I just took charge of my life, you know? Therefore, I can make the right choices. 
that's basically it. You know, I just, like I said, needed love and attention from somebody who loves me. Life is balanced, man. Mm. That's it. Congratulations. Uh, July 24th, it's called The Golden Boy on HBO, 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, that's part one. Part two, July 25th, yeah. 9 p.m. Eastern on HBO. But if you have Max, there's the poster right over there. I like that. All that glitters may not be gold or whatever that tagline yeah. is. My yeah. eyesight is not that good. Uh, 9 p.m. Max on July 24th, you could see both parts back yeah. to back. Uh, the, first, the first part is 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 crazy you're gonna, yes. you're, yeah the first part and the cliffhanger at the end but the second part the oh, it, i think it's the best documentary that i've ever ever seen because it's not sugar-coated you know it is not you just you see everything and it's like whoa and it's like he hit after down. hit after hit it's crazy yes good luck Thank, Thank you for coming in. I really appreciate it. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Here's my conversation with Rampage Jackson from Monday. We'll be back in a moment with Juliana Pena. Do not go anywhere. When you've got that massive historic PFL versus Bellator card, it is a big one. It's a pay-per-view. It's PFL champs versus Bellator champs and PFL stars versus Bellator stars. Historical night. First time in MMA history that a place like this is hosting Saudi Arabia, a big MMA card. It's, in fact, the first major MMA event to take place in Saudi Arabia and the first cross-promotional event between both PFL and Bellator with former champions and current champions colliding in one epic night. The headliner, like I said earlier, is Henan La Problema Fejera going up against Ryan Bader. They go toe-to-toe in a fight that I think will determine who Francis Ngannou will fight in his PFL debut. That's the plan. And I wouldn't be surprised if they announce that that seems to be the direction. So stay tuned. Also, as we said earlier, Johnny Eblen against Impa Kasangane. They did save Patricio Pitbull. He's going to remain on the card. Aaron Pico as well. Clarissa Shields on the card. Yoel Romero, um, Tiago Santos. whole bunch of big names. It's all going down this Saturday, February 24th, live on ESPN Plus Pay-Per-View and DAZN. That's ESPN Plus Pay-Per-View. Or... Zone. With Rampage Jackson from Monday. Appreciate the love for that. What about Oscar? Holy smokes. That's intense stuff. And that is just like tip of the iceberg of what you get in the doc. So go check it out uh, next week, uh, Monday, Tuesday on HBO and uh, Monday on Max, formerly known as HBO Max. Uh, Let's move along now and welcome in our next guest. Perhaps uh, the most talked about, perhaps the most polarizing Perhaps the most hated female on the UFC roster? I don't know, but we can't stop talking about her, and everyone has an opinion on her. She is the Venezuelan vixen herself, our old friend Juliana Pena. <laughs> What's going on to the undisputed king of MMA media in oh, wow. 13 time and only MMA journalist of the year, Ariel Kilwani? What's going on, brother? Wow, Juliana, you are something else. You continue to raise the bar. Uh, How are you? You look fantastic. Thank you for joining us. I'm great. Thank you. I just wanted to take a little time to to shout out to GC. His birthday was on Sunday. Happy birthday, GC. Okay, this is is unbelievable. And and to Mr. Uh, Hilwani, your papa, happy birthday on Monday. Ariel, I tried to call in on Monday and say happy birthday to these guys, but you didn't answer the phone. Okay, wow. first of all, I talked about 
uh, fumbling the bag on that one because I was thinking in the middle of the interview with Myra Buenasilva that you should come on because I was like, man, Julianne would be amazing in this moment. And then at the end of the show, I look at my phone. I'm like, holy shit, she actually called in the middle. But can I, can I, can I call Cap, as the kids say? Can I call BS on something? Uh, who's your ghostwriter? Who's telling you all this stuff? Because I don't believe that you know all of this. No one cares this much about the show and knows all these details. Tweeting about the Parlay Boys. Who is telling you this? This person is. It, who is it? I don't want to name names. Who is it? Who's behind all this? I am telling you, I am a fan. Me and my friends are avid watchers of the show. We watch all the time, and I am honestly telling you, I watch this stuff. Actually, I wanted to thank you for bringing me to my next point. Andy, your producer, is a Venezuelan. Yes, you guys gave her a beautiful send off, uh, and I am like, I just want to to give my sincerest well wishes and blessings to Andy, fellow Venezuelan. She just uh, is is on her way to to having a baby, so congratulations to her. I know um, firsthand how difficult it can be to to have a baby and to make a comeback. So I want to to give all my well wishes to Andy and and, and send her off on a be- beautiful pregnancy. Hopefully, you're paying her still. Yes, while of she- course. Has that baby and um, all the best wishes to, to Andy and her new pregnancy. That's amazing. This is beautiful. We're going to send it to Andy. Uh, I want to believe this is all real. I, I I appreciate the effort. I just have a hard time believing you know this much about us because no, not even my wife knows about anything you just said. No one even cares in my life about any of this. You know all this. This is unbelievable but, to me. Well, if I was your wife, I would care. Ah, uh, <laughs> Juliana, you know yourself. Uh, that is tremendous. Uh, anyway. Juliana, what is going on? I mean, everyone can't stop talking about you. What's happening? Is this, should we have done this years ago? Like, did we waste all this time? It's just amazing. You have triggered the whole MMA community. Why does everyone hate you so much? You're so lovely. You're so thoughtful. Why does everyone hate you so much? Uh, I, I don't know, but like, let's, let's bring it back to Andy real quick. <laughs> Honestly, do you know how hard it is to make a comeback from pregnancy? Uh, no, you know I've never that, done it. Like I, I took two and a half years off after having a baby. Like your body changes, you go through all of these, you know, hormonal ups and downs. Especially when you have like a, a emergency C section, like I had, it can be very traumatic. And to to come back from that, like think about if you were having a devastating injury and having to come back from that. But think about like all the changes that you would have to go through if you had a, a devastating knee injury. I've had a devastating knee injury and I've come back from that, but I've also was out for two and a half years on pregnancy and came back and won a world title. So I don't think that that's ever been done before. In fact, I'm sure that it hasn't and it doesn't get enough credit. Why is that? Why don't I get enough credit for being the first mom champ? You're right. I think maybe that's why they hate me because I'm saying that I'm the first mom champ and, and I'm sorry that, but it's true. I gave birth and came back and won a world title. That's a big deal for me, and it doesn't get talked about that often. It's it's true. Is it also perhaps because you've dialed it up to like 12 out of 10, and you're poking someone who's beloved in the world of MMA, Amanda Nunes, and you're saying things that are somewhat you know controversial, outlandish. You're not, by the way, some, I've, I've seen some people compare you to Colby Covington. Colby talks about politics. And the, you never, to the best of my knowledge, go there. You're just like, you're just talking about the MMA fighters and the community and stuff like that. It all feels very fair, yet people get so offended. I can't quite figure out why. I don't know either. I mean, I'm the main character and these NPCs are having a big problem with, you know, uh, me. And when they get asked 
questions in their interviews, all their questions are being asked about me, like their whole interview, they're spending their whole time talking about me. I don't know why that is, but I think that it probably has something to do with the fact that I am the uncrowned bantamweight world champion and I have something that they want and they all know it. I'm the one to be at the top of the division. And so of course they got to say what they got to say to, to be able to, to poke the bear and get the fight and, and to do everything that they can to stay relevant. So maybe that's why I'm in their mouth. By the way, what did you say? NPC, NPC, what is that? non-playable characters you know like the people that when you go into the video wow. games and standing on the side and they're like you have to go this way for the journey you know what i mean or just like they yes. you can't they're just non-existent you know i'm the main character and I, I people are upset about that i get it i'm sorry i'm sorry not sorry actually. right wow that's a great line by the way that one's off the top of the dome too npc Listen, I mean, I would be lying to you if I said that there wasn't a little bit of prep work that had to be done when I'm going on. You know, the great 13-time wow. journalist of the year, Ariel Hilwani. Come on. Yeah, fine, fine. Fair enough. Um, okay, you're watching on Saturday, and you see Meyer Buena Silva do that to Holly Holm. What are your thoughts? Before she even gets on the mic, are you like, oh, damn, impressive. There's a new player. This is exciting. This is fun. Like, What are your thoughts before all the shit-talking starts? I thought I recognized her. I thought I rec I said, isn't that that curtain jerker from the apex like a few weeks ago? Like I thought I, thought I recognized her. Holy um, shit. But yeah, then I remembered that she fought two 41 year olds and then started talking bad about me. And I was like, oh yeah, I for sure know who this chick is. So, wow. Okay. So you weren't impressed by submitting Holly home. Only other person to do that is Misha Tate. Misha Tate is someone to talk about. Holly Holm is someone to talk about. Those are legends, you know. Uh, Myra Bonasilva, not so much. Um, and, yeah, impressed that she was literally losing the entire fight up until she caught that choke. Like, no, that's not really impressive to me. In fact, doesn't she have unfinished business with Misha? Like, doesn't she need to fight her? Okay. Well, then afterwards, on the microphone, uh, she starts talking about you. She talks about you. Uh, at the press conference, came on the show on Monday, and I know you may have been watching, but just for the audience, just want to play you a quick clip from Myra Buena Silva and get your response. This is what I was hoping to do on Monday, but I didn't check my phone. Here's Myra Buena Silva on Monday's show talking about Juliana Pena. <laughs> I think she's afraid of me. Why? <laughs> because of finishing my fight, she sent a message, hey, I smashed you and Raquel Pena. I understand She's afraid of. Why? But she said Who she... Is me? Who is Mara Bueno? Right, 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 right. For you to think about me. Right, right, right. So you think that her talking smack helped you? Uh, no, help me when I fight. Okay. And and if she, uh, if she fights Raquel first, who do you think wins that fight? Nobody win. Nobody? Because nobody want to watch this fight. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what do you mean nobody want to watch this fight? Why not? Oh, man. <laughs> you watch this fight, Hakel fight, and Juliana fight. Juliana have one good fight. No. Okay, two. Because Amanda is a great fighter. And then Juliana have two, two good fighters with Amanda. Right, and that's it. But no, because Juliana, because of Amanda. Okay, <laughs> that was a lot of stuff. I mean, for someone that doesn't speak English, like mother tongue English, that was some good shit talk right there. I must give her credit. 
your version of good and mine are two different things. No one wants to watch it. One good win. What'd you think of that? I thought it was funny. The thing is, is that like I've been around since the very beginning, since 2013, when the division started, you know, so um, one good win, two good wins. Like, no, I'm the first ever woman to win the ultimate fighter. I'm the first mom champ. I'm the first to beat somebody who hadn't been beaten in seven years and finish them. So, I mean, I finished everybody on the ultimate fighter. She's saying that I don't have any good fights. Like I literally beat everybody on the ultimate fighter. So after that, then I fought more and then I had that devastating knee injury. So at that point, I think I was seven and oh, and then I fought Valentina. So dropped one fight, seven and one had a baby came back and then was able to win a world title. And she says that I only have two good fights. I mean, literally I'm the baddest mother of all time. And Myra is my biggest fan and Amanda's tampon holder. That's the reality of the situation. Uh, she said she wanted to beat you for Amanda, but I don't. Did you hear that she said that she can't beat Amanda? Like, I think, right. I don't know if she's talking, like, she's talking to you and she said that she yeah. couldn't beat Amanda, but that I, who've been chasing Amanda for the last seven years, am afraid of Myra's second best Amanda's tampon holder like I don't understand how that how that works exactly like I'm literally giving you the the beginning of the UFC Campbell McLaren's fight you know four people in one night offer opportunity I'm 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 offering you to wait in line I'll wait for you in the cage after I beat Raquel and I'll fight you in the same night and then you're gonna sit there and say that I'm afraid of you like G-T-F-O-H dude I'm having it uh can I ask you this? Is there something to be said, though, for maybe now there being more heat between you two? Like there's, I don't know, I kind of feel like there's more interest in that fight than there is in you versus Raquel. Am I crazy? Am I just a, a prisoner of the moment here? Am I getting all caught up in the hoopla? She she's just she just did the right thing, you know what I mean? And and she's uh, trying to, to make some waves so that she can get a title fight. But the reality of the situation is, is that me and Raquel have had some uh, bad blood brewing for the last 10 years since we were on The Ultimate Fighter together. And uh, that fight's got to come first, first and foremost. Is it true it all started because you were like rustling through the, the bags and blow drying your hair while she was trying to sleep? Is that the seed? Okay, let me plant. Let me, <laughs> let me, let me put the scene for you, Okay. We're on the same team. She's sleeping up above me before she was eliminated from the competition. She was staying up all night till like three in the morning and drinking and having a good time with everybody else that was eliminated from the competition. So she wouldn't come to bed till like the wee hours. And then when Monday would roll around Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, every single day we're training two times a day, she wouldn't come to practice. She was sleeping in because she had stayed up the night before. So in the morning time, because we're the first team to go into the gym that day, we had first practices. I'm waking up to get my my medicine. I'm waking up to get, you know, my bags together. I'm waking up to start my day. But she's mad about me doing that. So then she started to say that I'm like being all loud on purpose. I'm like, no, I'm not. Being, we're living on top of each other. We're literally took, got the smallest room with three chicks in one room. Like we're living on top of each other. And it's not my fault that you stayed up all night and that you're dragging ass in the morning and not even coming to practice. And again, this was before she was eliminated from the competition. So she got mad at me and said in the interview that they had us doing, they're like, okay, we're going to, you know, give you guys an interview and you guys are going to be 
on UFC.com on the front page. So we need you guys to ask each other questions. And so she was asking questions. I was asking questions. And I asked, one of the questions says, if you could kick out anybody in the house, who would it be? And she said, you. And I said, why me, Raquel? Like, I put you in my high heels. I I did your makeup so beautiful. I gave you my dresses and taught you how to walk like a lady. Like, and th- now you're going to kick me out of the house for what? You know, like this is such BS. And she said it was because I was too loud. And I said, I, I'm just going to practice, dude. Like, I don't even know what you're talking about. So anyways, she wasn't able to to, to get past just, uh, Jessica Roccozzi in The Ultimate Fighter. And that was somebody that I dominated and that I finished. And... So, like I said, we've had this, you know, brewing for a long time now, and it's a fight that's been needing to happen for for a very long time since 2013. I haven't forgot about it. Not to mention all of her um, BS of like asking me during um, the show, "How do you feel about this? How do you feel about that?" Like getting into the, like she's my teammate, so I'm thinking like she's getting into my deepest, innermost, like you know, wanting to yeah. you know go through the fight week with me. Anything that I told her, she'd turn around and went right back downstairs to tell the other team everything that I said and just starting a whole bunch of BS, you know? And so it was like, I thought she was my friend and it turns out that she absolutely wasn't. And and so I, I've never forgot about that. I've never forgot about how horribly she talked about me in the house and then accused me of being a brat because I wouldn't go hang out with them at nighttime while they were sitting around a campfire talking crap about me. Like... You're not my friend. And I found that out very quickly when we were living together for seven weeks. By the way, uh, that was 10 years ago, as you said. I'm sure you've seen her at events, whatever. Like, what has the last 10 years been like with her? Do you see her? Do you say hi? Do you talk? Do you, what, like, what happens? I don't know. I don't pay attention to the people sitting behind me. You know, I'm paying attention <laughs> to the folks that are going on ahead of me. And so I don't really No, I don't look back. I only look forward. Okay. Do you think you versus Raquel is a bigger fight than you versus Myra? Um, I think that, yeah, it is because she is on a five fight win streak. And, you know, I think that that's, you know, she's been crying about getting a title shot since the last time that she quit on the stool. So it's about time for, for her to get another ass whooping. I would, I would assume. Any idea when this happens? You know, I think the UFC is pretty booked out uh, th- throughout, like they got all their cards all all booked out for the rest of the year. So I would say sometime maybe in November or December, I'm not 110% sure. But uh, around that time, I would I would think that that's when we're going to get back on. Okay. And it's 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 100% like you're going to fight for the belt. You've been told this. I know it's vacant at the moment, but have they given you like a guarantee that you are fighting for the belt? Uh, Yeah. Okay. Yes, I'm fine. I'm fine for the Okay. And you think it happens this year? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, and uh, at this point, do you feel like, is there any part, by the way, this fly is very annoying, right? I mean, it's so just, annoying. Like, can I kill it really quick? It's like on your thingy now. It's on your hair thingy. Is it? Yes. Well, now it's gone. Oh my gosh. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah no, the I'm hair thingy's not. I'm going to scream. It's on your forehead. It's like, what, what is up with this thing? I don't know, like sometimes, so when my, like I got this Traeger, you know, and I like go outside to like use the Traeger, but like sometimes when my daughter comes behind me, she'll like leave the back door open and uh, I always am her to like shut the back door because that's how, you know, the, the flies, flies come in. Come so. in. Uh, oh <laughs> my, <laughs> it is annoying as hell. Am I trying to take the time to like kill it right now? Because that's like what needs to happen. Uh, you can do whatever you want, although I feel like it's very hard, hard to kill a fly, No. 
Oh, I'm a fly catcher. I'm a fly really? killer, dude. You could do that yeah. with like the chopsticks, like uh, Daniel's son? No, I catch it in my hand like that. Okay, next time. Yeah, um, for sure. Okay, so do you feel like you, like this is working? Whatever you are doing, in my opinion, is working. I feel a lot of things, Ariel. I okay. feel a lot of things. <laughs> Even the people that are like, oh, Juliana, I'm not going to watch. Guess what? They're all watching and then some. They all are. <laughs> Did this need to happen yeah, for the women's bantamweight division? It was feeling a little bit stale. Did you feel like you needed to do this in order to to draw some attention to not only yourself, but the whole freaking thing? You got to ask yourself as a fighter, do you want to be the curtain jerker on the apex like Myra Bukova, <laughs> or do you want to be fighting main event pay-per-view at T-Mobile Arena? Right. I know which side of the spectrum I want to land on, and I want to make sure that I am being promoted at the biggest venue that there is, you know, and, and fighting main event for, for the biggest venue. So it's a no brainer to me. Okay. And so not only does it seem like you're getting under the skin of the bantamweights, it's, it's, it's women in other divisions as well. In fact, on Monday's show as well, did you catch it? No. Damn it. Well, you keep doing that on Monday's show as well. Macy Barber also talking about you in case you missed it. Here's what Macy had to say. Speaking of former champions, when I say the name Juliana Pena, what is your response? Everyone keeps asking me what? that because I've been very vocal about how much. <laughs> oh, I'm definitely one to talk shit and say what I think. But at the same time, I just think that that was just like, bro, what in the world are you doing, man? Like, she's uh, good for her. Like, she's got some hype behind her because she's talking shit about Amanda Nunes. But oh, my gosh. It was interesting. And then uh, the last fight, um, the girls that just fought the other night, I think that she thinks she's just going to walk through these girls. And I don't, I mean, Juliana, again, she's tough. She's one of those girls that can take a punch and keep walking forward. But I mean, I don't think she's like by any means like a, like a dominant female in the, in the division. Your thoughts on Macy's comments. Listen, you got a problem with me running my mouth, Macy? Drink a protein shake and come up to 135 and you can get some smoke too, okay? Because at the end of the day, this girl's never fought for a world title. She is supposed to be the youngest champion ever. That didn't play out that well either, you know? She's losing to Roxanne Modafferi. I mean, like, I, I think that, you know... For her to talk crap after she hasn't ever been in the situation that I am is is hilarious. And, and when she, you know, gets her big girl pants on and, and does what I've done, then maybe she can talk some smack until then. Yeah. Like I said, drink a protein shake and, and get in line, sweetheart. Does anyone support you? Like, do you feel any love from any of the, the, the female fighters? Um, some of them. Yeah. Like I remember when I showed up to the UFC event this last time, I, I I'm, I'm so mad. I, I'm, I'm mad that I don't know what her name is, but she just gave me the biggest hug ever and said she was such a big fan of me. Wow. Even Myra Silva's telling everybody that she's a fan of me. So, I mean, I don't buy all, all the hate that they have, you know, they know that, uh, you gotta do what you gotta do and, uh, whether they respect it or not, I don't care. They don't pay my bills. You know, I know what I got to do and I know what time it is. So if they don't, that's on them. They'll figure it out eventually at some point or another. The poor girl who gave you the big hug. You don't remember her name? Golly, she was so pretty too. Lots of tattoos, long brown hair. Um, Which event was this? Uh, this last one. I th- or The one that I was just at for International Fight Week. She she fought um, 
I don't know who she fought, but she was leaving as I was coming into the venue. So she must have been on the undercard. But yeah, uh, I don't know. You know, I I I know that there's some girls that definitely um, appreciate what I'm doing. Maybe one of them would be Milana Dudieva. She's uh, joined our team. She's here training with us here in Chicago now. And, you know, we fought each other back then and she's got no bad blood for me. She's 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 going to be my homie. Okay. So. All right. All right. It's good to have some uh, some support. Uh, by the way, speaking of international fight, we I saw you with uh, Remy Stadio. You were very excited to to meet him, the legend, right? I was so excited. Yeah, and like I didn't want to be like that person, you know, that like asked for a picture. He asked for a picture from me. Come I, on, really? I swear on my life. Yes, he asked me for a picture, and I was like, oh my god. Wow. Yeah, he's, he's best friends with uh, Uncle Rick. And uh, so I know that they're very close and they must talk uh, about me. And so I think probably that's how he found out who I was from from Ric Flair. He, no, he's a hardcore MMA fan, too. He loves MMA. So very yeah. possible he just no. knows who you are. Don't sell yourself short. No, that I mean, that is true. But yeah, no, he asked for me for a picture and I was, you know, all too quick to oblige. Were you more excited to meet Rey Mysterio than Donald Trump? I was, I mean, hey, that's pretty good. Yeah. You know who I was more excited to meet? And I'm not even going to lie to you. Like above Donald Trump and above Rey Mysterio, Scott Eastwood, dude. Like, ugh. That boy feeling. Who's Scott Eastwood? I'm not familiar. Clint Eastwood's son. Are you kidding me? It's Clint Eastwood's son. Clint Eastwood has a son who's famous? I didn't know this. What does he yes, do? Actor? Scott Eastwood and holy chats. I guess a good looking man right there. Yeah, that's what I was more excited to meet. Okay. If I'm being honest. Did, did you say hi to him? <laughs> Heck yeah, I got a picture with him. Oh, okay. Sorry, my bad. Is he an actor? Yeah. He's an actor, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did he know who you were? Probably not, no. Okay. But Miles Jury knew, or Miles Jury. Miles, uh, uh, Miles Jury. Shout out. No, Miles Teller knew who I was. I, I I got to meet him too. I met Mel Gibson too. I mean, honestly, the stars were out. It was awesome. They were uh, big, David, yeah. Yeah, like David they, Spade. They oh, I'm Mel seeing... Gibson. I met Mel Gibson. I met Donald Trump. I met Rey Mysterio and Scott Eastwood and Miles uh, Teller. Like they were they were out that night. Other than Rey Mysterio, it seems like a lot of D-list celebrities. If you ask me, Miles Teller was just in Top Gun. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and Scott Eastwood, come on, dude. I don't care if he never works another day in his life. Like, boy, it's fine. He's a royalty. Can you uh, can you hook it up or what? Can you slide in the DMs? What do we... I mean, I'll give it the old college try, but yeah. um, I, have, I have a feeling that they got some better selection. Hey. So they can... Future champion? Why not? Yeah, no, I know. But I think that, uh, you know, I, I could probably be a little bit too much to handle, as you can tell. Do you think there's any chance, Juliana, you beat Raquel Pennington and that gets Amanda Nunes to come back? Or do you think the ship has sailed? Have you moved on? Have you given up on that? No, I haven't given up on that. I've thought about that. You know what I mean? I I, I have thought about that. But it's, it's going to be uh, up to her. She said that she's going to be there front row watching real close, you know? So I know that she's going to still be a part of the sport in some capacity. She did? So she said that? Yeah, yeah, I heard her say that. So I hope that like I give her the, you know, the inspiration and the motivation to want to come back because I know what what she knows and that she feels like she can't believe that she left it like that. You know what I mean? One and one. Like who does that? Yeah. Did you try to tell the UFC like, yo, you got to convince her like we got to finish this? Or for now, there's no chance. No, no, no. I know from dealing with the UFC that she's very difficult to deal with. So I, I don't think they're going to be telling her anything. Okay. 
Did you see that rumor last week that Rondo was coming back? Then we squashed it. But like for a minute there, were you excited about that? Uh, I was hopeful. I mean, yeah, I, w- I hope that uh, Rhonda comes back because she's another one that's had an ass whooping coming for her for 10 years. Same as Raquel. So let's go. Do you watch her in that wrestling? Um, sometimes I don't pay for cable, so I don't really follow too closely. But, oh, wow. yeah, I've seen her. I think she does a good job. I know that her and Shayna got some bad blood. I saw that. Wow, look at that. You're 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 up to speed on all the news. I like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw that. But, you know, it's just one of those things probably that, you know, like people like Brock Lesnar have done, you know, where they're in the contract negotiations with the WWE. So they, you know, they tease the whole UFC thing in order to get those contracts up there at the WWE even bigger. So I, I'm pretty sure that's what she's doing. Right. By the way, why don't you pay for cable? Cause I got bigger fish to fry, man. I don't have time to sit down on my 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 couch and watch TV. Like what? Like build my sauna from Redwood Outdoors, or get on my Techno Gym treadmill and run my ass off. Are those sponsors? I hope they were sponsors. If so, that was really well done. <laughs> of course. Oh, nice. That was really well done. Well done. Well done. You're building a sauna, courtesy of Redwood. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Redwood Outdoors. Yeah. They gave me this gigantic sauna and it is really difficult to put together. If you oh. know anybody, send it my way. Hopefully You're doing it yourself? <laughs> I'm trying. It's not working out. I had to like put all the pieces in my basement. And so I got that part taken care of. But oh my gosh, that Redwood is heavy. Okay. So it was a great workout. Well, I have to say, Juliana, uh, I think what you're doing is tremendous. It's very entertaining. I'm enjoying it. I don't think you're crossing any lines. I don't think you're being offensive. I think you're just drumming up some interest in a division, which, let's be honest, used to be sort of the glamour division of the women's MMA community. Now, if I do say so myself, like it feels like 125 surpassed it. It felt like 115 surpassed it a couple of years ago. There's some work to be done, and, and you're infusing some life in a big, big way. I am carrying the weight of the world and my back is broken yet again. It's a hard job, but somebody's got to do it. And when they want a fire, they know who to call. I am the baddest mother. I am the undisputed baddest mother. I want that belt, that baddest mother effer belt. I need it because I am it. I am the baddest mother out there. Baddest mother. It's true. Them guys are fighting for the baddest mother. You are literally the baddest mother on the planet. I'm the baddest effing mother. Oh, yes. Golly. (laughs) Where has this Juliana been over the past 10 years? This is tremendous. Where's my belt? That's what I want to know. Yes, that is true. (laughs) Uh, This is tremendous. Thank you so much. Great job, as always, Juliana. And you know what? Even if it's not you writing those tweets and knowing all the stuff about the show, just know that we appreciate it more than you. We talk about it every time you tweet something. We all pop. We all get excited. It means a lot to us. So thank you. I'm a big fan of you guys, and I hope you guys have an awesome rest of the week. And um, thank you for supporting me, honestly. Thank you so much. All right. Talk to you soon. There she is, Juliana Pena. Much love to her, the Venezuelan vixen. Guys, what is going on here? I kind of feel like all this talk, I mean, she shouted out Andy, for goodness sakes. She's definitely watching. She needs to be immortalized at this point. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, there was pop when she mentioned the birthdays, but then the the pregnancy with Andy, <laughs> the, the fact that she also was just like Andy, fellow Venezuelan. Yes, it really impressive stuff. I have to say, she keeps she keeps upping your game. Oh my god, your version of reality. Someone's coaching her to say all this. That's impossible. I just honestly, I don't know how she could possibly know this much about us. Like At I this said, point, I think her and all her friends have a group chat and they watch the show. 
<laughs> the conspiracy gets even. Deeper. I mean, the the fact that she did call during the Myra interview leads us to right. believe, right, that there's something. I think when there. she called us Parlay Boys, it sealed the, the deal. And she's rifling off this stuff. I mean, I'll be. Oh man, I'm a sucker. I, like I, I, we're falling for this hook, line, and sinker. So I'm a sucker for all this stuff. I think we all just want to be appreciated and loved, right? I mean, ultimately, I think that's the. Uh... Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly, it's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. The bottom line. Uh, great stuff by her. Looking forward to the next fight very much. Now, I am looking forward to this debut on Saturday. Obviously, there's a lot to like about UFC London. There's the return of Tommy Aspinall and a bunch of UK fighters on the card, as per usual. But my friends, for just the second time in the almost 30-year history of the UFC, an Irish-born woman is going to be fighting inside the UFC octagon. The first was the legend Ashling Daly. It has been several years since it has been done before. And what did you know it? Some nine years after his UFC debut in Dublin, it's the great Patty Houlihan who will be coaching the second Irish-born woman to compete inside the octagon. The Mama B era is about to kick off in a very big way on Saturday, and it's a great pleasure to have the one and only Shauna Bannon on the program. There she is, joining us from London right now, just days away from her big UFC debut. How are you? Thank you for coming on. I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for the deadly intro as well. That was good. I uh, liked that. I appreciate <laughs> it. Thank you very much. Uh, this is so lovely and exciting to have another Irish woman in the UFC. And I love looking at your social media. It feels like you're buzzing. You're, you're capturing every moment from when you arrive to the gloves, to the, the outfit. Are you just on cloud nine now, even before the debut on Saturday? Yeah, I'm really taking it all in and I'm enjoying it. This is everything I've worked towards my whole life, you know, so I'm just taking it all in and enjoying every second. Are you emotional heading into the debut? How how are you processing all of this? Do you know when I put the gloves on the other day and I tried them on and I closed them over, I did get a little bit of a like where like emotion came over me, but I'm here to do a job. If I cry when I win, that's that's grand, but I'm here to do a job and I'm super focused on that at the moment. Are you a crier? Do you usually cry when you win? No, no, not really. I cried my first fight back after Jace um, just because it was such a mad road to get back there and to be back fighting and to get the win. I had a little tear then, but no, not really, no. I'm okay. not a crier. I more go crazy and jump around and scream and shout and dance and jump on top of the couch. <laughs> That's more my reaction. And of course, Jace uh, is your, your your young son, who is your reason why, as you say, and uh, I, I, will, I want to ask you about him in a mo- moment, but uh, you are just, I mean, you're a neophyte in this game. You're just 5-0, and oh, and I know you've been kickboxing for a very long time, and I know your family heavily involved in the kickboxing world, but as far as MMA is concerned, your pro debut came in 2022, not that long ago, just a little over a year ago. Did you expect things to happen so quickly for you? Did you expect to make it to the UFC this soon? Yeah, well, I had in my head to make it before the end of the year. Um, I was very active. When I went pro, I was getting my fights back to back, back to back. So I had five fights in a 12-month period. And then 
it kind of just came about the UFC called and it was talks about the contenders first and then they seen more of my fights and they said no we'll sign you straight away and then they were like what about the London cards and I was like yeah let's go I'm ready Wow when you got the call where were you what, what were the circumstances like when you got the call that the UFC wanted you for London how did it all go down it was a text message and do you know what like I didn't feel like it was real I was like what <laughs> and then and then I was kind of like oh and there was a bit of back and forth with the Invicta thing and um, but then that all got sorted so there was a, like a thing where I was like I'm signed then I didn't know whether it was going to be possible and then it all worked out so there was a two-week period where it was kind of like him and Han, but I was still training and as if I was fighting this weekend I didn't stop I was in camp and I was cutting the weight and I was doing everything I needed to do and then um when I finally got Wow. Um, announced I was kind of just like, do you know what? Like, this is what I've worked my whole life towards. I'm training since I'm three years old. I've been kicking and punching since I came out of the womb nearly. And I've dedicated my whole life to martial arts. And now the rewards are about to come. Wow. So training since you were three, how, how were you introduced at such a young age? So my dad opened a kickboxing gym when I was born, the year I was born. So he had that going like three years. So I was even practicing at home before then. As soon as I was walking, I was kicking and punching. And then I started in the gym when I was three and was competing fairly soon after. And then things just took off from there. Like kickboxing was my world growing up. And now I was going to world championships, European championships, um, international tournaments all the time. I was constantly traveling and competing. So that was like literally my whole life. And then transitioning into MMA um. I was like, how did I not find this sooner? Because I just feel like I can truly express myself as a martial artist in MMA. There's so much to it. There's so much about it. It's so exciting. You can constantly learn. I don't think you'll ever know everything about MMA. It's just constantly developing and growing. And there's so much to it, all the different aspects of martial arts. And I just love every bit of it. By the way, when, when you're growing up and you're competing in these competitions in kickboxing, what are your friends saying? Like, do they think it's weird that you're doing this? Are they supportive of you? Are you not telling them? How's that going down? No, they were all super supportive. I think it was just normal to them because it was what I always done. They never knew me not as a fighter. So it was just what they knew. And all my friends and family are so supportive. Like they really are. There is a few that are like, oh, I can't look at that book. They still support me. So, <laughs> uh, how old are you when the Irish MMA explosion happens in the UFC? I talked about 2014, Patty, you know, Dublin, all that stuff. Connor, uh, the year before, like at that at that stage, how old are you? And are you aware of all this going down? Yeah, so like I was aware of. I would have been. Me and Max now aren't great, so I'm 29 now. So that was about 10 years ago. So I was like okay. 19, I suppose. Um, so Paddy was from Tallet. That's the same area that I live in. So we both lived in Tallet. So I knew of Paddy and then obviously the Connor thing exploded. And like I was always watching in the background, but I wasn't really invested in it because I was just so tunnel vision on kickboxing. So I didn't really care about anything else in the world. I was like, my Waka World title is the most important thing to me. And that's what I was working towards. And then there'd always be goals in kickboxing. And I was just super focused on that. I didn't really care what other people were doing. <laughs> Um, but then how I got into MMA was I actually started doing Olympic style taekwondo because um, I want my thing was to go to the Olympics and kickbox and wasn't getting in at any time 
where I was going to be active. So I switched to Taekwondo for like a year and a half. And it was in the same period where Paddy was transitioning from one gym to another and they had nowhere to train. So they were training in my dad's kickboxing gym in the Taekwondo place where I was training. So it would be like the end of our class and they'd be coming in and starting and warming up and doing jiu-jitsu. And I was like, going on there like it looked mad to me because it was like all gi jiu-jitsu as well it was none of it it was no game I was like what are they doing but I was interested and then then the year and a half in taekwondo like I really tried to make it work but it just wasn't for me I missed punching it was very very traditional there was lots of rules I just didn't suit my style so then I was like you know what I'm gonna give jiu-jitsu a go and I got onto paddy and I was like can I come over and do some jiu-jitsu they had had their full-time gym then and he was like, yeah, pop over. I done one jiu-jitsu class. Then it was my second night doing jiu-jitsu. And uh, Paddy was actually away that day. And there was a different coach there, Kiefer Cosby. And he was like, Shauna, jump in and do this class. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was like, I'm not really here for this. I wanted to just do jiu-jitsu and maybe not compete and just be the complete opposite for once. And he was like, jump into the class. And I just fell in love. Paddy came back the next night and I was like, I'm all in. I want to go to the UFC. Let's go. How do we get started? What's next? Can I have a fight? And he was like, you need to relax. Wow. And, and <laughs> But it was just go, go from there. How, how, uh, how long ago was that? What year was that? That was five years ago. April, five years ago, I joined Paddy's gym. Okay. So April, five years ago, that's 2018. Um, what's happening between 2018 and 2022? What, why does it take you so long to make your pro debut? So I waited probably about nine months before my amateur debut because I came from like a point fighting kickboxing background. So I was like blitzing everyone, kicking multiple times, like with my leg in the air and I was getting flipped and on my back. So I had to learn jiu-jitsu and wrestling. Um, so I took about like, I think it was eight or nine months before my debut and then I was pretty active. I was going to the IMAFs. So I was trying to compete as much as possible. It was kind of hard in Ireland. There was not as many girls. So I had to go over to England a bit and go to the IMAFs. And then I got pregnant. So I fell pregnant. Um, that put a bit of a delay on my professional career. Um, but it happened during COVID as well. So it was kind of the best time possible because the whole world was really stopped at that stage. Um, I was almost ready to go pro. I was planning on having one more fight and then I was gone pro. And I fell pregnant on Jace. So that was what the, the holdup was. Um, and then COVID. So when I was back, I was scheduled to fight like three months after Jace was born. And we went into another lockdown. The show was cancelled, which was probably best off because three months was ridiculously fast. When I look back now, after giving birth. Um, and then I think I was six months. Jace was six months and I had my um, first fight back and I'd done five more amateurs just to get back into the swing of things. And I went to an IMAX, won the IMAX because I had came seconds before Jace in the IMAX. So I wanted to go back, win that, done that, done another few shows and um, then went pro. So it's interesting to hear you say like, oh, that was probably the best thing and it was probably the best time to get pregnant. Because I've heard interviews with you where you have said like you felt like your whole world was coming, crashing down, like COVID was stopping things. You're going to be a mom now. Who knows how you're going to come back from that? Uh, it, it didn't seem as positive in the past when I've heard you talk about all this. These are positive things, but uh, it seems like now in retrospect, you're okay with how everything turned out, obviously. But at the time, did you think potentially that your athletic career was coming to a close? Yeah, 100%. Like when I seen that positive pregnancy test, I cried for two hours straight, like literally hysterical. I thought like 
like martial arts is all I've known my whole life. And for something like your average day, your daily thing, your goals, that's all taken away from you. That's all put on hold. And it was like, I literally didn't know who I was. It was like an identity crisis, I suppose. I was just like, what am I going to do? How am I going to have a child and be as successful as I want to be? How am I going to be at that level when I have to look after someone, someone's dependent on me? And I couldn't see any positivity. Like, I don't think I accepted I was pregnant until I was about 20 weeks pregnant. Like, I just was in denial about the situation. I was like, what the fuck? And then the more I got my head around it, I accepted it. And I even like my whole pregnancy was quite negative. I'm not going to lie. It was a negative time. I, I couldn't wait to give birth. And then as soon as Jace was put into my arms, like the love I have for that kid is like next to none. He my life only began when he came, you know, um, I've so much love for him. And now the draw, like I thought I was driven before the drive inside me now and the passion and the dedication and just everything is just multiplied and um, because it's all for him I'm doing all this to change his life I have the opportunity this week weekend to go out and show the world who I am and change my life for the better for me my family and most importantly for my son because he is my everything and he is my reason why wow uh, that is beautiful. I, I do understand you are you are a single mother, right? And so how how difficult is that to be, you know, you, it's tough enough to be a fighter. Come home, you don't have a lot of energy. Most fighters want to just sit on the couch and, and reco- you know, recover, recuperate. You, you have to take care of a boy who I think is around two years old, right? So, I mean, th- th- yeah. they are a, a ball of energy at that age. How do you balance the two? <laughs> Do you know what? I don't like the first year Jace was born. I think I was definitely an autopilot because he was dreadful at sleep. And I was training on like two hours of broken sleep after being up breastfeeding the whole night. And like the first year was just mad. And um, now he's obviously a little bit older, but he has way more energy and he wants way more attention and he wants to interact constantly. So it is really tiring. But when I look at his smile on his face, there's nothing that can like, it's just me coming home from training. Even if I've had a bad session or I'm tired or I'm drained and I come home and look at him, it can be nothing but happy because he's just the best kid ever. Wow. Um, does he understand what his mom does or not quite yet? Probably not, right? Yeah, no, he does. He, he does. does. He's like, dush, dush, yeah. He's like, kick, kick, dush, dush, mama. And then he's in like his thing lately is choking me. So he jumps on me back and strangles me. And he's loving that. that is <laughs> he's a... like, I want to go train him with you. Can I come train him with you? And I was like, no, because we'll get nothing done. Because I have brought him to the gym a couple of times. And it's just like he wants all the attention. So it's uh, it's uh, if we're going to the gym, it's not when a session needs to be done. But yeah, he loves that. And I really think that um, he's going to be into it as well. Uh, will he's, you be uh, okay with he's that? very interested. Do you, would you be okay with him training? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, like, do you know what? When I was growing up, I used to look at some of the parents and kickboxing and I'd be like, you are crazy. Like, like they'd be totally too invested and in, like OTT. And I'm like, I was only because I was over in Poland with my sister fighting in the European Olympic Games two weeks ago. Some of the parents were there that I would have thought were crazy. And I had to say to them, I was like, I understand now. That's going to be me. Like, okay. I'm going to be that crazy mom at the sideline. Like, ah! <laughs> I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I understand. That's going to be me. <laughs> uh, the, the, the event is going to air, I think, on free TV on Virgin Media in uh, Ireland. Will you be okay with him watching you live or will you only show him after the fact? He's actually coming over to London oh. on Thursday. Wow. So he's coming over with my mom. I have some family here. 
So he'll be at the face-offs and um, but he won't be at the fight because he was at one of my fights before it was my last amateur fight and it was just a bit much for him. He's yeah. still a, a little bit too young, do you know? Um, so he'll be at the face-offs and I'll get to see him before the fight because um, I was on FaceTime to him yesterday and he's like, Mama, will you come home? I miss you. Can you come home now? And so like, I can't wait to give him a squeeze on Friday before the fight. Um, but he won't be at the actual show, but at least I'll get to see him after and have some pizza and cuddles with him. Uh, I have uh, so much love and admiration for Patty Houlihan, one of my favorite people that I've ever met. Um, the, the type of guy, like when I was in Ireland just a couple of months ago for the Katie Taylor fight, uh, out of the blue, he sends me a long voice note saying, if I need anything in Ireland, he'll come and pick me up. He'll take me anywhere. Uh, just like salt of the earth type of guy. Uh, and so I, I love that he's a part of your story and your life and that he's your head coach. And so can I just ask you what makes him so special as head coach, because I do believe you're his first fighter to make it to the UFC from the Houlihan Martial Arts Gym. So w- what has been so good about having him by your side as you progress in your MMA career? You know, Paddy is like, he's one of a kind. He really is like, he genuinely cares. That's like the most special thing because I really believe you need to have trust in your coach. And you see these people kind of going from gym to gym to gym. And I'm like, how do you do that? How do you trust what someone's saying to you when you don't have that connection and bond? Like, I know Paddy longer than five years, but I know him closely five years. And he has never pointed me in the wrong direction. When he gives me advice, it's genuinely for what's best for me and Jace. He wants me to do well for me. He's, it's nothing is about him. It's all for me. And he genuinely cares. And like the guidance that he gives me, not just inside the cage, but outside the cage as well for life. He's a coach and he's a friend. And I'm super grateful to have him and his partner, Chelsea, the two of them. They'd, they'd literally do anything for me. And without them, I wouldn't be where I am today. Like even throughout my whole pregnancy, when I was going through all that negativity and just being like my mind couldn't switch to same positivity. They were there for me throughout the whole of that. Um, and that's something that I'll always be grateful for. And even now, like I rack Paddy's head, like I rack his head. Like if I don't have a fight booked, if I don't have, I'm like Paddy, 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 Paddy. And he's like, will you just relax? It's all going to work out. And I'm like, Argh! I'm on his case the whole time. And he never once tells me to like leave him alone or whatever. He's like, okay, I'm on it. Let's do this. Let's do this. And I think that's how we've progressed so fast. Like, because the two of us as a team, we just work really well together. And um, to be his first student, um, in the UFC is is amazing and like he's walked I kept saying like before I was here I was like he's walked the walks that I want to walk and he knows what it feels like and the mistakes he's made he's like able to tell me well I done this and I would have done this and you know he's literally walked the pave so it's just like following in his footsteps any errors he made we can correct them so it's um it's super cool yeah and it must be cool to go through all these first this week, but have him by your side because he's experienced this all. He knows it's all familiar to him. So hopefully it's not as daunting for you. Um, must also be cool to get, you know, the vote of confidence from Conor McGregor, right? Um, I saw his tweet about you and that they'll be showing your fight at the uh, the Black Forge Inn, which he's so proud of. And I know there's like some drama with the gyms and whatnot, but for him to have that support with you or for you, I should say, how did that make you feel when you saw that? Oh no, I was I was over the moon really. Like when I got the call to say that you was sponsor me and like the sport, even like 
before I was in the UFC, he used to congratulate me and text me, well done. And like, it's just, I really hope he can come back and fight as well. And we can have a whole new Irish wave because I do really believe that the takeover part two is going to happen. There's four Irish fighters on the roster now and there's so many more to come as well. Like Ireland has like unbelievable athletes and we've seen it happen before. And I think it's, I think it's about to happen again. And I'm, I'm so excited to be part of it. Yeah. Uh, Conor McGregor, Ian Gary, you, Reese McKee back. Uh, I know there's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of uh, excitement about Paul Hughes and uh, and others. Yeah. So that would be very cool. By the way, um, I, I'm assuming yes, but maybe not. Uh, have you talked to Ashling Daly at all throughout your career about getting to the UFC, about being the second? Oh. Yeah. Do you have a relationship with her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We've tried to get her a good bit as well. So nice. like Ash has my back 100%. She's legit. Like she, she done this all when nobody was doing it, when there was no girls doing it, when she had no female training partners, it was just, she was, she's literally the OG of Irish female MMA. Like nobody's done it like that. And it's just like, I don't think she gets enough credit for what she done, especially in the time that it was, you know, like obviously now it's female MMA has grown so much in the past 10 years, but back then nobody was doing it and she made it happen. Well, what's the most amount of people that you've ever competed in front of? Um, no, I'm trying to think, um, probably, probably my pro debut, I think. And how many? We had an event in Tallaght. It was in my hometown. God, I don't know. Anywhere near so, 20,000? No, no, no. <laughs> so the like, point is, this no, is going to be the most not. amount of people you've ever competed in front of by far. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? That doesn't faze me. I'm like, it is what it is. Do you know what I mean? Whether it's in a local sports hall or whether it's in the O2 or the Tree Arena or wherever it may be, I'm going to go out there and do my job. Like I've I've competed at all different levels my whole life and I know how to deal with the nerves. I've competed hundreds of times, like hundreds of times. So I know how to manage my nerves and I know that I've put in the preparation that needs to be done. So that gives me the confidence going into the cage because I've done everything and more that I needed to do. And you're on uh, the card with your good friend, Molly McCann, right? You guys train together as well? Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, I've been training with Molly now probably about a year and a half coming over to Liverpool and she comes over to us and we train back and forth. So it's really good to have like a high level training partner and sparring partner and we go in and we have a knock and every time. It's like, it's like an actual fight. We'd be like walking to the cage and I'm like, I feel like, like I have butterflies and she's like, I have butterflies. And it's like, it's like the actual fight feeling, do you know what I mean? And we go for it and it's great because you learn so much and afterwards, She's saying to me the good and the bad and I'm saying to her the good and the bad and we give each other feedback and it's all just, it's a positive vibe, you know? Uh, by the way, is your sister trying out for the Olympics? So my sister went to the European Olympic Games in Poland two weeks ago. She came third and then the Olympics kickboxing is like waiting on acceptance to the full okay. Olympics. So yeah, there's a bit of a process, but the, she came third in the European Olympic Games. All right, and last weekend you were at the uh, Kingpin event. What did you think of that scene? Uh, I, I I heard that you were there. You were sitting next to PT and Elaine. What did you think of it all? Yeah, it was <laughs> mad. <laughs> I don't even I don't know how to. I have no words. Me and PT were sitting there, and his girlfriend was there, and we were kind of just like, mm. and then like I I don't think they knew what was going to happen next. 
nobody knew what was going to happen next. It was just, I've no words. Even the next day I woke up and I was like, what was last night? Like, what was <laughs> it? Like, Kiefer's fight was brilliant. Kane's fight was brilliant. Um, there was a, one or no, it, it was just, it was mad. Like, there was one girl, and I swear it was like she was on the front stroke. Yeah. Well, come here, fair play to her. She's done it for every round, for every minute of every round. I was like, how is she not gassed? Because she's so, like, it was woo woo. <laughs> and I was just like, and nobody was the same weight. Not one right. fight was matched weights. Everybody was different weights. I was like, what is going on? This girl's here. And there was flashing of tits. There yeah. was everything. It was, it was, uh, yeah. A, a little something know. for everyone, but not your cup of tea. <laughs> no, I couldn't wait to live. Um, <laughs> it was like, I just, I was there for like, I wanted to see, I trained with Kiefer. So yeah. I was like, right, I want to see Kiefer fight. And I wanted to see Keen's fight as well. And then uh, the guy that runs Cage Legacy. Deco Kenny, he was fighting on it as well. So I wanted to see them three fights. And they were originally scheduled for like the prelim. So I was like, brilliant. Go in, watch them, bounce. And then they put them, push them back to the end of the card. So I had to wait for ages. Like 95% of the people there were Brazilian and they were chanting. And I felt like I was in Brazil. Wow. Well, uh, it will yeah, not be was, like that yeah, on, uh, on Saturday. Uh, you will get love. You are fighting a Brazilian. No. So you will. I, I would imagine you'll get love in London. What is your official prediction? How does it go down, your debut? I'm going to knock her out in the second round. Wow. Confident. Right off the yeah. top. Foot to the mush, and uh, I want a bonus off, Dana. All right. There it is. <laughs> uh, this has been so lovely. Great to meet you for the first time. I'm uh, so happy for you and Patty, and I wish you nothing but the best. Uh, I, I love all things Irish. I'm, I'm one of my favorite fighters is Katie Taylor, and so you know I have an affinity for uh, for fighters coming from Ireland. And it's great to see finally another Irish woman in the UFC. Finally, after all this time, shout out to the legend, the OG, as you say, Ashling Daly. And it's great to see this new era, this takeover part two, as you say, coming into the fold. So I wish you nothing but the best. Thank you for coming on in the midst of fight week and uh, good luck on Saturday. Can't wait to see it. Thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate you having me. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Same to you. There she is, Shauna Bannon. What a delight. What an absolute delight. And, uh, she is right. There is a bit of a takeover part two. You know, for a while, it seemed like Irish MMA was just sort of floundering. Not too different to a degree. Uh, not too different than, say, the, uh, the Canadian MMA rise, if you will. Like, the Canadian MMA rise was, was obviously a lot different because, you know, George was there at the top and, you know, then came Rory and there was the Patrick Cotes of the world and the, the, the Hominics and the Bocek. Obviously, it was longer and there were more. But then it kind of just fell off and everyone was like, all right, well, that does it for Canadian MMA. And uh, with Irish MMA, there was this explosion, right? Uh, July, we're, we're actually around the, the time of the anniversary. Um, July of 2014, Connor and Patty and Carl Pendred and uh, Neil Siri and uh, Norman Park from Northern Ireland and then the likes of, you know, uh, Gunnar Nelson out of SPG and Ashing Daly then the following year. And it just seemed like there was this explosion. And then there were the guys that were in Bellator as well. And then it just slowly but surely started to fizzle out. Uh, Connor obviously still around. And, and uh, we hope that he returns at some point. But then you start to see Ian Gary. And you start to almost see the guys 
who are the byproduct now. We're getting so old that we're starting to see the byproduct of the first explosion. You you see Ian Gary talking about being a fan back then. And, and you know, Shauna was 19 when it happened. And so you're starting to see that, which is crazy. Sort of like, I don't know if this example will mean anything to you guys, but it's almost like the 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 explosion of Canadian basketball as a result of Vince Carter coming onto the scene in the early 2000s. We have reached a point, or I should say I have reached a point where I'm starting to see the byproduct of the initial explosions, which is kind of cool to see, but also an indication that father time waits for no one and we're all getting very old. Uh, In any event, uh, what a great character. I enjoyed that conversation very much. Thanks to Patty for hooking it up and I can't wait to to see her debut on Saturday at the O2 Arena. Uh, Final guest of the day is one that uh, was in, in many respects one of the most talked about fighters coming off of last Saturday's event uh, at the Apex. Short notice fight, took it on just day's notice. Obviously, there was a lot of drama uh, regarding Jack Della Maddalena and who he would fight and would he fight and would he fight on the July 8th card and then he gets pushed to the July 15th card and would they find an opponent for him on the July 15th card? Well, in the end, Basil Hafez, uh, you know, sticks his hand up and says, I'll do this, I'll fight. I'll fight this guy that everyone's talking about on just day's notice. I'll get into the UFC. And he said before the fight, he wasn't just going to be the opponent. He was there to win. And by golly, he was freaking there to win. And according to some people, he did win. Uh, In the end, he lost via split decision. But man, oh man, it's been a while since we've seen a very, very, very short notice opponent have a performance like that and seemingly earn the respect of the entire MMA community even in a loss, his stock went way up after that performance, despite the fact that he lost. I know he wanted the win. I know there's no moral victories in MMA, but that was pretty much the closest thing. Uh, let us talk to Basil right now about his UFC debut. He's kind enough to join us. Hello, sir. How are you? Thanks for joining us. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I'm happy to be here. Appreciate you having me, Aaron. And And by the way, did I, did I pronounce your name correctly? Yeah, I Basil, <laughs> but people say Basil too. I mean, uh, okay, I'm Basil. Cool with you. But as long as it's not Basil, I get Basil. Basil, no. more often. You now you've got the double S there. It can't be Basil. I, that's what I. I said the same thing. I'm like, how many S's are in Basil? I said, and they go, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I do love your nickname as well, uh, the Habibi. Uh, my 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 father is from Egypt. My mom is from Lebanon. I believe your family as well. Oh no way! Yeah. Egypt and Syria. First generation, then born outside of yeah. The first country. generation. My father's from Alexandria. Uh, first generation born in, in America. <laughs> so uh, Egypt crazy. and Syria. Yes, Egypt and Syria. My father's from Cairo, but I have family in Alexandria as well, too. Actually, wow, that is amazing. Uh, so, uh, salam alaikum. Right now, uh, I am forty-one. All right, so you got 10 years on me. We're closer. We're still kind of close. Hell, fucking hell. You got to rub that shit in. As I'm talking about Father Time just two seconds ago. Jeez Louise. Uh, By the way, shout out. Sweet t-shirt. I love that. AI, slam. That's tremendous. Representing Philly. Yes. I remember that one. I was going to wear this one. I was going to wear this one, but you know. No, I Uh, think I'd represent it. No, I like like both of them. I like both of them. Um, Could I ask... How would you describe the last two weeks in your life? Like two weeks ago now, you're not even in the UFC. Now, you know, now here we are two weeks later. You, you, you got the fight, like you're wearing it well. You have the fight of a lifetime against a super tough prospect, like a rising star, if you will. Everyone's talking about you on Saturday. Have you had a chance to process everything that just happened to you? Yeah, 
Yeah, finally, I think this week and even the you know after the fight, maybe uh, I had to spend the night of the fight actually in the ER. So even then, still like not able to enjoy myself. But once I got back to the hotel room before I flew out, I was like able to. I didn't sleep that night. I just stayed up, just kind of like, damn, I really just accomplished my dreams. Other than winning, obviously, I wanted to win, and I'm still kind of burnt about that. But you know, other than that, I accomplished my dreams in one week, and like, it's crazy. It's crazy because one week ago I wasn't. You know, I was thinking about my dreams as, as an afterthought, and. Uh, you know, when am I going to get there? What is going to happen? And then getting a phone call, crying, you know, first time in my life, crying tears of joy, happiness at 31 years old, I actually know what that feels like now. Um, and then now it's just processing it. Yeah, man, it's, it's a dream come true. And I'm, I'm so happy to have earned my spot and showed my heart, my grit in the fight. But, you know, I definitely uh, am not happy with the result. I'm not even, honestly, I'm not even that satisfied with how I performed in the cage. I feel like I just showed my heart and my grit, but I really, um, you know, four days notice it's hard to really come out with a good game plan and look clean with my takedown attempts and look clean with my striking. But, you know, I'm excited to, to even make another step higher than that in my next fight. Uh, so where were you when you got the call? Uh, man, Monday night I was in strength conditioning and my phone just blew up and I was at training, not looking at my phone, finished the session, went to check my phone. And it's like, you have three missed calls from manager, from Jason house, uh, from my manager. And then also from my other, uh, manager Jeremy from from Iridium too, and I was like, "Oh shit!" I called Jason back, and he's like, "Yeah, you're in." <laughs> wow. Right away. I was just like, "Oh shit! Wait, what? I'm in the UFC." He's like, "You're in the UFC," and I just like, you know, shell like shocked right there, just like taken back and happy and everything. That's it's too too many emotions in one in one sentence to describe. <laughs> and and how much are you weighing at that point? Cool, man. So I didn't check my weight. I honestly thought that it was like it was off i wasn't getting jdm i said yes from 290 like i was ready to fight him at 290 like i thought we would have been putting a great show on the pay-per-view and i would have done the same thing you know yeah. so i was that and i then they picked josiah harrell whatever happened with his, his medicals and everything was a shame obviously but he still gets another opportunity which is good i think and uh so that happened and then i didn't really hear anything still and i was like all right maybe it's not gonna happen you know i'm, I'm next up i know i'm right there but maybe it's not gonna happen this time so I was kind of just, you know, treating it like normal, go back to training, try and watch my weight. And then when I got the call, I was already started, I started water loading right away. And then I didn't check my weight. till I was like 199, I think that night. Wow. 199. And, and when you fly out to Vegas, Tuesday, the next day? I flew out Tuesday at night. Yeah. Tuesday afternoon. Damn. So like less than 24 hours later. Yeah. Right away. Packed my bag, got my, one of my good friends to watch my dog, like just got everything set up and then was ready to go. I don't have much going on in my life. My dog, my training, that's it. That's all <laughs> you, know, you So I was kind of ready to go, I'd say, it, at, at this point. <laughs> was a part of you like, okay, this is great, but man, I wish I wish my, my UFC debut wasn't coming on five days notice. Like, were, were you lamenting that fact? How, were you, how was your confidence going into all this? Yeah, I mean, you never want to, you're not going to perform your best, right, on five days. Four, I was like four and a half days at that point, technically, at night one day. So, yeah, I mean, it wasn't – it's not the greatest opportunity, but it's an opportunity still to accomplish my dreams. And, like, regardless, like, okay, it's not it's not going to be the way I want it right this time, and it's not going to be how I want it, but I'm not going to say no. I'm still going to say – like, I'm still going to go in there like this is exactly what I wanted, and I'm going to go in there with that kind of grateful mentality and ready to be ready to put on a war. And so to me, like – yeah, I would love more time. Like, I, I'm not the kind of guy that's good at making weight in four days. Some guys can do that. You know, I got a lot of muscle on me, and so I got a plan for that. <laughs> and, you know, weight cut affects the fight. Fight camp affects the fight. You know, people saying he had a double weight cut. 
and all that. I mean, it, that, that affects you. But if you're healthy, it's not really that much of a problem. And in reality, you had a full fight camp for a guy similar style that Sean, Sean Brady. And so me, I didn't have a fight camp. I wasn't in fight camp. I was in keep myself as ready as I can be, you know, in case the call happens. It could happen right now. It could happen two months from now. And who knows when it was going to happen. So that's how I was preparing. And, you know, I made weight. I showed that I, I show I have heart and I have grit. But, yeah, I would definitely like more time than four days. By the way, how was the weight cut for you? Horrible. Horrible? One of the worst weight cuts. Yeah, one of the worst weight cuts in my career, for sure. How 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 bad did it get? I mean, (laughs) I don't want there's gonna be uh, diaries of weight cuts right here. (laughs) Man, I got I was pretty bad. I couldn't like really at one point help myself up. I had to have my team help me up uh, to get myself walking, um, contemplating pissing on myself, even, you know, like that point. Well, you're so we have to pee so bad you can't go walk to the bathroom. You're like, yeah, I'm just gonna go here. But then you, you think about it, you're like, that's kind of stupid. I'm not gonna piss myself at 31. But yeah, it was bad. It was bad. I got you know, pretty pretty down there. And like in reality, it would have been I would have been on weight first try if I was allowed to piss. But the thing is, I kind of came in a little late. Time was rushed. I didn't think about it because I was just so out of it when I came in. So I went and weighed, and then realized I was 171.5 around that and then i just went saw a doctor peed instantly and then i was on weight and then went and reweighed myself okay (laughs) and that that was one of the toughest if not the toughest of your career that was the toughest weight cut i actually so um i didn't say anything about it but you know i'll I'll talk about it here as uh, i ended up in the er actually the night of the fight thinking i was going to get like you know make sure i had a concussion or any like brain injuries which i was perfectly fine there but they said they found like air in my chest behind my heart um and around my lungs and my like esophagus like air where it's not supposed to be basically and um they had to keep me overnight like basically to make sure i wouldn't have a heart attack and die like overnight because if what? Gets, the pressure gets bad yeah if the pressure gets bad then it would be pushing into my arteries and then i could just have a stroke and a heart attack like that that's i was, I was trying to be on monday with you but i was like yeah. everything got delayed because i was no nah, man i get it right before <laughs> I get it. So what? But, so what did they find out? So I think it's from the, I think it's from the weight cut. I think it was from the weight cut. The doctor never really heard of it. He said it was from the fight. But I'm like, I mean, to be honest, like, look, Jack hits hard. He's he's a G, and people are gonna sit there and say, oh, this guy's debut talk came in and made him look bad. I'm a savage too, man, and I'm gonna show you guys that throughout my career. Let JDM fight Sean Brady, and you see what Sean Brady happened. What happens in that fight? To be honest, and you'll see how good of a fighter I am on four days' notice to go out there and do that. But. You know, I had the toughest weight cut of my life, put myself in the hospital with it, and, uh, you know, I'm good now. Good now. No concussion, nothing. But uh, they, I did a couple of procedures to make sure, like, I wouldn't have any issues and everything. But they said it was from – the doctor thought it was from the fight. I mean, his body shots didn't really hurt me. I'm not going to lie. Like, my body feels great. If I were to, like, everything else is fine, and they were like, yo, we're doing body conditioning and Muay Thai today, I'm like, golden. Let's go. Like, I, I feel perfectly fine other than, obviously, the weight cut after effects. Yeah. kind of still – Lightly lingering, but I, I mean, I'll be back to training next week, probably 100%. I would say, will, will you get this okay. checked out like the next time, but before the next time you fight, so you make sure that everything is okay with your lungs? Yeah, no, I gotta get it. I think they want me to get a chest x ray to make sure everything is good and CAT scan to make sure everything's good. Um, I mean, I was, I, I so I think it's from the wake up because I've experienced something similar before where I had a drastic weight cut like a long time ago and like. You know, first time you, as you're you, as you get older as a fighter, you know you start to figure out what weight cuts you can't do and what you can do, and you have bad weight cuts sometimes. And so I had bad weight cuts before, and like I felt similar. And he, I, from what I get the vibe I got, is the doctor's telling me, you know, this surgeon's telling me that everything is that I'm feeling, like you know, swelling in my esophagus, the throat nasaliness, the chest pain, like lung pain, is all from 
this air in there or whatever. And so I felt that from the wake up, not even like before the fight. I went into the fight with those feelings. And so to me, like, I think it's from the wake up. It's honestly still unexplained a little bit. So we should probably, you know, I got to talk to another doctor and get a second opinion, figure it out. By the way, how did they... Going forward, (laughs) I won't have that bad wake up, I think. How did they (laughs) find this out? So they did like CAT scans and x-rays in my chest. And well, so actually in my head, because they were trying to make sure I didn't have any like, you know, I was like, oh, my face was pretty swollen afterwards because you lumped me up pretty good. And they were like, we want to make sure you don't have no concussions, no brain bleed, nothing like that. And when they did the chest, neck, uh, the neck x-ray, I guess they caught the air from my, I had it in my esophagus too. So they're like, all right, well, your x-ray's fine. You don't seem to have a concussion. Do you, you think you have a concussion? I'm like, no, nah, I feel fine. They're like, all right, well, we think there's another issue. And then they're like, we want to x-ray the rest of your chest to see if this is what we think is right. And they did. And they were like, yeah, our findings are correct. You have air. It's like, oh, this, I don't know how. I guess air throughout my body and around my heart and around my lungs that's not supposed to be there, like on the outside of it. <laughs> okay, wow. Um, yeah. Do you think you won the fight? You don't won the fight. Um, I could have done better. It's, that wasn't my best performance. But if we're talking about the rule set of MMA, honestly, whatever judge shows up that day, that's really what it is. So if different judges showed up that day, if it was another week, it could have been easily unanimous or split my way. And so... I'm not going to sit here and say, like, I thought I won, like, like, I think it's the best performance. I think that was the best performance I put out for what what I was going through at the time and what I went through that week to be able to get there and make sure I showed up professional and did everything I needed to do. But I still thought I won. I still think I won. It's, I mean, if you look at the rule set of MMA, I won. Control time, um, even though he pulled guillotine, that's not my problem. I mean, he made a mistake of doing yeah. that. And it played into my played into my game. But in reality, yeah, I think I won. I understand how it could be his way. I would still fight him again in a heartbeat. And I believe with a full camp, I'm going to beat him. And so that's my mindset going in. And that's my mindset that I leave with it. Uh, which rounds do you think you won decisively? I think the first round decisively, the second round I won because of the control time. I understand that damage, the whole thing with damage, you know? Yeah. But I was kind of, it was. I think it was close to equal on the feet. I understand he landed. I landed too. Um, and I think it was just a closer on the feet than... than that it wasn't just like a, a mauling, like it was the third round, because mainly I was just exhausted just letting him hit me, to be honest. And then I was like, honestly, he was hitting me, and I'm like, I felt harder. I'm like, okay. <laughs> in my head in the fight, I'm like, I felt harder. Okay, whatever. And then hit me one good hook where I was like, oh, I got to fucking smarten up because this ref's going to step in or something. I don't want to do that. So, But second round, I thought I won. Control time, um, even though I didn't, I was tra- attacking for submission, Passing the side control, that's still that's still that's still control and that's still offensive. I understand the damage wasn't there. I should have done more damage. I was hitting his elbow, elbows to his body. Uh, that's not much. I get it. But control time, closeness on the feet, first and second, I think I won. Third round, I don't think it was a 10-8 because I put him on his back for a little bit. A 10-8 is a complete massacre. 10-8 is, I don't think it was a massacre. I think I was just tired, hands down, getting taking his hits. And then at one point, I ended up on top of him. And then at the end of the fight, we were like in a 50-50 almost, but he then he finished on top. Right. I don't think that's 10-8. That's 10-9, in my opinion. In, in in the early portion of the fight, first round, whatever, are you like, oh, damn. Like, do, do you notice yourself thinking, I could beat this guy. I'm not just – and I know you said before the fight, like, you're not here to be a stepping stone and all that stuff. But did you feel like your confidence was growing as the fight went on and, and you're like, man, I could really beat this guy and shock everyone? Yeah, I agree, man, 100%. I think, obviously, I think I got more confident as I got tired, which, huh. <laughs> so, but, you know, yeah, I think that's that's really true because in the third round, I mean, I felt really comfortable, but I felt super exhausted, and it was just like, I have to survive here, basically. 
I know I don't believe he's going to finish me. I don't think he has the power to finish me. It's what's going through my head. So I just have to make sure I do what I can to survive this round because the ref could step in off of just me letting him hit me thinking I'm fine. Like I'm like taking his punches thinking they're fine, but it just looks bad, you know? So, but yeah, I mean, the confidence got better. Second round, I felt my best, but I was tired the second round, man. I can lie, I blew my load in the first. I was exhausted in the second, and the third was me holding on for dear life to make sure I can finish the fight. Uh, I was really exhausted there. That was yeah. probably the most tired I've been in a, in a while in a fight. Um, and probably since my original title fight back in CFC with cuts. You know, I've been, I haven't been that exhausted in a while. So, you know, I, I think I did pretty good for being complete exhaustion. <laughs> to that point, I saw a video of uh like after you walked out of the cage you didn't walk to the back right away like you walked out of the cage and then you just sat down on a chair you looked that tired like it was almost like you couldn't even do you know what i'm talking about do you even remember this like you walked down you just sat down that's how tired you looked yeah i know they wanted me to walk i was exhausted and i was like i don't know part of me i have this problem where like if i lose i don't want to leave the cage yet like it's not over Uh. (laughs) like so like i don't know like I didn't want to leave. I left the I, like even when they were like you know trying to guide me out. I wanted to like walk over and shake his team's hand because I feel like I didn't even do that. I just ignored. Right. It was like mad about decision the decision result. And then when I got out of the cage, I was kind of mad. Like, damn, is this really it's over? Just like get away, get out of here. You lost. And like, no, no. And I'm like not accepting it. But then I sat down. I was part exhaustion, part that. And then I was like, oh wait, I'm not supposed to be here. They got to shuffle me off to the back as the next fight. So I'm like, all right, let me get up and get my shit together. Yeah, but it was cool. I mean, on the back saying saying hi to him, and and you know we 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 talked and gave me props. The team gave me props. They said the same thing that you kind of seemed like you echoed in the cage that they thought I, I won basically, but they also understand why they won. Same thing. I understand why he won. I thought I won, but regardless, it's 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 water under the bridge. It doesn't mean anything at this point. I can talk about how I thought I won uh, from now till next year. It's not going to change the future. So regardless, that's how I feel about the past, and I'm excited for the future, man. I'm excited to get a real opportunity, like a fight camp a proper weight cut. You know, I'd love to go jump in the top of the team, which I don't think it's going to happen. They're going to try and have to fight out my contract and everything. I get the system, but you know, I'm excited for the future for sure. I think that's just the sampling of what you guys got. You you will get another fight in the UFC, right? I have a, I think I have a four fight deal. Okay, cool. Um, and it, it's got to feel good. You, uh, I don't even know if you're a Twitter guy. I was looking if, if you were on Twitter, I couldn't find your page to be honest. So I don't know if you're a Twitter guy. You're not. All right. Well, a lot of fighters went on Twitter after the fight and were giving you props like vets, you know, champs and whatnot. I don't know if you saw any of that, but you were getting a lot of love. I did. I saw, I saw a good bit of it. Uh, friends sent me like all my people's were like, Oh, yo, check this out. And I'm like, Oh, it's dope. Like, I mean, I train with Usman. I train with Gaethje. I really appreciate them saying stuff, even though we already train with each other, you know, it's still yeah. cool that they, you know, mentioned that. And then I saw everything else. Everyone said kind of for the most part, even the kind of not so great things. I saw Aljamain said, and I met Aljamain. I know from before from CFFC. We've, we've uh, hung out after fights before. Um, yeah. I mean, it was cool. It was definitely cool. Like it was, it was dope to see like the sediment that I believed and my team believed like echoed throughout the MMA community. But like I said, you know, it's, it doesn't change nothing. Like it's yeah. just, it's still a loss on my record. It still burns. I still look at it. And I, I feel the same way that I feel um, about losing even on the regional scene. Obviously the bonus helps makes a huge difference in any situation you know but i definitely would rather have a win if honestly i'm not gonna lie if you were like yo you get a win but no bonus yeah or you get the loss and a bonus i take the win and no bonus okay i get that because to me that's you know a moral victory means more than money anytime and so to know that i beat 
number 13 or 14, I forget what he is, but number 13 or 14 ranked fighter in the world that I already looked at as a highly respected fighter and I already like looked at his style like, damn, I like that dude. I like watching him fight. To go in there and test myself against him and to show that I have what it takes and almost beat him and to know in my head, I truly, like, I'm convinced in my head, I don't care. You could talk to me from now to tomorrow. I'm going to say, if I had a full camp, I'm beating this guy, like, 10 out of 10 times. That's how I believe. I truly believe that now. Mm. And so, that's just my mindset now. And, uh, you know, dare I say, you're you're a very easy guy to root for. Um, your story is heartbreaking, and I'm, I'm very, like, when I read about it, it's, it's, uh, it's hard to process. I, I know you lost both parents due to cancer. First your mom, right? And then your dad at a young age. And I understand in between the two, like you weren't exactly the best kid. You used to get into trouble and whatnot. Um, how, first of all, how bad of a kid were you? Like how, how much trouble did you get into? Uh, I wouldn't do drugs. I wasn't like big into drugs, but I would be like, you know, we'd go steal shit from people's <laughs> cars or outside their houses, ding dong ditch, like mess with people's stuff, get in fights, vandalize, you know, like, pretty, I'd say not horrible, could be better, could be worse, okay. but also could be better. Arrest? But, uh, mainly, I get arrested, yeah, I, I mean, I got arrested a few times as a juvenile, I was on juvenile probation at one point, um, and then adult probation when I, I got in trouble. Yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. I think as I got older, it became, like, more about, like, just anger and, like, fist fights, and so, I, I was, like, two, I was 265 pounds, like, at wow. one point, I used to be too I used to be fat, fat boy. <laughs> I always say there's no offense to DC because I got, I got love and respect for him. But when I'm done fighting, I'm gonna look like DC. <laughs> uh, were you <laughs> ups- just round <laughs> Were you upset <laughs> because out. of your parents? So the thing is, like, yeah. I, so my mom had, so my mom had breast cancer and my father had lung cancer. They had it twice throughout, and most of my like coherent childhood, like that I remember, was like them fighting cancer. My mom had it. Most of my childhood, she had beaten it. She had a mastectomy and then a double mastectomy. And then um, officially was in remission for about almost two years. Then almost two years later, then she had tested again and then they found it came back. When it came back, it was like, it came back like bad. It was, it was again, breast cancer, even though she had double mastectomy, traveled to bone cancer, then bone marrow cancer, uh, liver cancer, brain cancer. She had it throughout like her whole body, like completely, like basically level, uh, was a stage four for four years before she had passed wow. and uh yeah i mean that definitely has, was a huge part of it i was also a troubled kid like not really you get it too i think you'll understand this immigrant kid, immigrant uh parents growing up in a different country that's different than how they grew up and it's like i was a troubled kid i wasn't like a good kid like i was a good kid good-hearted but i mean i add adhd and i always find a reason to do something that i wasn't supposed to be doing and they were very hard-headed too so like you know i was always acting up always being bad i had a troubled relationship my mom, like most of my life growing up. And so like, I think the fights happened because I was just angry, you know, like I got kicked out of school for this and that. I wasn't able to play like, do wrestling and play football like I wanted to and do all the sports to be able to try and get a scholarship. My parents couldn't really, they couldn't afford to send me to college. So it was like a financial aid thing I would sign up for. And it was just like a weird dynamic. And I would always, I was always kind of like bitter at myself for messing up my own path. And then they were mad at me too because of how I was acting. And so I'll get in street fights constantly. And then, she passed away August 2nd of that summer, uh, 2010. Or sorry, July 2nd of 2010. August 2nd around that week was when I, like a month later, basically, I got in that fight. Last fight I got into, last street fight I got into my whole life was you know, I got arrested for hurting a kid pretty bad. He had like a brain ble- brain bleed and a fractured orbital. And, you know, I was down like in Seattle City, New Jersey. We were like on the promenade area, it's like a boardwalk. 
So I got arrested from that, got in trouble. And that was when basically I had to like clean my life up, you know. You know, I ended up getting real trouble, like probation, almost jail time. They're trying to send me to jail for it. And uh avoided jail time, ended up with probation. And then my father at the time, when I'm trying to clean my life up, tells me that his lung cancer came back. And uh, you know, it was that was another boost of motivation to be like, you know, I have to make sure that I'm gonna be something for my parents. I'm not gonna be a failure, getting in trouble, getting arrested, working a dead end job, doing nothing. Like I gotta make sure that I that I achieve a high goal that I believe I can achieve, but I always wanted to be a pro athlete. And so I always was a fan of UFC MMA. I never really believed I could be a fighter. It was more like, oh, those guys are born like that. You know, so I'm talking like Spike TV days. Yeah. And so I kind of just made the decision. Like my cousins were blue belts at the time. They were training at uh, Balance Studios under Ricardo McLaurice and Phil McLaurice. And oh, just gonna mess my. Sorry. No problem. Knocked over my ring. There we go. So they were training at the time and I wanted to like, you know, get involved. They brought me in. I started training and I never really turned around. It's been, I dropped out of college. I was going to do community college. I'm just focused on fighting at 18 from when I got in trouble. My dad, before he passed, he got to see me fight at least one time. When I amateur fight, I came in, I finished the guy in like, I think a minute. <laughs> it was, it was awesome. It was wow. definitely like a cool, like, you know, he guy gave me approval in a way, like cried yeah. and saw I was good at something that I actually chose to do. And I wasn't going to be like, a failure, getting in trouble, and, and, and staying on that path. Uh, when, you Sorry, have, when you have moments like <laughs> this, when you have moments like last weekend, is, is it tough to not have them around? It's really tough, man. I mean, even the times like leading up to it, and I think everyone, they realize they have like their own times where they kind of like, things remind you of them. They're like, you know, even times when you're alone and it's like you have dark times, a lot of times you can have your parents. You can always call them. You can always reach out to them. You can always... Like speak to them and get an opinion, get get that love that you know you, that it's out there. And so, like, yeah, it sucks, man. A lot of times, I do wish I had that. Like, I have close family. I have aunts and uncles. Like, you know, Middle Eastern family. We have like my mom was one of eleven, and my dad was one of nine. And so, I have big extended family, and like they're like brothers and sisters. And like my aunts are like my second parents. And so, I can always talk to them. But you know, it's like it's it's definitely something I think about. I think uh, daily. I mean, honestly. I have, you know, I wear her, my mom's wristband. I have it tattooed on my body. I think about them every single time I wake up, every time I go to training, every time I do something, like my reasoning on why I do what I do and why I push so hard is because like, I know how hard they push. You know, my mom, my mom was do, doing radiation and chemotherapy at, at 8 a.m. or 7 a.m. in the morning. And then we grew up in the pizza business. So they were going to the pizza shop and she was working a 12-hour shift right after all that. You know, if she had to throw up, she'd go throw up, come back to work. It was just like, that's kind of the mentality I was raised around. Like mom and dad always, no matter what, feeling like crap, sick, dying, like going to show up and work a 12 hour shift at the pizza shop. And so like, I don't have room to, to, to slack off. I can't like, there's, I know that I'm not going to, I know what the true feeling of like not giving up until you can't do anymore really feels like, you know, especially like pushing in the cage. And it's like, it's pushing in life, man. I've been pushing for this for 13 years and I'm finally here. And it's like, you know, that was nothing. I'm still ready to push more. Still have more in me, and so, yeah, it, it definitely is something I think about every day. I think about them. I think about like being able to talk to them, being able to make them proud. I wish, obviously, I could still I could see what I've done now and like what I'm doing. But I know they'd be proud of me. I know like my family's proud of me. My brother's proud of me. I know like I still have a lot more to achieve, and they would be proud for sure. Oh man, uh, I would like to think that. When people pass, they are somewhere, and if they are somewhere, I'm sure they are proud. How could they not be proud? 
uh, of what you've done and everything you've done to get to this point. Uh, congratulations on a great debut. I know you wanted the win, but like I said, after a performance like that, everyone knows who you are. Everyone respects you. And now we all want to see you come back with a full training camp. And I look forward to that. Basil, uh, all the best to you. Congrats. Thanks for coming on and, and good luck as you begin this UFC journey. Oh yeah. I appreciate you having me, Ariel, man. This is a, a dream come true of being on here. I watch your show all the time. So I'm a huge fan and uh, a super dope man. Thank you for having Thank me you. on. Thank you. Salam alaikum, my brother. Uh, there he is, uh, Basil Hafez, the Habibi. Great, great story and uh, someone to look out for and someone that has uh, earned the respect, I think, like I said, of the MMA community. And that's what's fun. Sometimes with these short notice fights, you know, it's just, it's a lot to ask and you don't get, you know, memorable performances. But then sometimes you get stuff like that. And uh, what a story. What a, what a guy. What a story. Hard not to root for someone like that. So shout out to him. And I, I look forward to seeing uh, where he goes from here and, and, and how he progresses because uh, freaking hell, the heart, the grit that he showed in that fight was just unbelievable. Um, so there he is, the Habibi himself. And those are all our guests for today. Let's see if anyone texted me in the middle of that. No, just a couple of calls here. No one wanted to jump on. Everything good back there, guys? Couldn't be better. Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, what a day, huh, guys? I mean, uh, yeah. what, what a range of emotions. Oscar De La Hoya, holy smoke. Someone just comes in there and just wants to talk about it all. That was intense. Also, we only had like 30 minutes with Oscar, so I had to get to everything as as when we were when we walked out, he was like, I thought you were going to ask me about Dana White. And I was like, man, what what am I going to ask you about that we haven't talked about already about Dana White? This wasn't the time for that. But that was some kind of chat, right? I know you're a big Oscar guy. What did you think of that, Frank? That was great. I think you uh, asked the appropriate questions and got some appropriate answers. I thought it was interesting when uh, when I asked him if he was still sober. He was like, yeah, yeah, that was kind of interesting. Hope he's all right. Yeah. Um, uh, highly recommend seeing it. Will you watch it? No. Well, you know what? No? Yes. Wow. Yes, I'll After watch it that? in the background. What do you mean in the background? After yeah, the like, hearts? I like to paint and stuff. And After the hard sell that I just gave? I mean, it's a hard sell for background. Okay. What about? I don't you? want to mislead you. Like I'm, I hear it all, which is what matters. I just, I won't watch it all. GC, what about you? Oh yeah, I think I'll watch it start to uh, finish. Where did he go? Um, I'm right here. <laughs> New York Rick, what about you? Oh, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Wait, I was told he was there. Well, I wasn't. So now his uh, mic is up. Oh. <laughs> New York Rick, will you watch oh. it? I have no idea what was just asked. I had no audio. Oh, uh, I was asking if you are going to watch the Oscar De La Hoya documentary. Yeah, for sure I will. I mean, you you guys did a good sell on it. So yeah, I'm going to check it out. It was crazy, man. It's crazy stuff. Um, unbelievable. All right, let's uh, answer the rest of the questions here. Uh, number five, number six. Uh, Abay. Hello, Ariel. I'm finding it hard to believe. No. Oh, no, wait. Yes. Abay. Um, 
Hello, Ariel. I'm finding it hard to believe that Bellator have dropped the ball so badly to not realize that one of their biggest stars' contracts were expiring, especially when he took no damage last time out, so could have got straight back in. Is there more to this? Is there a potential that we won't see some of the other top earners given until the sale is, quote, fit accompli? Also, well, you know, they just re-signed um, Apache Mix and Sergio Pettis. So, you know, that may be his interpretation of it. Um, that they just kind of missed it. Their interpretation may be different, and you know, maybe he's getting a different story. Point is, uh, yeah, I mean, you would like to think that they knew and that he is worthy of a conversation. I do also think that he has kind of reached his his ceiling with them, and so maybe they just wanted to expire it and let it see it expire and let him go out there and get a contract. And if they want to match it, they can match it. Um. Also, you mentioned possible UFC matchups, but surprisingly didn't mention a potential domestic showdown between him and the champ Rocky Edwards. I mean, I think that we're a ways away from that, to be honest. Um, at least two, three, four fights. So that would be a natural, but there needs to be several fights before we get to that point. Other fantasy matchups would be Izzy at 185 or Kevin Holland. And if he's looking for a boxing opponent, T. Wood seems to always be looking. Much love your boy, Bay. Sure. But I think the 170 matchups that we mentioned, the Wonder Boys, the Pereiras, the, the Ian Garys, the Jeff Neals, those types would be the ones I would go for first. Um, Newman. Hello, Ariel. Hello. Newman. I feel like the stakes for the upcoming fight between Dustin Poirier and Justin Gaethje cannot be higher. Both men are 34-year-old former interim lightweight champions who are 0-2 when fighting for the undisputed title. The winner figures to get one last shot at UFC gold, especially if the scenario that we talked about earlier plays out the way in which it could with this guy not being available and this guy not being available and this guy not being available. While for the loser, it's all but guaranteed that their title hopes are over. Mm, yes, although we, I feel like I've said that about Dustin Poirier like three times that his title hopes are over. We used to do this about Michael Bisping. New York Rick loves to mention this, and then he eventually won. So, you know. Do you think this will end up being a retirement match a la Randy Savage versus Ultimate Warrior at WrestleMania 7? Both of them didn't actually retire after that match. Where the loser of the fight retires from MMA? No, I don't think the loser of the fight is retiring from MMA. They're still in the top five, still very popular, still performing at a high level, main eventing pay-per-views. They're creating fake belts for them. Why would they? Amy, Ariel, are promoters spending enough time building up Spence versus Crawford? It seems like these key boxing matchups are given less attention than the Jake Paul-esque fights we now see so often. Sad to think that these two bests might not get enough of their flowers, but we're so intrigued by people boxing who aren't the absolute best at boxing. It's an interesting point, Amy, but I would argue that Jake Paul and Nate Diaz are getting attention because of Jake Paul and Nate Diaz. Jake Paul and Nate Diaz are promoting themselves. No one's talking on their behalf. And so if you feel like Jake Paul and Nate Diaz is getting more attention, it's because of Jake Paul and Nate Diaz. And so it's not necessarily the fault of the promoters. It, it, it would then be the fault of Spence and Crawford, who aren't exactly you know the most colorful, talkative human beings. The, the, the appeal here and the sell to me is the fight. It, it's not the buildup. It's not even the trash talk, which they did actually a pretty good job of that in the, uh, the two-leg press conference uh, that we saw LA and New York a few weeks back. There was some fun back and forth there, uh, but they've never been known as those types of fighters. Like Garcia and Davis are way uh, more known for that. Tyson Fury, way more known for that. Even like the Usyk's of the world, way more known for that 
type of theatrics. Spence and Crawford, who, who can I compare them to? Like, in, in a way, Spence and Crawford are, are kind of cut from the same cloth as Alex Volkanovsky or GSP, where they're just like really, really... Leon Edwards would be another example. Um, those types of guys. I mean, even to a degree, a Max Holloway, where they're just not going to talk shit, Dustin Poirier to a degree as well. Like, you love them because of how good they are. Not because of all the sizzle. You love them because of the stake. And if you're just even a casual boxing fan, you will know, not to mention a hardcore one, that these are two of the best fighters, top five. Some might even have them one and two. Most people have one of them as number one. They're fighting each other at 147, welterweight, which is, you know, long been a glamour division, the same division where the Four Kings used to reside back in the 80s, Hagler, Hearns, Duran, Leonard. And now here you have these two undefeated guys fighting for the undisputed title. One man, Spence, has three belts. Crawford has the other. And they're going to be able to unify them. And they're fighting with, you know, different promoters by their side. Like a lot had to happen, clearly, for this fight to get done. And here we are. It's happening in two weeks. Uh, I can't wait. I absolutely can't wait. Um, and so I think you may be feeling that way, Amy, because, you know, Jake Paul and Nate Diaz do a great job of building hype and and, and buzz, especially Jake. Uh, that's not their forte. And I don't think anyone's expecting that out of them. I think come July 29th, people are going to be very hyped. And I can't wait to be there. I don't know. Am I allowed to say? Uh, maybe I shouldn't say uh, what I'm doing. But uh, I can't wait to be there. That's going to be exciting. Um, and then I can't wait to be watching, you know, 291 at the same time after. I don't know, I don't know how that's all going to go. How are we going to process all this? There's those two events going on at the same time. Plus, right after, there's Bellator in Japan, which is a great card that's getting no attention whatsoever. How, how are we going to process all of this? I don't know what to do. Parlay Pals that week is going to be fun, guys. Right? Parlay boys. Shit. Who's the favorite, by the way, in Spence Crawford? I think it's Crawford, but is it is it like big or? It opened around even, but the line is growing. It's like For Crawford? 60 now. Yeah, Crawford's becoming a bigger favorite. Let's see. Uh, the old DraftKings Sportsbook has him. Currently, as a minus one fifty five favorite. Wow, what do they have? Uh, I'm seeing Jake Paul minus three forty at this point. Minus three thirty, yeah. Wow, he is coming back plus two forty five. Jake Paul, what was he trying? Wow, so against Tommy Fury, he was a minus one sixty four. It seems like against Anderson Silva, he was a minus two sixty five. Against Rahman minus two forty five, minus two eighty six against Woodley two, two oh five, Woodley one. They don't have Askren here. Oh wait, they do. Minus one seventy five against Askren? What? Uh damn. The rock the Rachman line stands out amongst all those. That's that's an absurd that's an absurd line. Yo, he opened against Anansan Gibb, his first pro fight. He opened as a plus one hundred. He closed as a minus 300. So as of right now, he's a bigger favorite against Nathan Diaz than he was against Anton Gibb. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yes, but that's the first fight. I know, but you, know, like, you don't know anything about him. We had no idea what was going to happen. I know, 
But that's kind of, cr- I mean, it's still kind of crazy. It's Nate Diaz. Yeah. I mean, one of the, the worst sparring footage I've ever hasn't made helped me. Was, uh, was Silva minus one thirty, uh, and then he closed like plus three hundred or something. Yeah, you guys were like taking that to the bank. I, I was all in on Silva. Rick was taking. Nah, not bank. not as yeah, not as much. Connor, I was I was heavy on Silva. Yeah, when he was like, he doesn't know. You remember that what he said after the weigh-ins? Like he has no mm-hmm. idea. I was like, oh, it's over. It's over. It's done. The spiders coming over. back circa two thousand nine, and then he freaking. I mean, he, he fought well. It was well, a pretty close fight. No, it was a close fight. He got, he got knocked down he, in the eighth. Yeah. He did what Anderson Silva does, played around too much, and just, it, it was it was Paul's fight to lose. By the way, who I'm, do you like in the uh, Spence Crawford fight? Uh, I like Bud, but the the more that plus money is getting on Spence, the more I feel like that's the value. That's yeah. um, Spence gets to like, he's at plus 120 right now. Like, if he gets to like a plus like, 150 plus 160 like how can you not take them right this one of the things and i and i said this on uh no bets barred actually and i I live by this philosophy there's certain times where um evaluating the matchup is obviously very important uh no let me backtrack at all times evaluating the matchup is very important but there's certain times where if you are getting a, a fighter of a certain caliber a special type of fighter and in this case, I think Errol Spence is, is is that special. At a line that just seems unbelievable, sometimes you just take that and ride with it. And that was one of the things I said about John Jones and Cyril Ghosn. Like, yes, there's questions to be answered, but if you can get John Jones at, what was he, like less than two to one? Like close, closer to almost like even money? Yeah. You you just take it sometimes. Like you getting that type of value on a special fighter um, I was gonna say it's all about the value. Like maybe you don't think they're yeah. gonna win, but you think they have a pretty decent shot at doing it. And if you're getting two to one odds, then you have to take it. This feels like the values on Spence. The the more that line starts to climb and toward Bud, um, the value seems to be on Spence. Yeah, we'll but I say that next week. Say I say that's favoring Bud in the fight. I favor Bud. I ask you this question, Yerker, because I know you love boxing and you're a longtime fan. Which Fight? Are you more looking forward to Poirier, Gaethje, to oh, or Crawford Spence? Crawford Spence is like is generational, Man. right? But I know we reside in the MMA world, so I don't think there's a wrong answer here. I I can't pick. <laughs> what I I've, I've been beating the drum that uh, Poirier and and Gaethje was the fight I wanted to see most this year out of any possible fight. Um, and you can't in pick. MMA. That that fight that boxing fight is just as special. I I really cannot pick it. It I I don't. There's no answer because I I'm looking forward to both of those the most in their respective sports. God, I can't I can't wait and 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 I really hope they don't happen at the exact same time. That would suck. Yeah, I'm hoping the I'm boxing praying, fight happens man. later. Yeah, I'm praying later. UFC. I, I I'm hoping the boxing happens before. No, I, I guess big time a, boxing. That's not going off till big time boxing main event isn't starting at one. Boxing has been doing yeah. a better job these days of like main event being eleven, eleven thirty. It's, it's gonna not, crossover not with something. Any, not any ESPN plus broadcast I've ever seen. They go back to the desk for three hours of talk before nah, the main event. This is showtime, brother. This is showtime. She. Yeah. Well, yeah, but then it, it might not work out in our favor as fight fans. I, I hope. I man. Okay, if they're both happening at the same time. Two screens. There's no option. Yeah, There's no who's other option. Get, no. Who's getting the audio? Both. 
What? I'm gonna, I'm gonna s- listen to both. Party. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh fuck! What are you Props. gonna do, by the way? Are you gonna do a double watch party? I didn't even think of yeah, this. We're gonna have to have a second screen in there. Wow! Uh, Can you do this? This entire time. Can you do this? What Can you, you do two screens at the same time? Yeah, I huh? can. It'll just be like me and watching in my living room. Right. What are you going to comment on? Ha- no, I'm being Whatever. serious right now. From a, from a production standpoint, like, what are you going to do? Are you going to go back and forth? What if the boxing is happening during a lull in the UFC or vice versa? Are you going to start, like, you know, scoring boxing and stuff? No, not scoring it, but, like, watching it, yeah. Commenting on it. Yeah, I mean, it'll definitely be the sideshow to the UFC. Well, it's a U- it's a UFC watch party, but um, yeah. is this the first time that there's been a UFC pay per view and a major boxing at the same time since you guys have been doing this? Yeah, major major boxing. Like Tiafimo fought. Yeah, yeah, no, no, and major. Shakur has fought, but I wish like it was major that. major. Yeah. yeah, I wish it was this weekend, and it would line up perfectly. Perfect. Yeah, you'll see. London would be ending around like eight o'clock. Oh, so this would have been great. Then we shift the focus to Spence Crawford. What are you going to do? For, what are you going to do for Diaz um, and 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 Paul because it's happening same time as SummerSlam? Uh, yeah, that'll be a two TV setup as well, no doubt, no what, doubt. Uh, are we all getting up and watching Inoue on Tuesday morning? Oh, I can't wait! It's one of my favorite things to do. Tuesday morning Inoue in Japan. It's the I'm fucking looking forward to it. That's a big time fight yeah. too. Huge! By are the you way, me massive. What, what what is uh? I just saw this pop up here. Inoue's growing, man. Minus oh. three forty now. He's what? Minus three forty. Wow! Really? Minus three forty? Yeah. yeah, he opened like minus two twenty. He's, he's. I mean, he's pretty. Sp- he's another one. He's pretty special. He's, yeah, he's, he's pretty. Sick. He's pretty damn special. He's pretty oh, he's amazing. He's like their version of DJ. Small dude who just like freaking wrecks everyone. Wow, I'm seeing here. Joe Joyce is a plus one ten in the rematch. That's crazy. He was such. He was like. Wasn't he like I mean, a minus seven hundred or eight hundred in the first fight? Yeah, but he got. No, I know. But he, got, just, he got. He got minus one hundred five. I know. Minus one hundred five. Oh, you see yeah. minus one hundred five. I'm seeing plus one ten. Oh yeah, where are you saying that? Proboxingodds.com? No. Fuck. Yes, exactly. That's where I'm seeing it. Yeah, I know. That's, you got you to gotta scrap it. You got to lose it. Wow, Katie and Underdog, there's so many big fights. They fell off so hard. Uh, Archer better be of a couple weeks, though. Big, big one in Quebec City. Alexander Usyk, yeah. Minus 1,400. Crazy. Usyk's a bigger favorite against Dubois than Fury against Dengano. <laughs> I mean, that tells you... My, my read on that isn't necessarily on the... On the Usyk side, it's more on the the Tyson Fury side. Like probably still a lot of value that can be squeezed out of that one. Keyshawn Davis minus ten thousand. If you're interested, wow, (laughs) (laughs) that's the best. I love that shit. Add one cent of value to the parlay. Wow, Canelo minus four twenty five over Charlo. Some good shit. What a time. What a time to be. Boxing's dead, though. They have a lot of things they need to figure out. Um, Steve Wilson. Hey, Ariel. Would love your predictions for the upcoming Premier League season. How do you think Forrest will do? Forrest, our magic, on and off the pitch. Forrest, our magic, on and off the pitch. Can't wait. I watched um, I watched their, their preseason debut against Notts County. I didn't watch yesterday. I was following on Twitter. I was taping my other stuff, uh, their game yesterday. A little bit nervous about the Brendan Johnson situation. We have Aston Villa and Brentford coming after him. I mean, like, really? Talk about a lateral, if not 
like, uh, I mean, when I say lateral, is that the word I'm looking for? A horizontal move? I mean, Brentford, really? What is Brentford? Or even a little bit of a decline? Uh, he can't, and I know they could come with the, you know, $50 million price tag, whatever, whatever. Brendan's one of our own. He's one of our own. One, you know what I love about this offseason for Forrest, if I may? Um, sure, last season around this time or last year around this time, we weren't even paying attention to them. But uh, we've obviously done our research. We're all in. We've said this time and again. They were signing everyone left, right, and center. They've actually been extremely patient. They've been rumored, you know, William, Fulham, this, that, and the other. But they've actually not done anything. They're being patient. They're, they're, they're buying their time. We're talking to Man United right now about Dino Henderson, which would be a nice, uh, you know, a nice positive to have him back in the mix full time. But I like that we're going with the guys that we uh, had for the most part last year. We've had to shed some weight. Danilo is going to be a huge star. Obviously, uh, Morgan Gibbs-White, massive deal. Uh, I hope that we get Brandon back, Dino back. So some of the big names from last year are still going to be around. Uh, I feel good. Love the new kits. Love Adidas getting into the mix. That's great. Um, wish it was the old Adidas logo to go really retro because they were the sponsors back in the day. But alas, they don't really do that sort of thing. Uh, so I'm psyched. Can't wait. Boys coming back on Sunday. I've not missed a day of emails. I've been sending them all the transfer news. I can tell you whatever you want about about Declan Rice and Onana and uh, Sandro Tonali and all these people. I can tell you everything you want about all these people. Um, I'm so, I'm a little bit sad, guys. You know, big opportunity, Spence Crawford, July 28th at Red Bull Arena. By the way, why do they call it arena, not stadium? It's a stadium. It's not an arena. It's like an open-air stadium. Why do they do that? It bothers me. Uh, it's like Rogers Center. Rogers Center is more of a stadium. It should be Rogers Stadium. Anyway, uh, July 28th, Red Bull Arena. Uh, it's uh, Brighton against Newcastle. And I really wanted to take them there, but unfortunately, I'm going to be away. So we'll have to uh, go to another actual Premier League game of the future. The day before they come back at MetLife, it's Arsenal against Man United. You going to that, GC? This Saturday. You know that. Just Saturday, it's Arsenal yeah, no, Man United. No, 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 there was actually an advertisement in the elevator. Uh, That's big time stuff. To work today. Yeah, I can't, though. Wedding. Out of town. Oh, I thought you were going to say UFC London. And of course, obviously, UFC London, right. but I won't even be in the state. Man, Arsenal, Man United, the day, I mean, that would have been gigantic for us. Uh, I mean, Rice and Saka and the boys. Actually, tonight is Arsenal against the MLS All-Stars. Actually, yesterday I was watching the MLS uh, skills competition. It's actually really fun. Did you see these clips? No. Oh, my God. This stuff is great. Missed it. Anyway, uh, how do you think Forrest will do? I think they'll be fine. I think they'll stay up. I think we're going to go... Uh, I think we're going to be in the uh, 15 to 10 range. That's my prediction. Do you think Man City already have the league in the bag? They're obviously the team to beat. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, I think Arsenal got way better. Declan Rice, huge. I think United got a little bit better. Um, you know, Tottenham is, you know, they're kind of in shambles. And if they lose Harry Kane, that's going to be a massive blow. Shout out to Burnley. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy for them. Shout out to JJ Watt. Uh, excited about them being in the mix. Shout out to Sheffield United. And of course, Luton Town with their great stadium, which isn't even ready uh, to to host Premier League games. Uh, any dark horses for the European places? Who do you anticipate going down? Well, I think West Ham isn't going to be as good after losing Declan. Um, Everton, obviously, they're going to bottle it for sure. Uh, is Liverpool going to be as good? Mm, 
maybe a little bit better than last year. Uh, figured I'd ask an entirely football-related question as my MMA questions of the past never seemed to make the cut, and I'm feeling sorry for myself. Well, there you go, Steve. You made it through. Still love the show, guys. Thanks for all you do to entertain us mere mortals. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if this was his prediction, but he has Tottenham, West Ham, and Wolverhampton in relegation, but I think that's just like the way... Is that possible, or is this... This, this might be... This actually might be Lewis's prediction, and I think he might be taking the piss. He has four. What does he have? Forest sixteenth. Get out of here. Tony McGregor up next. Greetings, Ariel. I think we can all agree that having a guest in studio versus on Zoom is significantly a better experience for all. Yeah, I mean, just look at today. The likes of Eddie Hearn's studio is hard to beat. Absolutely, feels like you get to know the interviewee a lot better. It's just a different vibe, a different energy. There's nothing like it. And by the way, you notice they all come in and they're like, this is nice. I think they all think that it's some rinky-dink operation here. Has me thinking. You guys have done a great job in getting the listeners fully invested in the whole crew over the past couple of years. Why not bring it to the next level? What about trialing a Parlay Pals segment in studio at the desk with the main man, Helwani. I feel like we are missing a trick here, not having GC and New York Rick chopping it up with you across the table, especially when they are just in the other room. Keep Mysterious Frank running the ship from the skies. Could be a game changer. Shout out Frank Warren. Keep me posted. Mr. Mystery Balls writes, because when the cam is on them, it's Ariel's chance to relax, eat text. I mean, it's a four plus hour show. Is Ariel wearing a diaper? Wow. Uh, no, I feel like they're right there. I feel like I'm talking to them here. I think the whole to do, I like to be able in the spirit of the Howard Stern show, I like to be able to just ask them a question and they jump in as opposed to like the whole production of them just coming in every time. So I think this works. What do you guys think? We know that you just don't want to be around us. Well, that's a little bit cramped in there. We don't need all three. Yeah. All three of us every time, like the the whole freaking walk all the way in. What am I going to do? Hold a a stick mic as well. Yeah. Whole cavalcade of stars coming in here. What is this? I'm also not here every time we do parlay boy. So it doesn't even make sense. We know. We've noticed that (laughs) we saw like it's actually feasibly not possible. What about the birthday party we had on, uh, on, uh, on Monday? That was nice. I got my own dish. The cake yes. was fantastic. Rick abstained from having the cake, which I thought was a Marvel. little bit, you know. I took the entire cake home. Yeah, did you finish you didn't. it? Yes, he did. You I'm told sorry. Him to. uh, you were on something there. Continue. A little no, bit I what? Mean, everyone, everyone has a birthday uh, birthday slice. I mean, you got to. It's good luck. Should you I have, have instead to. complained about the cake and maybe try to make everybody wow. switch their plans? And wow. no, actually, you know. that, that is a. Um... By the way, what did I say about the cake, Frank? I thought the cake was fantastic. I never had a cake like that before. What was it? German chocolate. It did look German good. Chocolate. It, it was. Uh, it was, it was unbelievable. Brought it home. You guys should have seen me. Uh, I realized uh, there was. I really needed to make this train, and I checked my uh, my app to see when it was coming. I realized I didn't have long, so I had to run. Through the streets of New York with that gigantic cake box uh, just to make the train. But got it home safely. Used Andy's advice. Froze like 80% of it. Smart. So yeah, I'll go back to the well for months to come. Uh, get it home also, tremendous. by the way. Uh, Frank, Frank had been like, give it to your roommate. Give it to your roommate. Uh, get home. Roommate's like, yeah, I hate coconut. I'm out. Yes. Wow. Wow. So it's just me going at it. Uh. I see a tweet here from Michael Benson, who loves to aggregate. So who's this Michael Benson on Twitter? Do you guys know who he is? Boxing guy? Yeah, oh, yeah. he always aggregates. Boxing stuff. aggregator, the man. I mean, 
I guess we're under the MMA fighting umbrella, but oh, like, man. doesn't it, he never credits the shell? It's annoying. You know, this time he tweets. He Oscar De La Hoya has stated that Ryan Garcia made thirty million plus for the Gervonta Davis fight, and then he adds MMA fighting. I mean, I can't complain. My my read on this is because it's taggable. That's my read. He tries to tag whatever he can tag, unless it's not available. Seven thousand followers. No, like no like tag. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, oh, that account. Yeah. No, but that's not a that's not a real account. I mean, there's nothing on. That's there. me. I have that account. Yeah. No, but there's nothing in it. There's nothing on so it. So what? Give us the plug, bro. Anyway, Ryan Garcia quote tweeted it. The fight made mm-hmm. over a well. So the tweet was about the thirty million. I guess that was news. Was that news? Uh, the fight made over a hundred million for if the it's... event. Ryan says, "I told everyone that when you choose to make the fights that the people want." It will create big events. Not only that, but we showed everyone how to promote a fight in this generation, and I'm extremely proud to be a part of the event. So how about that? Uh, Ryan showing love, I feel like. Oh, and then he tweeted later, 30 million, baby. So maybe, may, by the way, is it possible that we've bridged the gap Mended between... Mended defenses? Yeah. I find it weird. It doesn't sound like it. I find it weird based, that you can't talk to him. What is that all about? Yeah, b- based on what Oscar said about the updates in, in the pending lawsuit, I don't think that the fences have been mended just yet. I think they're still... Oh, I feel like you made that clear. They have not been mended, and I don't know if they're ever going to. Yeah. But he's under contract still. It's sad to see this happen. Yeah, yeah he's going to go to court, all this stuff. Uh, Jamal. 2020, Aloha Ariel. Wednesday is National Hot Dog Day, and I hope you and the crew are able to celebrate. This day gets me thinking. What is the best way to enjoy a hot dog? When I'm feeling fancy, I love a good Chicago dog, but when I need some sort of comfort food, some basic chili and cheese, definitely hits the spot. What's the crew's favorite way to enjoy a hot dog? I'm guessing GC likes one of those Atlanta Braves hot dogs with a pulled pork and coleslaw on top. They are quite tasty. Do you like that hot dog, GC? Uh, funny you say that. I was going to say, you guys are going to judge me, but uh, yeah, slaw dogs, fantastic. Pulled pork and coleslaw. No, no, no. There's no pulled pork. I know what he's talking about at the Brave Stadium. It's a famous restaurant that a lot of local Atlanta people hate called the Varsity, but they have these things called slaw dogs that are just unbelievable. I could eat like five at once. They're they're really that good. So what what is your go-to right now if you had to have a hot dog? And I can have any hot dog in the world? Yeah. Slaw dog. Wow, what about you, Eric? Well, before I want, does he, does he give a guess What's for everybody? Um, no, no, it sounded like he was he was giving out <laughs> no, he's guesses just... for everybody. I want to know. What oh no, his he guess... did. That's it. We're done. Just, just for GC. Just for GC. Yeah, no. it was a pretty good guess. I'm it not was gonna probably lie. the one. I mean, not bad. Man. Not bad. Um, chili I'm cheese dogs are also good. What is what love is a chili cheese dog? But I... my go-to is simple. It's it's like mustard relish. Nice. Keep it simple. Can I tell you, I've never had a chili cheese dog. I've never had wow. a chili dog. Hmm. If you're going to go you're chili, you might as well go chili cheese. Okay. Unless you don't eat dairy. A little, uh, little bit of mustard. Frank, what about you? Chicago. What is that? So it's got a pickle. It's got some peppers. It's got some weird neon green. Yeah. Relish neon green. That you can actually buy separately. I think it's from Plastic. Celery salt and onion. Oh, and then there's poppies on the bun. Was that all off the dome? You weren't reading something? That was pretty impressive. You see this device here? The audio mixer? It has hot dog recipes on the wow, bottom, right? That's impressive. Yeah. That is impressive. Off the dome. Can I say something? And I'm not trying to, 
you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to like, this isn't a bit or anything like that. I've never understood the, oh, it has to be mustard on the hot dog. My go-to is the same every single time I have a hot dog. And I'll be honest, it's not often these days. It used to be, you know, when you're a kid, it's, it's ketchup and relish. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. No, there are some people who act like ketchup on a hot dog is the worst thing on the planet. Yeah, we're we're getting into the well-done steak territory. Ketchup on a hot dog is not a big deal. Oh, really? Ketchup on a hot dog is not a big deal. People get pissed when when you put ketchup on a hot dog. I like it. I I like ketchup on a... I like ketchup on a hot dog, but not with relish. I feel like those flavors don't go good together. I like the mustard relish combo, but I'll taking mustard over ketchup for sure. But I I will also do ketchup. Oh my god! Yeah, no doubt. Hot dog, no relish to me is the go-to. There's nothing better. I'm not gonna lie, dude's got me craving a hot dog. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. They do this on purpose. Yeah. Well, what about uh? Now we know what's 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 a. What's a Boston hot dog for Joe? Is it a sloppy Joe on top or what? Yeah, you put an entire sandwich on top of it. No, you put the meat. You put the sloppy meat. <laughs> the sloppy meat. No. Um, he's chiming in. He knows Boston not. Hot Dog Company. Is what it? goes on a Boston hot dog? Baked beans, crumbled bacon, and chopped onions. Come on. You got a be- call from the police. Wait, is that you guessing or is that you reading? This oh, he's seeing it off the audio this. mixer. That's not, that sounds yeah. good. Yeah. That's not bad. I'm looking over Frank's shoulder. Is there a Boston style hot dog? Uh, served steamed. I'm already out. Unlike many, oh, we eat probably eat a lot of the steamed. Yeah, I know. Most of the time they're steamed, but I prefer a grilled if I'm going to cook it myself. Connecticut style hot dog. What is that? Which is what? Mm, I don't think that's right. Beef and pork packaged in natural casing. Gross. Sheep a Boston intestine? hot dog is whatever the police give you. I do, by the way, I do like a. Um, I do like a veggie dog. Mm. Aren't they all veggie? Uh, what? What are you talking? You guys about? ever what? had a New York dog? What do you mean? Are they? Yeah, homemade onion relish, sauerkraut, brown mustard, nestled Pretty into tasty. a soft bun. That's kind of my like. Yeah, that's that's in the range of mine. I like that New York mm-hmm. thing. Well, guys, I hate to interrupt this uh, hot dog conversation, Please but we don't. do have some breaking news. When I was talking about August 5th and all the fights, did uh, did this news get out there? Did no one correct me, or did this happen afterwards? Go ahead. No, I more. think it happened afterwards. Okay. We're pulling out. Um, yeah, Umar Nurmagomedov, out of the Corey Sanhagen fight, it appears, uh, just yeah. texted uh, Corey's manager, says that they're trying to get someone... Uh, I don't want to say the name because, you know, I don't know if he knows that I'm on the air right now putting him on blast, but they are trying to keep him on the card, it seems like. Name not bad, uh, but this is a blow, right? This is a blow. What? This is a massive blow, especially to a card going to Nashville. Yeah. Going head-to-head with that big pay-per-view as well. Yeah. It's pretty unfortunate. Uh, Who comes to mind in terms of potential short-notice replacement not a ton of people right Aljamain's fighting august 19th marab is is injured sean is fighting august 19th Cejudo injured sanhagen is fourth pure Jan, uh from what i'm hearing is taking a bit of time off marlin fighting august 19th just fought Corey. next man rob font song yadong dominic cruz short notice doesn't seem likely seems like rob font would be the best uh option right no, he's yeah, it seems on, uh, 292, no? Ah, shit. Who's he fighting? Song Yadong. 
fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah. and, he, and he's a Boston guy. Uh, yeah, so you're going to have a hard time getting him to, to pull out of that. Oh, Adrian do you Giannis, pull somebody? I saw him tweeting. Yeah. Yeah? Well, I mean... Wait, who... who oh, Adrian... Oh, that's what Giannis's tweet was. I saw him yeah. tweet, I'm trying, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really I, don't I hate that, but I mean, it's a big... You feel for Corey. If, feel bad for Corey, bro. If but, you need to maintain the main event, maybe you pull somebody from a fight and you just... You know, I'm lo- I'm looking at this card. It w- it would be I I feel like it's in their best interest to maintain this main event. Meaning yeah, so Corey. Yeah, if they can, yeah, keeping Corey, keep Corey on, on it. Card, yeah, yeah, for sure. I was gonna say tough blow for Corey to you know entertain fighting the 13th ranked guy who's Adrian Yanez, but you know Umar is 11th, so it's not that yeah. big of a difference. It's not like he's going from fourth to 11th or 13th. Um, Ricky Simone coming off a loss, but. I don't know. He was on a bit of a run prior to that. Tough sledding. I, I think if they give some assurances to Corey, he'll fight any of them, to be honest. Like, that's yes. just the mentality he's kind of talked about. Like, uh, he's, he's after money. the title. Yeah. yeah. Pay him and, and push him up the up the rankings. For sure. And he will he will fight. Um, I like all those fights. There's there's not there's not a bad I mean, Yanez and Corey would be a lot of fun. Peter Yan versus Corey would be fun too. Oh, that, I mean, if we can get that, I'm all in. But I don't that's, think... I mean, that's a, that's even a better fight in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, 100%. There's a story there. They fought, you remember they fought for the interim belt? Yeah. Well, yeah. Tough, what, I think I had that as my fight there. of the year that year. Sure. It was, it was an amazing one. All right. So there's some unfortunate news. Uh, it's been a while since a main event fell through. Or am I crazy? Has it not been a while? Feels like it's been a while. Could have been two weeks ago and I have no recollection. Well, I know. Mm. No, maybe not. Something recently happened. Anyway, uh, all the best to Corey and uh, all the best to Alexander Volkanovsky, who uh, underwent surgery on Monday, a successful surgery on his left arm. Uh, his manager, Ash Bel Castro, telling me that uh, it's going to be six weeks of recovery, then straight away. And uh, they're, they're saying, you know, it's going to be great, full range of motion. It's been bothering him. He said it was unbearable for this camp, been bothering him for a year, and they're still holding out hope that uh, they can fight in Abu Dhabi if they want to go that route. So Alex Volkanovsky, I mean, perhaps the true BMF, just for the guy just never stops. He just never takes time off. He never stops. He keeps going, and uh, he's a freaking machine. So I do wish him the best, and I thank everyone for the questions. Appreciate Moderator Lewis for compiling them and shout out to our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook because there's a lot as we just said to like about the upcoming weekend in combat sports whether it's MMA whether it's boxing Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now it's time for everyone's second favorite segment second favorite segment of the week. It is time to make our picks for this weekend. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think we were missing the on that one. Yeah. Frank, Not bad. Sleeping at the wheel or what? Um, yeah. No. Uh, all right. Let's do it. All right. 
Randomizing now. I will go first, Ariel second, Frank third, Rick fourth. Let's do it. Let's head over to the alternate totals page. I will take... I don't have uh, what I was looking at up. I will take Tom Aspinall, Marcin Tibera, under three and a half. That was my pick right there. Now it's your pick. Yeah, I know. That wasn't exactly what I wanted. Uh, uh, Time to get this offering. I need a minute to myself. What offering? Get it? No. Do you want to switch? You will never be the same. I don't do myself. No, no one gets it. I mean, no, I, you know, I gotta I'm, face the pain, uh, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, Come on. Fuck. Wait, can I not pick uh, Tommy? No. 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 Okay, I'm ready for my pick. I would like uh, my pick to be. This is, my friends, uh, what is known as a a very confident pick, a good faith pick, and more so than that, it is a peace offering from longtime friend of the show. We we may have fallen on hard times, but I feel like good times are coming. This is for my fellow Toffee, my former good friend and future good friend. <laughs> The only meatball in my life. The one and only Molly McCann. Molly McCann getting it done. Back on track with love in my heart. With confidence in my veins. We got this meatball. Let's go. Let's go meatball this Saturday. Back on track. She's getting it done. How about that, guys? That sounds right. great. Minus Some nice olive branch right there. Yeah, I like that. We're turning the page, all right? Uh, any worry of the fight not going forward? Stoly Ranko making her debut at 125. Listen, bro, I just make the picks, all right? I Never made it before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting into all that. Featherweight. By the way, I would love that. That means Thanks that I'm scales. out and I and I get the push, right? So, yes. yeah. yeah. Push, Great. push, push. And Molly the goodwill. It's, it's a perfect scenario. It's a perfect yeah. scenario. So, uh, Molly McCann, who's up next? That brings us to Frank. What's up? Frank here. If you... <laughs> Over two and a half for Shauna and Bruno. Oh. Shauna Bannon and Bruno Brasil. Yeah, I'm uh, on first name basis with them. Mama B. Shauna was saying that she was going to knock her out in the second round. Yeah, that makes Let's not do that. By the way, way, I just want the record to show that is akin to betting against the guest. She specifically said to... You're now going against what she says. To me, it's one step below it, betting against the This was decided before she came on. Uh, you got to adjust. You know, I think there was maybe some talk of maybe going. What were the fun of us was talking about going against Shauna, but then when she was booked, we, we, we moved off that, right? Wasn't there some talk of that? There's no such thing as superstition. Um, right. What is the phone number for the gambling problem? Because I think we need to call it. Okay, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. All right, we'll, we'll remember this on Monday. Uh, who's up next? It's me. It's I'm me. going to. Hi. 
Hi. <laughs> um, the problem is me. Yes. Um, hopefully We're not. Hopefully, I won't be the problem for this parlay. Uh, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna go to the um, alternate totals, and I'm gonna take the over one and a half for Nathaniel Wood versus Andre Touchy Feely. Okay, Ooh, that's a nice one. That is a nice one. Also, I want the record to show. I, I see a lot of belly aching about this particular card. I don't mind this card. Is it as good as the last three London cards? Is it as good as a pay-per-view with a title fight? No. But come on. Every fight, I'm interested fight in something. Like, listen, there, there's stakes. There's some interesting matchups. And Aspinall returning. Game. Molly Aspinall looking returning. to get back on track. Yep. Andre Feely Wood can't be boring. Paul Craig making his 185 debut. What the hell? Lerone Murphy, Josh Coolabout, banger. Uh, Jai Herbert, banger. Davy Grant, fun. Hot Chocolate, fun. Gia Casey, fun. Mick Parkin, Team BFG, fun. Uh, Barbarina, always fun. Caitlin Vieira, one thirty-five. What's up? And then what about our boy Anala Schmooz, looking to get back in there? Had that great uh, debut against Chris Duncan, yeah. fun. Shauna Bannon, fun. I mean, come on, lighten Plus up, Francis. Everything you're saying, they're all in front of the London crowd. Yes, I'm looking forward. On top it's of it's going to be. Yeah, it's going to be madness once it starts rolling. Oh, but you hate the USC. You hate it. You're so negative. Fuck off. All right, I mean, what else? This blows last week's card. I mean, it's not, even, it's not even a question. It's, 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 it's a very, very, very good fight night. It's a very good. Is it an excellent one? No, they can't all be excellent. And by the way, it's not... I mean, Till's out. He's not in the UFC anymore. Patty is injured. Who Who... Who could have been on this card? Leon's not going to be on a fight night. We know that. So who could have been on this card that they didn't book on this card? Like who? There's no. There's no egregious. There's no egregious misstep here. And I think that the London crowd. Forget what Twitter says. I, I think that the London crowd does want to see the UK versus the world. Um, I'm sure there are people on Twitter that would say like, give me, give me Gaethje Poirier, give me, give me those guys. But I think for the <laughs> most part, they want to see these guys. And them's the guys. Now, an MVP would be nice. I'm told there's no chance that they're going to announce. He's going to be there, but I would I would be shocked based on my conversations if they announce him signing. But he would be a great addition to the roster. Um, I know there's some there's some there's there's some definite concerns about the pricing and that it's 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 very I think expensive. That's the biggest thing, yeah, yes, and that's I think fair. It's an overpriced ticket for the quality, and that is 100 percent fair. I'm but, speaking as but, someone but, watching from home. Yeah, that applies to the people who are in the arena. Anybody else, what's your gripe? No. What's the gripe? Yeah, no, it's, and, it's a fine card. Yeah. And maybe a lot of those people who are complaining are the ones who are, you know, in the mix to buy a ticket or wanted to buy a ticket, didn't buy. Because uh, I do think there's something to be said for maybe going outside of London for one of these. Like, if this card was in yes, Manchester... Be, yeah, be or in the UK and just go somewhere else. Newcastle. I'm with you. I'm with you. You know, like, I, I think they would have been... I mean, if uh, Aspinall lives like a stone's throw away from Manchester, like that would make a lot of sense to have him headline there. So I don't think it would be as much. Anybody else joining me? You are going to be at a wedding. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm just going to go get fish and chips for lunch. So you're offering us to a lunch you can't even attend. No, he's saying, is anyone else? (laughs) What's wrong with you? Like what? Come Connor's on, face, bro. Connor's. Are you going to partake I'm gonna eat in the tradition with well, my? And that's what I was asking. We could have avoided Joy, all of this. You could have just said, "Yeah, I'm gonna have fish, fish and chips, chips on Saturday noon." Thank there's you. a place. Um, there's a place like. Is there in a, a New York place or? 
I saw a place Doesn't, recently that was called like Fish and Chips. Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, yeah. Salt and Battery. Salt and Battery, yeah. Is that yeah. near us? Yeah. yeah, very close. And it's right next door to our favorite staple, Tea and Sympathy. I thought you were going to say Jersey Mike's. <laughs> Doesn't Gordon <laughs> Ramsay have a place <laughs> as well? That's second favorite. <laughs> tea and Sympathy is the breakfast spot, and then they're connected. Then you go for Fish and Chips at a Salt and By the way, we should have done Fish and Chips on, uh, on Monday. I'm saving mine for Saturday. All right, I mean, what you a little doing? mushy. Peas you didn't do action? bread. Oh, mushy peas, guys. Yeah, I had that at Nando's in London. Had the spicy rice, the peas, was tremendous. Eh, peas. Um, all right, uh, them's the picks. What else you got, GC? Take us home. Yes, let's do it. Uh, let's start. I'm going to take Penny Kianza to win her fight by a decision. I think this is going to be a close fight. Um, I mean, if you just look at the last two fights for Ketlin Vieira, both went to split decisions. She's typically in close fights. And another big reason why I'm doing this is on the money line, Kianzad is plus 130, I believe. And you're getting her juiced all the way up to plus 210 to win by decision when she hasn't had a finish in almost a decade. Her last finish coming in 2014 um, and her last 10 re- 10 fights i want to say it's it's her last like 17 of 18 have gone to a decision uh google of course signs me out of my notes as uh right as i'm i'm getting going here but she is a decision machine and her most likely win condition is winning by decision and you're getting an additional 80 points on the money line by that and ketlin vieira is tough as well uh i think this is going to be a very close fight and when we go to the scorecards i want to be holding a uh plus 210 rather than I think it's a minus 125 uh, for Ketlin Vieira to win by decision. Next one, another interesting bet I have, switching it up. Shout out to DraftKings and uh, a couple other books offered as well, but the same game parlay, uh, Joel Alvarez. He's like minus 190 on the money line. Don't know if I love that. Uh, what I do like here is same game parlaying it with the under two and a half getting us to even money i think that's his major win condition here is winning by finish he has 19 professional wins 19 wins by finish and all 19 are coming under the two and a half he's not really a minute winner he is a fight winner as jed mishu said on uh, no bets bard he is very dangerous now i know Zero percent takedown defense. If uh, someone has attempted a takedown on Joel Alvarez, they have succeeded. And Mark Diacasey, his last two wins, he had 19 combined takedowns. Now, with that said, he does have two losses by guillotine in his last five losses. And Joel Alvarez has 16 wins by submission. I think he's very dangerous off his back. You risk him getting to his back and not being able to get a submission. Um but I think he's very dangerous there. I don't know if it's the smartest move for D.A. Casey to take him there. And then on the feet, he's just going to have a massive size advantage, as he does with anyone if he makes it to 155, 6'3", uh, huge reach. Um, and he's dangerous there as well. I think he's just dangerous anywhere. I think if he's going to win, it's going to be by finish. So taking that minus 190 and getting it to even odds. Next up, Hot Chocolate Roberts taking on Johnny Parsons. Uh This fight, I believe, is going to be uh, chaotic. I mean, just looking at the X's and O's of it, it feels like this is a Danny Roberts win waiting to happen in front of the home crowd. I mean, he is going to be the far more experienced fighter here. Uh, 25 professional fights, 13 coming in the UFC. Johnny Parsons doesn't even have that many fights, period. Uh, And he's coming off a 
almost two-year layoff and off of a, a fight that not entirely sure that he won on the Contender Series. Uh, so it feels like this is a fight that Danny Roberts should be winning. But on the flip side, Johnny Parsons, the Slugginator, I believe, is his nickname, and he lives up to that. He fights crazy, and he uh, he is very liable to get knockout wins. And Danny Roberts is very liable to get knocked out. Um, six of his losses are by finish, four of them by knockout. I I think Johnny Parsons either comes in here, gets wild, finds the chin of Danny Roberts and finishes him, or Danny Roberts just outclats him and gets the finish himself. Um, so I will be taking the under two and a half near even money. And I think we see a finish in that one. Next up, I think this is going to be a banger. Ron Murphy, Josh Kulabau. Kulabau traveling pretty far from Australia, but uh, nonetheless, he is going to be game. He is going to be ready to go. Uh, and both these dudes are super well-rounded. I am just going to take the guy that I think is a, a touch more well-rounded, super athletic in Lerone Murphy, fighting in front of the home crowd. This could be a decision. Both these guys are tough, could have the home cooking. Uh, and a lot of people want to point to Lerone Murphy being taken down, but I think he's got a great get-up game as well. And Kulabau, we talk about Joel Alvarez having 0% takedown defense. Kulabau has uh, yet to be successful with a takedown in the UFC. Um, I think Lerone Murphy is actually the one that can push the uh, the wrestling and grappling in this one, and I think he'll win by a decision. Plus, not only does he have the home cooking, he will be the birthday boy on Saturday, turning 32 years old, I believe, on uh, July 22nd. So he's at home. It's his birthday. Bounce back after a tough fight. I mean, how, how can he lose at that point? So I will be riding with Lerone Murphy. Uh, just a couple more here. The main event, Tom Aspinall back taking on Marcin Tybura. I like Tom Aspinall to win, but I really like this fight to finish early. Uh, Aspinall has never seen a third round. 15 professional fights, 13 of them ending under the one and a half. Tybura, he goes longer. He is tough, but I think this is Aspinall's fight to lose. If the knee is good, I think he's going to be able to do what he, do what he wants here, and that's get the fight finished. He does not get paid by the hour. He is here for a good time, not a long time. Um, so I do think we see a finish early here. Uh, it's not till next Tuesday, but I've been sitting on this one for a few weeks. In a way, money line. I will be up Tuesday morning. Just took him straight, and I will be watching, and hopefully we can catch that one. Should be a fantastic fight over there in Japan. Uh, quickly, two parlays. One across the two weeks, taking us into 291. Kansad over one and a half. Aspinall Tibera under three and a half. That's what I use in the Parlay Pals. And Gabriel Bonfim. Uh, parlayed up a Bonfim, brother, a few weeks ago. Didn't work out. We'll see if it works out uh, with this one. And then last but not least, feels like everybody's on this one. So I might as well be on it, too. Mahmoud Murdov and Tom Aspinall to win. And those are the picks. UFC London, fourth edition since we started the show. Nice. Yeah, post-pandemic, there's been a ton before. Yeah, I mean... Uh, Not everything is just about like when you join. You know. <laughs> Since we started the show, fourth edition, though, was the question I asked. Uh, I'm not sure, is it? I don't know. Yeah, it is. Uh, by the way, that last thing that you just said, what, what, you said everyone's on this one? Yeah, it feels like a lot of people are on that parlay. Mockman Murdoff. That particular one? one? Yeah, I just see people tweeting it out. Okay. They're just like, yep, this is a parlay I'm taking. All right. Maybe we should have just replicated that and called it a day. No, I like, I like our own. I like our own. Uh, well, I'm excited. I'm very excited. Should be a great Saturday. Little afternoon card. Stoked. Seeing Oppenheimer this weekend? Uh, no. I still don't really know what Oppenheimer is. And it's I'm also starting to hear that 
Barbie is not for kids. Yeah. What do you mean like, starting to hear? We explained that from the jump. Had a whole uh, thing about it. How, how am I supposed to explain this to my daughter? Be like, grow up. Or you just show her like a Barbie cartoon and tell her that. No, what? she knows exactly what, what this is. What would be in there that you would possibly have to I don't know. explain or no, object to? I don't know. To? I, I, haven't feel even, like... I haven't even seen a, a, a trailer for it. I just, if everyone's saying that you can't show, I, I, you tell me, am I wrong? Can you go with a little kid? I think you could. All right. I don't know. I, There's that one I would not have beaching it. each other off. What's that? Yeah, but they, they don't even Ryan get Gosling that. They don't even understand they, that. Yeah, where they're like they're talking. About I would, I would take my, I would take my five year old, no problem. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Just be prepared wow. to answer some questions. Yeah. I mean, PG thirteen, five year old. That's eight years. Well, that is mine's six, so we're in the I same. I mean, yeah, you got it. If anything happens, I'm blaming you, Rick. Look, I sure. saw RoboCop when I was I'll, five. Let, I'm fine. Put, put me on with Thank Claire. You. I'll do the. I'll explain everything the, for okay, you. Like, if you have any questions, that just call. Uh, call this call guy. me. Yeah. <laughs> Uncle Rick's got you. I got it. All right. Uh, gents, I bid you adieu. I will talk to you on Monday. We have some uh, fun things to discuss next week. I am sure it will be uh, post-London pre-pay-per-view, so that's always a very fun time. Uh, so I can't wait for that, but for now it is time to go home. So, Frank, yeah, there it is. Can't wait for my uh, Oscar De La Hoya Funko Pop. You promised me. I don't know if you heard that. I really regret not punching him in the uh, no punching him in the abs. I really like, I kind of blew after that. I mic'd him up. He started shadow boxing. Come on, I'm not even joking, right? Wow. Nobody's done that. He felt like yeah. he was. Uh, he was like getting ready to either a fight you or b just getting hyped up. Wow. Did you? By the way, did you feel the abs? I don't have to answer that. That's I, for the, by the way, um, AES. There is not a doubt in my mind. If I would have asked him this question, can I touch your abs? I think he says yes. He definitely says yes. Right? Yeah. Everyone who has abs. No, but but his are special. His are yeah. his are man-made and not made by himself. Right? I just want to know what it feels like. Like, does it feel like one of those like what what is that instrument where you take the stick and it's like a violin? No, no, no. The one where it's like wood and it's like. Brr, brr, oh, I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. A violin. What do you think? I'm I mean, a freaking the adult? motion you made looked like a violin. Come on, man. What are you talking about? Uh, well, that would be uh, that would be amazing. We'll have to save that for the next time we speak. Uh, for now, though, it is time to say goodbye. Thank you so much to all our guests. Thanks to the crew. Thanks to everyone who sent in questions. Thank you very much to Phil DeFreeze Oscar De La Hoya check out the doc next week Juliana Pena Shauna Bannon and Basil Hafez the Habibi himself thank you very much to him as well back on Monday same time and place as the same.